Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Brent, it is episode 34. We would call this a Halloween extravaganza, but it's not Halloween yet. And I don't it's know. It's almost Halloween. It, it is. We're just a couple of days shy. Dude, we have run this one right up to is the this, wire. Is this an extravaganza? Every episode's an extravaganza. Man, if this is what an extravaganza is like, I'd hate to see what like a real like <laughs> throwdown is like. Well, here's the thing. Before we get into updates and everything like that, on Twitter, uh, listener Sean O'Shea has started tweeting I've me. Heard telling, I've heard of him. You've heard that man's voice. Uh, he started tweeting me saying that he now measures our podcast, our episodes, in uh, drive times. So how many commutes can he get from his house to work and back through through a normal episode? So we've, got, sure. we've is, got a lot to live up is to. Is that what they call a backhanded compliment? It's extremely backhanded, but it is a good compliment. You know, so we'll you, take it. You take it as you want to All right. It. Welcome to October, I think he's Brent. picking on us. Well, that's all right. It's all in good fun. Sean, I'll tell you right now, this one may be a, a lower number of commutes. As <laughs> we'll soon hear, Whitney and I have had a rough October. Yeah. As they say in Kentucky, we have been stepping and fetching. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. But uh, yeah, welcome to episode number thirty-four, everybody. Thanks for uh, thanks for tagging along. Let's talk about what we've had going on, Whitney. Well, Brent, you're uh, you're first up in the show notes, and. Uh I'm first in everybody's heart. Exactly, man. Well, your name starts with a B, so yeah, roll at it, man. What, what's what been going on? I know you've been on vacation. I know you've been traveling. What's up? Well, vacation is the word, and man, it is the first time I sat back and I thought about this, and this is, this is entirely my fault. This was the first time I had gone somewhere. I'd taken a week off mm-hmm. since, like, I think the last time I went to where I went, I went to Disney, and I believe the last time I took a week off just to actually go and do nothing but have fun yeah was the last time i went in 1996 <laughs> 1996 the, okay i'm th- thinking it through the only other time i can remember having that many days off in a row <laughs> was in 2006 when the car club i was in we hosted a national car show the gto nationals here in louisville okay and it was 2006 and i worked that week Harder than I work at my day job. Now you must have these dates written down in that mead notebook sitting right behind you because you were able to spit that off just too keen. Well, this stuff sticks with you. Yeah, I understand. You know? Nineteen years, dude. I can. It's been, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, um, it's crazy talk, man. So you know, my sister's family they uh-huh. went to Disney and I and they said, "Hey, Brent, Uncle Brent, let's go." So we all went and I had a ball. Really enjoyed it. So the front of October is when we went. So yeah. at the end of the prior month, it was just kind of getting everything lined out, making sure everything was taken care of for a yeah. week. Doing so were you the down biking. there the whole week? We were down the, Saturday to Saturday. Saturday to Saturday. Yep, awesome. Saturday to Saturday. And while we were down there, I actually did a little work for the podcast. Oh, so, you, you were doing recon work. I was doing recon work. Yeah, that's awesome. We now, stay, dude, I can't pay you a dime for that recon dang work. <laughs> dang it. This is a losing. It's, it always is. I mean, it's it losing always is. all the way around. All the way around. We stayed at the the Port Orleans Resort, uh-huh. and then they had a game room. And those pictures are actually already up on the Facebook page. Yep, saw those. So you know they had a, they had a Tron, yeah, and they had some uh, they had some pretty cool games. Some of it was modern games, you know, yeah. air hockey, and if you you know sit down driver type games, yeah. like a roller coaster simulator. So we did make it over to downtown Disney, where Disney Quest is at. So, for a little while. For a little while, yeah. yeah. So by the time you hear this, it will be gone. Yeah, you know Disney Quest. 
Uh, it closes at the end of October. We're in the latter part of the month. By the time the episode airs, it will be no more. Yeah, and we've got to we got to do a record a record pace turnaround on this episode anyway, man, because we've <laughs> yeah. we've got to make sure that it that it drops by the end of the of the month. So yeah, yeah, uh, we'll get there. We'll oh, get yeah. there. Yeah. So you know. Everything that I'm going to, I'm just going to mention a few things. I mean, I've got a ton of pictures from it. It's kind of worth having to archive it. Yeah. I'll have those up on our Facebook page. I've actually got my phone here in front of me. I meant to dump the pictures and I, I hadn't had an opportunity to do it just yet. No, that's, that's all good, dude. I, I tell you, this is the thing that, here's the quick recap. There's some stuff that I expected. There's okay. some stuff that the average public wouldn't have, have cared about. Mm-hmm. But in the Disney experience as a whole... I was a little, well, I wasn't a little, I was quite a bit, I, I was disappointed in, in Disney Quest. And the reason being is, is if you've ever been to Disney. You're saying not Disney all up, but just Disney just Quest. Just Disney Quest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I was as well when, when I was there, what, maybe three or four years ago. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Even as, see, I looked at it as they were on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're closing. We've got less than 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a, from a disney perspective they pay so much attention to detail you know know. the disney uh, disney all up is fantastic yeah it's it's phenomenal you you are hard pressed to find anything broken Mm -hmm. you're hard pressed to find this is through all the parks the parks we we hit the magic kingdom we hit animal kingdom we hit uh, uh, disney hollywood studios yeah um you're even in the older attractions yeah things aren't just left to like well it's it was we we've had it since the sixties. Only the old people go watch it. Yeah. You know, and, no, no, no. They keep that, it all up. It's polished. It's clean. Right. It's ready to go. They are all in. Yeah, everywhere. And, and dude, you see like no entrance and exit doors anywhere. It's like the people are just there. You know, they're they're just walking the park and you, you know how that happens, don't you? Seriously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> welcome to the Disney podcast. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. Well, now, I will say this: I have seen History Channel, uh, History Channel um, episode. Uh, gosh, what was it? It's um, was it Modern, was Marvels. It Modern Marvels? Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank. You. I, I had to think back for a second, but yeah, it was Modern Marvels. It was a two-part Modern Marvels on series on Disney, and they showed you know how everything's underground, how yeah. they have the tubes and everything when, when you know, to, to do that. It's it's neat. When you're at street level at yeah, Disney, you're yeah. actually on the second floor. That's exactly right. They, the second floor disney they built they went in they cleared the swamp they built everything that is the underground infrastructure yeah and then they uh laid whatever over top of it for support and then they built main street and everything on top yeah i know it's so it's yeah, freaking unreal when you see the folks duck into doors like uh, a cast member only doors yeah there's stairs and, and elevators and everything that gets them underground and, and takes them to other places in the park yeah yeah it's it's crazy i mean because there's I, I think there's like a like a tram system or something like that that will that will take the workers from one place to to another within the park there's pieces of it that are automated it's it's amazing it's wild. yeah I, I, if i'd say too much more i'm going to be talking out of my head because i haven't seen the those episodes in probably three oh, yeah. or four years i watched them right before we went to disney but it, it was it was it was neat it really added a lot to the experience well there's a reason that it's is it's as expensive as it is yes and that's because everything is well maintained there's a lot of people that work for disney yeah uh, i was never farther than maybe 30 foot 
25 foot from somebody mm-hmm. if i had a question if i if i needed to know where something was or exactly where <laughs> how, how i could easily answered yeah i could spin and i i never had to spin 360 degrees to find an uh, uh, uh i want to say associate which is the pc word for yeah. people that work at companies now yeah but a, a disney cast member i never had oh, to go there you go good yeah. term yep good term i never had to go farther than you know I didn't have to turn 360. I'd find yeah. somebody, and yeah. they all knew. So you, there, there's a reason that Disney is ex, is as expensive as it is. Yeah, it's well worth it, though. But, I mean, you know, the Disney Quest to me, they great, were great experience. They were really phoning it in. It, you know, maintenance was terrible. That's the only place in Disney where I actually saw someone not doing the Disney thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the, they had a line of stern pinballs. And uh, I was, uh, I'm going to have to pull the picture up. I think there was about eight machines. Okay. They had a Tron. They had, yeah. a, had an Avengers. An X- X-Men when I was there. They had an Avatar when I, I had was there. They had an Avatar. They yeah. had a Rolling Stone. Yeah, I remember the Rolling Stone. And only two of the machines worked. Yeah. And the, the all the others were booted, but they all, they had all of their balls hung because they <laughs> okay. were in they were all in play yeah all the games were you know where someone had, had started a game the ball troughs were empty and so the balls were all hung somewhere up in the play field yeah. but okay you know i actually saw a disney associate associate there again a disney cast member go over to the tron which was still playing and started playing a game and you know that's that's like they disney doesn't do that yeah they're not supposed to do that no yeah. no not, not at all so let me see where's i think this is the picture but like I said, I mean, they were. It, it, see, there's Avatar and Iron Man, uh, Transformers, Tron, Rolling Stones. Uh, that's it's already said Avatar. I should have dumped these pictures, man. Uh, yeah, and a couple others. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell with everything kind of washed out in the in the pictures. But yeah, you know. I was just really disappointed in it. You know, if, if for what it costs, we had passes in, in the package that my sister had put together. We had passes to get in. Okay. So my nephew and I went in and we spent several hours in there. There was a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But um, like they had Star Wars pod racers. Both of them had errors up on the screen. You know, have you ever seen a Flaming Fingers? No. There, that's a fun game. It's <laughs> Flaming Fingers. Flaming Fingers. Yeah, you got to be careful how you say that. Yes, that's, you that's do. Like, that's like Chicken Shift. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, real you, careful. You got to say it very deliberately. Yes. It's a. Uh, um, it's a really fun game. If you ever see one, you got to play it. It's, okay. It's not a. Uh, it's a touch game. And it's the the display is like uh, uh, LEDs, okay? Uh-huh. So what happens is you start the game and it draws a maze out. Yeah. And it's not as much of a maze as it is like a, a path, okay. okay? And when the the timer starts rolling and you've got to get your finger on it and zip 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 go through this path, and that seems easy enough. So if you run out of the boundaries, the line you're dragging behind you. Uh, stops so you gotta go back and pick it up and keep going okay and you have to have flaming fingers to do it i see and it it is addicting okay so no they had uh, they had three of them only one of them worked (laughs) air hockey tables were all screwed up yeah um it a lot of games had a lot of the drivers and flying games had errors i mean just obvious errors it's just stuff didn't work and to me, it was just in autopilot, and it was so un-Disney. Even for something that they were going to shut down, it just didn't seem very Disney-like to yeah. me. Yeah. Now, when I was there, like I say, three, four years ago, whatever that, whatever that was, I'd have to go back and look at the dates on the pictures. You know, we went to Disney Quest as well, 
and that was during the time Brent where uh, you know Wreck It Ralph you were just kind of we were just kind of coming off of the whole Wreck It Ralph you know kind of publicity I saw the official Wreck It Ralph yeah, yeah I got the, pictures yeah the whole publicity train for that and mm-hmm. so there was like maybe eight or nine Fix It Felix Jr. cabinets I'm there. sorry Fix It Felix yeah yeah, yeah 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 understood I saw two oh you saw two I saw two okay. one was in a kids area and then one was in another area with a bunch of classics uh-huh. and it was screwed up there was a gentleman there from Australia yeah and you know god bless him and, for making that trip and i asked him i said why he was i said do you listen to podcasts yeah. so i said so uh, the pinheads guys i i mentioned you all you got to check this these podcasts they're from they're from australia yeah, check them out but, exactly uh hit, hit this gentleman's i think it was his son tried to play it and the, he said the controls were all screwed up yeah, I said, well yeah. There's another one over there, go, you know, and they were thankful. But. Yeah. It, well, it, like I say, when I was there, they had seven or eight of them kind of back in a, uh, here's a $20 word for the show, a little scuddy hole. Yeah. And so that's where they all, <laughs> all lined sit, up, all lined up kind of in a semicircle. And there was a huge Wreck-It Ralph kind of statue, you know, and, and it was, I mean, it was, it was big. I mean, it was taller than me. I'm, I'm six foot even. And that, and, and Ralph was up on a pedestal and he they had. Still have be, the statue. What was he like? Eight eight feet tall? Eight and a half feet tall? I didn't get like up that? next to it. It was kind of in the foyer, like yeah. when you walked in, and then there was a cast member standing there, and you yeah. get on the elevator and go up yes. into it. Yes. Well, it was kind of in that open area. Oh, okay. So gotcha. we just so went in. They've and, moved it. Yeah, then. they've moved it. Yeah, yeah they've it's all moved been moved. It. Yeah. So so anyway, so when I was there, that was going on, and all the all the Fix It Felixes worked really good, and there were a lot of people there playing them too, as one could probably there understand. Was, this place was a ghost town, and I see they. And they were still asking full boat for the tickets. Yeah. It cost, it, it was like 40 bucks a ticket. Yeah, that's that's almost obscene. Now, if you were there for a week or so and you had a day that you wanted to spend, I mean, it would there was enough games there in its heyday, it would have been a day. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. but even that, man, it's, it's too much. Well, it, I mean, it's just too much here's the thing when i was there the the, the pins that they had like I was, I was rattling off what avatar transformers x-men they had they had a tron they did not have an iron man when i was there that i remember but i'd have like I say i'd have to go back and look at the pictures maybe there was one that's i mean it's like one of my favorite pins if not my favorite so i would think i would remember it if it were there but nonetheless the pins were largely Okay, but they were dirty, Brent. Oh yeah, I, these were dirty. I, I mean, yeah, I remember dirty. looking at the Tron, and I'm I'm just like, man, I I don't even really want to play it because it, it just it just looks so dingy and so muted and so dull, you know. So. I, all that being said, did I still play the Tron? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I still played the Tron. I played everything that they had. But where I'm going with this is, after you you know get over the you know the the the, the pins that are there and kind of walk through the rest of Disney Quest. Man, they had a lot of games. Yeah, there and was they stuff were, everywhere. And, and they were spread out everywhere. But but the thing that would, I guess, that just kind of got me down about the place is you'd walk up to, like, a Donkey Kong, okay? And, you know, Brent, I mean, I'm walking by, and I, I see I a Donkey Kong, and, and yeah. it's just it just pulls me in, you know? And I start to go play Donkey Kong, and what does that thing have in it? Like a, like a, either a four- and eight-way Sanwa joystick yep. micro-switch, and you're sitting here, and it's like, this is, uh, this is, I, I can't stand this now you know that, that was the, part of the average the one thing that i wanted to be you know completely original and have that nintendo joystick for that feel 
and it was completely blown out. Yeah. Well, and that was that was part of the comment of <sighs> game people me. would have a hard time with. It. Oh yeah, definitely. The, I I did notice they had tons of classics and they did and, and yes and, and the pictures I'll post. I mean, they had some beautiful games. Like I've got a picture right now of a. Uh, um, Galaxian, and I saw a couple Galaxians. They were beautiful, and beautiful. And it yeah. it took me a while to find the Galaxian I've got. Yeah, and there, I, it's hard to find. It's a clean hard one. to find a nice one. Yes, it is. It, given that it's a, such a convertible type cabinet, a lot yeah, of them went the way of the conversion. They had beautiful games, but like this Galaxian I'm looking at right now, it's got the control, the hole for the two way joystick uh-huh. wallowed out. There's your Kentucky word. <laughs> yeah, and it's got. And a, we'll save that one for next episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, <laughs> hashtag wallowed out. Yeah, wallowed out. It's got a bat stick in it from. <laughs> like a hap four-way or eight-way like <laughs> yeah. competition I mean, stick like, hanging out yeah, of it. Yeah, and it's like, listen, man. LCDs everywhere. Yeah, there know. was they had a they had some vector games. I'll give them that. And they were up and running. They had some asteroids. Were and they? Stuff they, like were up, that. Yeah. they were up and running. They were up and running. I remember asteroids being there. I remember Tempest being there. Um, I do not remember anything that would fall more towards the collectible side of vectors. I don't remember seeing a Black Widow. I don't remember seeing a Gravitar. No, nothing, no, yeah. You know, nothing like that. Here's nothing a picture. Like I got a picture of a Make Trax. It's got an LCD in it. A nice looking Make Trax. It's got an LCD in it. Man, have you and it's got play, one have you of those. Played that game? Uh, yeah, it's like Crush Roller. It's kind of it's kind of addicting. Yeah. Okay, I you know I've tried it several times and I just for whatever reason I just can't get into it. So I I, th- I think every time that I've played it, it's always been real loud where I'm at, so I can't hear the game and and I have a hard time concentrating on what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it seems like I just wind up pushing the paint, you know, the little paint roller everywhere, yeah. and, and it's just not really a lot of fun. So they okay, had a uh, here's a uh, discs of Tron sitting yeah. next to a Tron, yeah. and they've got Gorf right. joystick. Joysticks on them, you know. <laughs> so, and then yeah, the a football the, bat, yeah, yeah, and, and it's just if if you were not a game collector like we are, yeah. and you went in and you played it, I, it wouldn't make any difference. No, but no, it's I, it's one of those things you'd be like, whoa, look at that. Yeah, I, like, I noticed wow, when the Zaxxon's got a bat stick in it with a button on the top like yeah, a crane yeah. from a crane. Yeah, from I noticed cr- that, and yeah. I noticed when the missile command doesn't have cone buttons for the fire buttons. Oh yeah, but, you know. That stuff aside, like I said, it just really, uh, it, they were phoning it in. And yeah, I, I was kind of shocked. It's kind of you know, sad. We, they had some big capital games that were like huge screens that were projected on like a story and a half high. And you got on these, uh, it was like, a, it was it was after the Mighty Ducks. It was themed on that. It was like a okay. pinball thing. And you stood on this pedestal and you had to shake it and ride it. And that moved your ball around and did things with it. And, you know, the little girl, we got on it. She just looked around like she wasn't supposed to be saying this. And she said, number such and such and such and such stick. Don't get on that one. Wow. Okay. You know, and, yeah. and then I got See, on one to be next bad. to my nephew. And the this display on it was out. And yeah. See, that's not how Disney's supposed to that's be. That's not Disney. That's, yeah, that's not Disney. So, but yeah, we were, uh, other than that, you know, if we had got, if we hadn't have gotten in free, yeah, for lack of a better term, yeah, uh, I would have been unbelievably disappointed. Well, I, I tell you what I'll do, and I think you and I were texting about this uh, a week or so after you got back, but I will go back and pull my Disney Quest pictures mm-hmm. from, you know, let, let's just say four years ago, okay? I'll okay. pull them from four years ago, and um, if you're going to make an album on the Facebook page, I'll make a complimentary album on the Facebook page, and then we can compare those things, because it would be interesting can to see. Can you do sub-albums? I wonder if we, sh- we could do like a Disney Quest and a Brent and a Whitney. We'll have to look into know. that. 
have to have to yeah, look we'll at have to that. Look that. Have to look at that. My my, uh, yeah my my Facebook uh, my Facebook you know juju's a little a little weak right yeah. now because I've no jujitsu uh, Facebook jujitsu no no dude I am uh, no <laughs> I'm full of fail all yeah, over okay. the place right now. So when it comes to all that, so that'd be a good show title. But I think we've used it. <laughs> yeah it, yeah we've worn the w- the word fail out the past you know four out of six months or something. So speaking of fail, <laughs> yes. I got one other comment, and then I'll move on. Yeah, um, my nephew and I got to spend some real quality time. We only had a couple that, passes. That's good. My sister uh, and my brother in law and my niece they we split up, and Logan okay. and I got to go in because they right. just they just I hated to go without them, but they knew that I really wanted to go in and check it out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, my brother in law actually told me later. She said he said. Uh, you can tell she loves you because she she you know she lets you take him, <laughs> so she trusts you. So Logan and I got to spend some time together. Logan's nine; he's been on the show. Yeah, you know, he was on yeah. the live shows from Little Arcade Expo. Yeah. I think the past yeah. two years. Yeah, I remember. So they had we walked into the first area, and there was a dozen of the NASCAR set in you know ride drive games. You know, it was drivers, and there yeah. was a dozen of them linked. Yeah. So a race is starting up, which should be really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Should yeah, it was be. cool. They yeah. were all working that I could they tell. They were okay. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. So that Lo- would be fun to play. Logan jumps in a car, yeah. and I get him started. He joins this race, and nine years old, and he's he's just going to town. Just so tearing it up, tearing huh? it up. Yeah. And it gets all the way to the end, and if if he'd had two more seconds a run out he'd have won he'd come uh-huh. in second place sat down yeah and this a guy next to him who's my age starts yeah yeah he's just <laughs> as happy as could be he won the race i'm like dude nine he almost had you you all don't i wouldn't be so happy yeah don't be so proud he, he logan showed me how bad i am at video games we played a lot of higher-end driving games you yeah. know games that you just don't see around yeah. they, they'd always have two or three of them linked one of them was like this stunt course game where you had you run loop to loops on the track you know the track would run it would run like a corkscrew and you okay. go upside down it was really cool stuff the ones that worked i tried yeah and he either i mean i tried really hard uh-huh. he either beat me handily yeah or uh I I just edged him out by like a microsecond. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this is terrible. Yeah, so he had a bag of bones and he was throwing them to you he all was the time. Killing huh? me. Yeah. And he just yeah. looked at me and smiled. It's like, <laughs> gosh, to be to have the reflexes of nine, man. That's, oh man, I'm telling you. And they think about things differently. Yeah, where, they do. Where you and I would be probably a little more cautious, a little more reserved, to try to think our way through it. And he's not going to do no, that. No, no, he's he's it's, it's to the floor. What's yeah, a man, break? It's it's all emotion and just let's have fun. Let's it, go. It's like me again trying to teach my mom how to use a mouse 20 years ago and the difference between left click for for non-apple people left click and right click and double click and all that it's 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 that again yeah you know exactly exactly well hey dude you know you got to look at you got to look for the positive and all that and a trip to disney is definitely a positive so it's awesome it's it's just a shame though that they're going to shut disney quest down because I mean, if they put the time into it, that could be a premier arcade in the United States if they put the time into it. But it's just sad that they, the, they've uh, chosen otherwise. The word on the street, and literally, mean I, I mean, on the street, we we ate at the the Rainforest Cafe that's right there at the head of the of the street. Mm-hmm. Air quotes that is Disney Quest. The guy that was waiting on us isn't that the one that's outside? That's like in a big square or something. No, this is you talking about the. 
No, this was all indoors. It was all indoors. Yeah, okay. It, I'm thinking it's all decorated to look like you're under a huge tree and oh, there's animals. Okay. And then uh, every so many minutes, you know, the animals randomly move. And every so many minutes, it sounds like thunder and like okay. there's a rain. Like there's a was a, it, was that close to to Disney Quest? It was right on. It was right at the beginning of it. Was it okay? I'm thinking now, about someplace else. Now then. it may not have been there when you when you were yeah, there. It may very I, well not. Have I been. was talking to the oh, guy yeah. uh, that that waited the table and. It's it's Disney property, and it seemed like there. He said there was another something there, and they weren't cutting the mustard in terms of you know service level and everything that Disney expects. So they they left, and then the Rainforest Cafe, which apparently it's sort of a chain. Okay, they got you know the contract or whatever, and they came in. So it may not have been there. Oh, I see. Okay. Anyway, he uh, um, I have to I have to look. He said what's going to go in there is it's uh, something sports related. <sighs> Jeez, you know some Seriously? kind of sports venue type thing. Like we need another yeah. one of those. Some other theme park had done it and been successful with it, so Disney was going to take you know Disney Quest and turn. Disney Christmas. I, I think it would have been all right, but if the pricing was you know the the whole thing about downtown Disney is it's supposed to come alive at night, mm-hmm. and if I had gone down there say at seven o'clock at night, and I, it had cost me street price to get in it, I, I I'd have been irritated. Yeah. I would have been irritated, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So, oh well, and I like to say it's uh, it's it's just it's just kind of a kind of a bad deal, man. Yeah. I, I just uh, kind of wish it was. I just, I just hope all the games go to a good place. I mean, Disney's got warehouse space out the wazoo. I mean, just going back into Port Orleans one yeah. night, uh, we the GPS took us through um, some of the outlying property uh-huh. that you. It, it was just it was obvious it was Disney. Yeah, there was Disney name. It wasn't printed in very artistic fashion but the the signage was very similor yeah. in terms of coloring coloration and all font, that. just you yeah. know overall appearance yeah. yeah and it was stuff like you know building six yeah. you know and it was yeah. all warehouse stuff so <laughs> yeah. i'm sure that's where where they move all their product in and out all their food in and out everything they use to support all the parks was through that area so you know i just hope something nice comes of the games yeah you know they're they're liable to be stuck in storage until for, for who knows how forever long. yeah forever but, because i mean what does disney what incentive do they have to get rid of the games i mean it's not like they need the money it's no. not like they'll command they're in a condition where they command top dollar anyway you know across the entire spectrum of what's there it's almost it, it's almost cheaper just to keep what they have and just put it on ice yeah it makes you wonder if they dispose of stuff like auction type stuff yeah, yeah, i've know. never heard of it I, but. neither have i and you know what knowing disney if they were to do that it'd probably all be done under assumed names and everything else yeah, you know probably yeah, yeah. you're probably yeah. right yeah yeah it, it'd all turn up somewhere in you know <laughs> yeah. um maybe at one of the big auctions on in tennessee or something yeah, you know? exactly yeah yeah so anyway game room game room updates let's hit that yeah uh, dude so we're, si- we're sitting down here and it looks yeah, it like looks different. way different man way different well there's a big pile of boxes here yeah, definitely that. Definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you've been wearing some Amazon out and stuff yeah. like that. Well, but I, I've been uh, packing some stuff up and I've I've shipped some stuff out, and just kind of clearing house a little bit. That's, so that's good. That's, that's good. Yes. Does, the, it does the does the body and the mind good? Yeah. It? Yeah. Uh, as you surely noticed, there's yes. a big hole in the floor where Big Guns was. You know something, Brent? I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Say it. I'm happy for you. I'm glad that's. I'm glad that sucker's you out might, of here, that man. That sounds like a show title. I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Exactly. Why don't you go ahead and make a note? Okay, on I'm going to go ahead and make, make a, a note on that. I'm make a note. <laughs> on some official housekeeping. Make a note on that. This is this is podcasting solid gold, is what we're hearing right here. So yeah. So oh, by the way, speaking of solid gold, yeah. Uh, 
I ran into a, a listener of the show, Chris R., and we'll go with that. He's here in town, here in Louisville, so I'm sure you know who you are. You know, we try to limit <laughs> the last names unless we're – so Chris is like – uh, where he works, a lot of times he'll listen to us like on earbuds. But he, yeah. said, he said last episode he put us on the the speaker on the line that he works on. And yeah, subject, and people started crying. Subjected everybody to us. <laughs> oh, so you know everybody out there, if you if you, if you work with Chris, apologize straight up, and you know who you are, and yeah. you're listening. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Hey, one of you guys out there owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll just pick my twenty dollars up somehow, you know. All right, so yeah, Burger Time, a uh, Burger Time that's yeah. coming up. Yeah, uh, the big, big guns, guns has yeah, dude, left I'm, the building. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> fun, kind of fun to play, uh, but uh, you know, probably the happiest way to see a big guns is out the door, leaving out the door. You know, <laughs> hard. I'm you know, I sorry got, to say that. I got some odd titles that people don't particularly care for. No, but that the, I love, and it's just that. that one wasn't hitting yeah, you know? just a man but you know something though it's i love the fact that i got to play it because i've never got s- to play a nice one too yes and it was 100 percent working and 100 percent good from from you know from that regard and i know it sounds like i hate on big guns and i'm i'm not hating on big guns it's just that when you look at pinball real estate it, to me, it just didn't cut it. You know, yeah. there, there was, if I had if I had a lot more space, I know um, on the uh, pinball podcast, Don and Jeff, mm-hmm. uh, the, what's the, uh, the there's a term they use like big collection, small collection, or and okay. basically, if you had a big collection, a lot of space, and you could you could donate that space to some less played, less loved games. Yeah game such and such might fit that. that see, that's exactly right because it's not eating any space that's critical, yeah. and it's it's better to keep it and have it than to let it than to let it go but when space is at a premium you know uh in my game room at my at my house just just like yours brent i mean we've both got good sized game rooms but they're not palatial or no. anything like that so you have to kind of pick and choose what what sits and what goes well you know, sp- you know on the pin front speaking of pins you know i was balancing out what could use that space and exactly well, Octo- a mustang a mustang a mustang oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. God. <laughs> what, yeah. what was uh what was back to the future day october 21st 21st which yes. is the day marty is supposed to go back in or no 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 go to the future yes. he went to october 21st 2015 2015 that's so, correct you know if you look on the facebook page which you should be yeah. yeah look out there like us love us yeah we do a lot of stuff out there seriously yeah oh, we, yeah we really try to keep it uh, keep it active yeah so that day for our little celebration i go out in the garage and i pull everything out and i'll pull out the back to the future pin because yeah, i already nice. had that's been bumped up it's yeah, as soon as the good. burger time comes out of the room it's out in the garage ready to go it's gonna come right down here in my shop and you know something i that brent is a keeper that is a keeper and i'm looking so forward to you getting that done because i want to come over here and i want to rub my fingers all over it and play it you know what i'm saying it's going to be uh now i'm weirded out <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a great game to play that's not a show title because then we'll get all kinds of downloads yeah, yeah, people yeah. thinking this is a different yeah, a different exactly. type of show no but but back to the future is a fun game I love the theme. Uh, I think it's executed. It's executed as well as it could have been, given everything going on I yeah, think with the, the with the licensing and stuff like that. But uh, ultimately, it's it's a sweet game. So yeah, looking forward to playing it. So yeah, it's it's on the block. Good. It's ready to go. Good, good, good. And I keep saying it, Burger Time. So what's up with the Burger Time? Everybody asks me, Brent, what's up with the Burger Time? Man, dude, the Burger Time looks like it's just about done. We've been working on Burger Time since episode eight. Yeah, I know. I've been working on Zookeeper for over a year, so don't don't feel bad. You know, it's the way it goes. So yes, you're right. Well, almost a year. The Burger yeah. Time is almost done. Yeah. So uh, 
the I've said so like 14 times last <laughs> night I did the tea molding yeah and I've already cleaned the cabinet it honestly could use a couple little spot touch-ups but I'm I think I'm really just gonna run with it I don't think I'm gonna obsess over it yeah um, it's gonna have a, a slight bit of patina yeah but not a lot I mean the cabinet dude, is beautiful dude it's clean it, it's clean and I and I'm a snob about that stuff and it's clean so I, I'm, passes, I'm happy with it. Passes it passes my test. There, there was you know? a few there was a few places in the art that I didn't think was going to come out, and yeah. I didn't have any problems getting them out. I was very happy. Yes, yes, yes. It's, the, a, it's a good looking game. I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing the pictures with it just done. You know, in in the game room and featured, and you know. So while you're looking for this, yeah, because um, our, our show notes can run a little slow. Back out of the show notes and go back into like our miscellaneous notes, and yeah. there's a there's a Brent miscellaneous. Go find that. Yeah, I see it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Brent's miscellaneous notes. Okay. So yeah. what's Stu- the f- stuff Brent hates? Exactly. Yeah. We're going to start a, a new mini segment in the show, and it's called Stuff Brent Hates. Okay. <laughs> All right. You look confused, Whitney. No, no. I, I'm just trying to think about what I'm going to throw <laughs> onto the list for the stuff that Whitney hates. But you know, so what's I, on the list right now, Whitney? Um, the the, uh, the Wells Gardner 4500, which we've already talked through that. So we, we yeah, you know, that's we kinda, my galaxy. Yeah, we kind of know where that sits. Yeah. So that that hatred's well founded. Ooh, Brent, you've added another to the list. The uh, the Zenith and that's the monitor that's yeah, in the burger time. Yeah, the CD nineteen MRF six. <laughs> that's the that's I'm the glad I, glad I didn't say that after having three Miller lights because that would have come out completely differently. That's the abomination that's in the burger time. <laughs> so we're gonna add something to that list right now, and that is the main harness connector yeah. for burger time. I see an empty bullet point right there, so I figure it's just it, you know it's something that's that's gonna flesh itself out that the main heart this is where i spent stuff, so much time hates. <laughs> so i mean are we going to see like you know kitty cats and no, puppies and gonna, stuff like that we're going to keep it gamer okay we're keep this good. list game related yeah okay all right yeah no political stuff none of that so yeah, yeah good deal the, the i spent so much time with the wire harness yeah. okay so i already and, mentioned and it sounds like you did i did yeah it, I, I, I had already mentioned that I got a, a harness from Bob Roberts, and it, it's an awesome harness. This stuff is, is top quality. It was good wire. It was a good connector. I was very, very happy with it. The problem with it is my assumption is, is it assumes that you're going to either build into a converted game or you might put back a stock game, and it, it just – it. It, it doesn't have everything. For example, it didn't have any of the the wiring already done for uh, the service switches and the credit switch. And there was a there was a couple things that just it just lent itself to not being a direct drop into a cabinet that was just gutted, but it had all the hardware there. I see. Okay. I see. So I ended up having to switch some stuff around, and really, in reality, I only used half of Bob's harness. I only needed the harness for the the soundboard if you will the main board the 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 secondary board it's a smaller harness and it's where the video signal comes off and where the cpu is and all that i still had that and i was able to basically get that all kind of put back together the uh, whoever was working on this game i have my only assumption is is they were trying to multi-game it 
uh, yeah, yeah, multi, uh, 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 multi-gamut. So, for example, like when I worked on the monitor, I went to put the tube in the monitor, and the the, the tube didn't fit, <laughs> and I, I had. I had the the frame that was the tube didn't fit. I had the frame that was in it, and I had when I got the game, I got two more of those Zenith monitors. I was mixing and matching the nicest of all the parts. I was like, "Why doesn't the tube fit in this thing?" And I realized that someone had cut the bottom pan of the frame is wooden, and the sides are metal. And when I looked at it, somebody had cut it down like an inch. And the best I could figure, why did they do that? Well, I was there was a couple little extra holes in the side of the in the side of the frame. Yeah. And I, I the best I can figure is is they were trying to size it down for like an LCD. And when they cut the wires, instead of cut and say, okay, I'm going to cut the end off this harness for whatever reason, like the main AC harness that goes in and out of the of the transformer assembly, yeah. instead of just, okay, I'm going to take a, a pair of side cutters and go and cut them off. They're all cut at like one's three inches up, one's four inches up, one's, one's right on the edge of the cut. It's like up and it's it made no sense dude it was headed to disney quest and you just caught oh, it you gosh. just caught it in, in you know in transit well fortunately all this stuff except for the part uh the the part the harness that goes on the soundboard which is also where all the control interface and everything is uh, i think the sound comes out of there um everything was in there it was just cut so it was all repairable and i was able to put it all back it the control panel just, just really tedious work, yeah it was real though. it was real tedious yeah. I, I spliced it all back soldered all the connections covered them all in in yeah. in shrink uh, heat shrink tube so i mean they're there for the duration mm-hmm. they're nice yeah and then it was kind of a matter of splicing in that missing piece of harness and getting it into the power side you know i i pulled from my stock an original or the correct part number linear power supply got that in there got it working uh the the interconnects that go from the transformer assembly to the supply to feed it you know raw ac voltage for conversion to dc all that stuff i had that little i had that cable that little harness um so it was a matter of basically grafting in the missing pieces i see and uh, um you know that, that and here's why i hate it that that's one thing here i'm going to take notes i could not for the life of me looking at you got to slow down Brent. i can't type that fast oh i'm so mad <laughs> looking at the the pinout in the manual yeah i'm like this stuff doesn't line up i don't understand this i couldn't for the life of me i'm like bob's has got it here but the manual has it here on this pin but it works and if if it's like it says in the manual the, I'm, I'm, running, I'm frying the board. Yeah, I'm running 12 volts here, and it should be smoking, <laughs> yes. but I'm running it. Yeah. What is going on? So somewhere along the line, I, I'm like, I ended up finding a picture of the board mounted in a cabinet, and I realized that the factory amp edge connector has uh, four extra spaces. And I don't know whether it was amp was the vendor of choice and they didn't make one that was the correct width so what they did is is they took one that was two spaces two four spaces too long uh, and they put key pins in it two two pins in from each end to basically block oh. off and you had eight pins two and two on the yeah. right and two and two on the left yeah hanging off the board i see but when they numbered it they counted those spaces and then once i look in the manual and the manual has all the pins laid out but they're laid out 
in order so they can draw the lines without them all being funky. Yeah. So it might be like one, eight, seven, yeah. thirteen. You know, they're yeah. completely out Just of order based on the spacing right. on the diagram. Yeah. yeah. And completely random, they jammed a, a little rectangle in it and and had the had the key designator in there, but they didn't. There was nothing in there to let you know that there was a, yet another dead set of pins to the outside. It, it was just. I looked at that, and, I, and then, it, then it all made sense. And I was like, oh, well, that's why when I count here and I look at the count there, everything doesn't line up, but it does. Yeah, I see. Okay. So, yes, I uh, to add to my hate list the factory edge connector for, for burger time. Yes, it is an abomination of mankind and gaming. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, I'm almost finished with it. By the time we air, hopefully I'll be – I'll be done with it. I'm I'm right to the point now. I'm getting the bezel in it. I got to adjust the colors. I got a uh, a listener shout out. I I had the control panel with the harness the 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 connector cut off. Okay. And I actually had to extend the wires, and I pulled from my stock wires of all the matching colors, so that I can I've got it correct for down the road troubleshooting. But what I can't find is a diagram that shows how the the connector from control panel harness to the main harness is pinned i don't even know what size it is i don't know if it's i think there's like seven wires let's say four four directions a pepper so that's five do you still need that do you still need that yeah then uh let me go home and grab it off my burger time oh i didn't realize okay yeah and and i'll send it to you my problem is uh, because i've been on the road so much this month you haven't seen the. i I haven't seen i probably didn't catch your post did you post i didn't put it on our facebook page i put it out on a couple of the 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 general facebook you know collectors gaming pages gotcha gotcha nobody was able to step up man i can i can hook you up And, and the reason being is is the harness the main harness um it is Bob's colors. Yeah. But the harness on the control panel side is the factory colors. And I want them in the factory position so that if I get, oh, a, yeah. if, if I need to troubleshoot something or you need to come over and, Hey man, this is acting up. Yeah. Can I plug my, my, my <laughs> control panel into exactly. your game? Exactly. I want them to match. Yes. Yes. Because that prevents an accident, you know, right. further on down the line. So I just looked at other midway games to, to kind of get a consensus as to what side should be the male pin, which side should be the female pin. Okay. So I went ahead and put the pins on it and I just, randomly stuck them in as long as they lined up if up was up and down was down it didn't matter so i just randomly stuck them in a 12 position connector just to make it work Mm -hmm. but yeah i definitely would like to get it to you know kind of a factory spec deal all right yeah that's no worries yeah after we get uh, the episode published then i'll uh, i'll pop my control panel off and i'll i'll take all the pictures that you need man so that's no worries so yeah expect to see some some finish up pictures here soon cool uh like i said got it clean got it re-t molded and we're just kind of down to a final assembly i got new pepper buttons ordered and the only thing i'm probably going to do down the road did you get those at it was gamestencils.com. Yeah. And okay. he, he, I've never bought anything from him. I think yeah, you have, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, that's Brian Jones down in Florida, man. He's, yeah, he's good. You know what really surprised me in a good way? Yeah. I was expecting, I was expecting it to be like $10 shipping for two buttons. And it was like three bucks. Yeah. I mean, it was very, it was, it was proportional to the weight. Exactly. You know? And yeah, and his, 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 products are are quality you know what he sells Mm -hmm. uh you know it's not it's not an extremely big store but what he sells is all top notch well whitney and i've already had this discussion i'll post a picture of it the control the the control panel overlay (laughs) it's it's cracked at the edge ever so slightly and it does have a, a a little cigarette burn up by the player one player two buttons and they didn't burn the buttons 
the the, the factory <laughs> the, muster of, player one player two buttons of all the oddest things yeah. yes so if it wasn't for what i'm about to mention and the fact that the rest of the game is so clean, clean. yes i would leave the control panel overlay yeah. and i, I just can't this gets into that patina thing, like the Pac-Man, which is my pack is kind of rough, yeah, but it's not like junky rough, and it it looks good as a as a whole is a period example. Yes, yes, it would. Re- if I if I redid the control panel overlay on it, the control panel overlay would stick out like a sore thumb with the rest of the cabinet. Yeah, understood. As a unit, it looks it's very acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, my Tempest, it's got some cracking at the fo- at the fold right there at the very bottom underneath all the art on the overlay. The burger time, someone sharpied with a big fat sharpie the number twelve on it. <laughs> yeah. now, I don't know whether that was an operator or what, but I can't get it off. Yeah, and it's just enough to really stand out against the rest of the example, the it rest we- of the game. It wears me out, and it's not even mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 12 12 yeah you can't so, walk up to such a clean burger time and see 12 hey man what game are you playing oh the 12 game yeah game 12 yeah game 12 it's like no that's so yeah not gonna work i'll throw some pictures out there but I, i'm i'm sensing down the road i'm gonna go ahead and put an overlay on it yeah yeah which is a shame because despite the couple little blemishes the one that's on there is very bright it's very bright it's 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 not faded the colors no, are very de- deep and it looks good and it's got the texture it's a good looking the, overlay the factory bezels got 12 really, on it though at 12 yeah the factory bezels really fake but i've got a brand new bezel to go in it yeah i've got yep, one yep. of the repo bezels i've been sitting on for a long time it's gonna yeah, go in it yeah marquee is beautiful yeah the marquee looks good too so overlay number 12 is gonna have to go <laughs> 12 12 exactly yeah right. well, well good I'm, man i'll tell you what that's I'm, me buddy well i'm i'm glad that uh that the burger time is is near the finish line man so so you say back to the future is next up in the list it sure is as soon as burger time comes out back to the future is going to slide in yeah good good deal well brent i I, you know when i look back over when i look back over the the show notes and i was kind of typing up uh you know what what i had accomplished i guess over the course of this month um i felt kind of bad to to be quite honest with you because i've been traveling so much for work that uh, it's it's just been it's it's just been a very I guess kind of a very unproductive month when I think about you know what yeah you've been gone forever hobby related stuff yeah exactly so so I did eke in a couple of things like you've been gone the majority of the month yeah oh yeah seventy five percent of the month yeah. I think yeah I've been I've been on the road traveling or doing this or doing that and um, it's just it's just been an extremely uh, extremely busy month I'm not complaining at all though Brent because gainful employment is uh, is always a positive and, yes. I, and I love where I work so it's all good but you know it's just there, there, there's a there's a seasonality to things and this particular month was uh, the you know the seasonality was high so it we, we were busy but I, uh, it, he, he's basically trying to explain to everybody where he's failed exactly exactly <laughs> well that's that would be the that would you, be the opposite of the seasonality yeah, you got you know? it man you gotta do what you gotta do you gotta do what so. you gotta do man you gotta do what you gotta do but a couple of things and and uh, there is a story in one of these, and uh, I'll tell you, I'll go through it here in just a second. And uh, Brent, I'll tell you, I almost lost a game. Okay, and when I when I say lost, I mean physically lost control of the game, and it splatters into a thousand little pieces. Okay, so Oof. yeah, I'll get into that here here in a second. So, okay, as far as what I was able, as far as you know, kind of what did get squeezed in, you know, through the month, man, I, I I'll tell you, Brent, I uh, I come across. Um, 
what I would consider, and if you're looking through the show notes I and am. see the pictures, uh, come across what I would consider probably one of the cleanest Satan's hollows that I've ever seen. And uh, talked to the guy that had it, and uh, you know he was very fair on the price, and I was able to pick that up along with a Nintendo R-Type. Okay, and I was able to swing essentially. Now you've already a combo got a Satan's deal. Hollow, right? I now have two Satan yeah. Satan Hollows. Yes, and so I've, I'm now in a quandary. Okay, because this one is beautiful. Oh yes, it is, and uh, isn't it pretty, Brent? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so nice and it's so nice and red, so and, nice and Satan-y. Yeah, it's, it's so evil. But uh, it's it's a good looking game, man. And Brent, I will say this: it is as clean as your burger time. Oh wow, it is clean all right you need to cut go home right now tonight yeah and cut the battery off that power supply (laughs) seriously yeah because i ain't i fixed them and i'm not fixing this one for you well no 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 i mean i would fix it (laughs) i'd fix it if ran into a problem but uh actually that that'll get into another discussion you know at at a a little bit later on but but yeah the the whole the whole mcr power supply issue is is a is a whole nother uh conversation to have but but nonetheless the Satan's Hollow is, dude, it's it's clean and it's nice, man. So I, I was very, very happy with that. But like I say, um, and we did go through this down at the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Oh, jeez, Brent. And you know what that reminds me? I've got to get those videos edited and uploaded of our sessions at SFGA. Jeez, dude, I'm, I am, I am uh, slacking. But nonetheless, okay, Mm-mm. where we went through that topic, yep. I showed the Satan's Hollow that I had at the time of SFG back in June. Okay. Yep. Now that that Satan's Hollow is is I mean, it's complete minus a back door, but it but it has got I'm sorry about that everybody. I was uh, taking my hand and beating it on the table and Prince said, You can't do that. I gave him a, but, I gave yeah. him a discouraging look. A, a podcasting no no. But uh and I do talk with my hands and that's part of the problem. He's but. hit me three times tonight. <laughs> but the issue though, Brent, is that Satan's Hollow, although it's complete it's not a very good it's not a very clean example of the game you know it's got some swelling around the cabinet uh, especially on the back and on the top and it's a little rough around the edges and so at this point i just don't really know what i'm going to do with it um i mean it it, honestly i I would look at it like i I don't think parting it it's an option yeah i mean somebody complete somebody out there i'm sure would love to have a Satan's Hollow. A, play, a player's... A playing Satan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what this second one is. I mean, there's probably somebody out there like me that if it was a beat-up Donkey Kong and it was <laughs> it was reasonably priced, they would, ah, whatever, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And they, there might be someone like that with Satan's Hollow. Uh, yeah, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a relatively hard game to find. You know, it's... The theme is not something that's going to appeal to everybody, mm-hmm. but the game is a lot of fun fun and so i'll wind up doing something with that satan's hollow so uh with that this one though brent was just too clean to pass yeah it's beautiful because i was able to essentially shortcut so much okay with this one uh that would have taken me probably months to work on i mean the the back door is even scratched oh the back door is beautiful man and you pop it open it's got the you know it's got the plastic pack in the back you know the little folder Mm -hmm. you know pocket where the you know where the um instructions 
instruction manual goes and the key sets go and everything like that. Now, this game was routed, but the last time it was on route was 1991 because that's, well, I'm making that assumption based upon that's the last tax sticker that was on it. But it did come out of Chicago, okay? And so, or at least that's where it was last uh, routed, you know, from a from a tax perspective. So, it's a clean game. Um, I'm kind of curious as to how it has survived all these years and and be routed, but still be so clean. And uh, I would say probably the theme has a little bit to do with you it. Have to, it you pro- have to take a look at the play counter. It, 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 yeah, I, I will. I will. I haven't I haven't looked at the play counter yet, but dude, I doubt it's got a lot of plays. Well, that game on it. looks like it was released in '82, so it was. Would you say '91? Uh, yes. Yes. So now that doesn't mean it was routed cons- consistently for nine years. That's, but. that's true. But that was the last tax sticker that's on it. Yeah. So, and I can tell it's got several laid over top. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the 91 is like, uh, you know, the top stack of like maybe four or five, gotcha. you know, tax stickers on it. But nonetheless, it, it's uh, it's just, just a, a really, really nice game. Uh, it's got a really nice 4,900 in it. It's got some mild Satan's hollow burn, but, you know, like I say, nothing objectionable. And, um, you know, you could even just uh, you know slap in uh, you know some tinted plexi on that. I was going to say it, up it doesn't look like it's got the tinted plexi. But it, it doesn't. A lot of the the Bally games had that had the the, the plastic bezel had the uh-huh. recess and you, yeah. like it, a pack. And this, and this one does. It does. It does. I wonder the, if it was supposed to have had it and it just someone took it out to work on it and never put it. Never back. put it back. I mean, to me, when I play the game, it's and I've been playing it quite a bit. You know, anytime that I could sneak out to the garage and you know throw throw a couple of credits on it and give it a whirl, I, I, I've been doing it because I, I I love the game. But nonetheless. Um, it's very bright without that plexi, and it's almost a little too bright. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, I have to put the plexi back yeah. in it. You know, for me, it's kind of it's actually kind of hard to play without the plexi. You know, and it just it'll just look better. But but Brent, I'll tell you, everything works on the game. Everything is 100% original, and I think that gets back to the whole discussion about the MCR. You know, about the micro power supply and everything like that. It's going to have to be serviced because uh, oh, they're easy to rebuild. The pro- yeah, if the battery leaks, that's the pain because it. It's in the upper left of the board, the way they're usually mounted. So it'll run down the board, and it the <laughs> and it takes everything it takes out. everything out. Yeah, and it's right next to the in it, the the connectors for in and out. Yeah, power in, power out. Yeah, and it'll just eat them. It'll up. Just eat them up. Yeah. yeah. So well, that's a good point because I I did um, truthfully have to kind of pick this up on the run. Okay, just based around so you my stole time, it. my time and everything like that. So you stole it. Well, I'm not gonna say I stole it, but I did get a really really <laughs> yeah. good deal. Okay, so, but I, I wasn't able to I wasn't able to you know crawl all through it and everything like yeah. that and look at it. But uh, well, it, if it's it, working, you're ninety nine point nine percent of the way there. Well, it'll get the treatment. Okay, because. Yeah. Um, it, it will probably be up next after the zookeeper is done and the rally X is done. And I'll, I'll kind of get into that just here in a second, but let me talk about the R type. Okay. Before, before we get on to uh, current updates. So the R type, man, um, Everybody listening to the show for any length of time knows that I'm, I'm a, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I love them. And, I just haven't spent a lot of time with R-Type, though. I've never did, did played you play it. it? Have you never, played it? Never played it. Yeah, no. Not even in MAME? No. And I know a lot of guys that and girls or whatever that kind of get into that it's a fun it's that a sh- later generation of games like right fun. as you're starting to get into the real shoot 'em ups and all that See, how, that's how, real popular in that yeah how in did, that range how did mike mcginnis on no quarter called it fight and go right oh is it, it a fight it, and go right I, game? It's, it is largely a fight and go oh, right I, game i thought it, our like type a space was, shooter oh yeah 
Oh, so you're but you're flying to the right. You're a spaceship flying to the right and sh- shooting oh, to the right. I was envisioning more of like a uh, uh, like salamander or I can't think of what the other name for salamander is. It'll hit me here in a minute. More of a uh, like vertical or well, I guess salamander even was a was a space shooter to the right. You, are, you, are you thinking about like something like silkworm or something? Yeah, like, something yeah, similar to that. Uh, okay. F- usually, I think fight and go right is like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Yeah. But this yeah. is this is kind of like a, a space version of that. But the music's really good. The sound effects are good. The graphics are really good. And and Brent, it it has got the absolute cleanest. 20 EZ that I've seen in any game yet. Well, nobody played it because it was a terrible game like Donkey Kong. <laughs> like, oh, <ow>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to beat the table here real, real, real fast. Man. Everyone's out there deleting. Delete, yeah, on delete, the delete, delete. We just lost 300 subscribers, oh, man. things I hate. Yes. Donkey that, Kong. <laughs> so, uh, now you're just piling on. Now Brent. I'm just piling on. Now you're just piling just, just like Jake Danzig said that, man, on the Facebook page. He's like, now you're just piling, just on. piling on. Now you're just piling on, man. Um, but anyway, so with the R-Type, okay, so get the guy's house and get it wrapped up and everything like that, get it on my trailer, and, um, you know, I noticed that the, um, that, that the, that the base on the game was, was a little flimsy, okay, but, you know, I had my dolly and it wasn't really a big problem, okay, and I thought, okay, it's, it's going to need a new base at some point because it's, obviously, this base is taking on a little bit of water. The, the game cabinet itself is in great shape, so, so the base kind of took one for the team, so to speak, okay, mm-hmm. and so, uh, even though it's plywood, it's all rotted out and just real flimsy and everything like that so i yeah i get it wrapped up i get it on the trailer and everything's good you know i i've you know say the formalities hop in my truck and roll on you know roll on home so brent i get the thing back to my house okay and um I had to tarp the games because it was raining the day that I picked them up. Okay, <laughs> so Why did you even do that given your past record. It, it, but you know something, man, you learned a lesson. I learned a lesson. Okay, um, life force. I, it was driving life me crazy because okay. there's a a a, a, fr- a common friend of ours, local gentleman here. Uh, who loves Life Force? He actually has one that I had years ago, oh. and that is uh, Salaman. The let's see, uh, there were three versions of the game made: Salamander, the original Jap- Japanese release; Life Force, the U.S. version; and Life Force, the Japanese re-release. So yeah, it never was Life play, Force. Never played it. It's a big NES game too. Okay, gotcha, yeah, but it's gotcha. a never played. It's it. kind of a Gradius-y like you know space shooter thing where this one actually you would go fight and go right and there was also a vertical aspect to okay. it too, where at a different stage it would change but anyway okay well, so, well i mean on our type you can go up and down the screen this actually would turn where you were you were flying vertical oh, you get to okay, a stage okay, okay, and you would yeah, go okay no, no, now no. i'm going to fight vertical yeah, yeah, no, and no, no, things would no. scroll down at you as okay. far as i've played in our type that's not an option you're just always you're always flying forward and you're always shooting forward and you know you can move up and you've got you've got some you can move up and back but you know the game is going to scroll you know kind of like an on rails kind of thing so anyway the base i'm sorry yeah so i had to tarp the games to get them home because it was like i said it was raining the day that i picked them up but but man brent you know my time has been so compressed i didn't really have a lot of calendar calendar free space in order to make this happen and so once the deal is struck i also can't leave the game sitting there for a month and a Dude, half this either. looks so much like life force it's sickening 
just looking at the pictures and the boss fight and the top, yeah. I wonder if Life Force is a, is an NES it's a adaptation. Konami. It's a Konami game. Oh, it's a Konami Life game. Okay, gotcha. But All anyway, right. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so I get the guys home. And um, everybody's like, let him finish. Yeah, no, no, it's it's all good. Who it's shot good. JR? <laughs> if you're too young to know what that means, Google it. Yeah, the grand interrupter, man. <laughs> I'm just piling on now. Piling on. But um, here's the thing. So, you know, it rained on the cabinets on the way home, but I had them tarped, Brent, and I had them tarped really good. But after driving for a few hours in the rain, you're not just going to put those things up in your building or in your garage and then go inside for the night. Because if you do, then you're going to come back outside the next morning, mm-hmm. and then they're going both your cabinets are going to look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and your your really good deals are now a bucket of slosh. Yeah. Okay? So it was one of those things where it's like, I got to get the things cut open. I got to get them stood up right. I've got to let them air out you know because if they if any moisture at all you want them to dry okay mm-hmm. and just if nothing else just uh breathe you know yeah. so I, I got the satan's hollow stood up off the trailer and and brent keep in mind i'm doing all this by myself at like 11 30 at night okay and so get satan's hollow stood up no problem cut the plastic wrap off of it you know the shrink wrap or stretch wrap get the tarp unfolded you know survey it the game is 100 percent bone dry i'm good Sweet. to go i'm good to go okay so it's like whitney whitney may make a mistake but whitney does learn a lesson you know so it's all good so i roll the satan's hollow off the uh you know i get my kickback dolly and everything i roll the baby off the off the trailer put it over in the corner of the uh, of the garage and you know life's good man and in fact i actually plugged it up and let it warmed up and let it warm up so that i can play some good, play a few credits on it so then i get to the r type and i'm like oh yeah i've got to remember this base is you know this, this base is a little suspect so brent you know i cut the shrink wrap off of it and i uh, untarp it while it's laying down because i don't want to deal i don't want to deal with the tarp and everything and with the base being suspect you know standing it up mm-hmm. and trying to trying to unpack it and you know and um essentially you know get it uh you know get it unwrapped you know with it being a little wobbly and things like that so and i cut it open everything's good the art type's 100 percent bone dry okay so i'm like good to go so i'm like okay I'm, I'm very very happy with that so i look at the base and i'm like yeah it's 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 a little wobbly but you know it's it went down okay so let me just be a little careful standing it up and see you know see what i get so dude I'm so lucky that I had the Satan's Hollow off the trailer, okay? Because if I didn't have room to move, I would have lost my R-Type. Because here's what happens. Because I'm standing the R-Type up, okay? And then, you know, you're, you have to do the grunt and the, the you know, the grunt and to the push up. Past the, yeah, that tipping point. To get it past its center of gravity, its tipping point there. And so, Brent, as soon as I get it past that and it starts to support its own weight, the bass goes boom, like that falls out for just essentially just you know caves in on itself you know it collapses and it's got that's the word does it have your i know the the, the, that looks like a Nintendo cabinet, but it's, it's not it's the a, same as no, a normal. It, yeah, it's, it's bigger. A, it's a wider. It's a little wider. It's it's it. It has the profile of like a wide body Mario Brothers rather than your normal Donkey Kong. You know, very narrow Nintendo cabinet. Yeah, but it still has the same. It still has the same shape. You know, it still has the same. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess yeah. It's it's it, it, it's the, reminiscent the pro, the profile, visually. But visually, it's, it's yeah. the same. It's just proportionally, it's a little wider and a little bit bigger. Yeah, but okay? it, the base is similar to a normal Nintendo. It's yeah. just, just like basically two by fours or the metric equivalent. It, it, exactly. Now, like a punch. So all of it just shattered, dude. 
it folded in on itself. It's almost like the game was sitting on chocolate chip cookies, okay? Because, That's an interesting visual. Well, just think about it, because they just, they collapse under their own weight. It's just, it's just... Oh, so the four lit. boards didn't break out, and just, they actually just split apart. They split apart, and they went like that. Oh, wow. Taking my hands, making the... Like that, you know, it's just... Oh, see, I was thinking you just had just, four boards laying there. It, well, they split, and then they folded flat. So at each of the corners, the corners let go. And and the, the boards just went like that. So the game that was it. did the game fall? Almost. Okay. okay. Almost. Well, you didn't so, walk so, in limping, so... No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. But here's what happened. So as soon as the base collapsed on the game, it started to tip over to the right and to the front. And so it started to fall. It literally started to tip over like it was going to fall. So... I mean, Brent, I had like a split second to catch this thing. I didn't even have time to turn green and throw on my purple pants. That's how that's how fast I had to catch this thing. So, dude, I spun around the cabinet, and I bear-hugged it for everything that I was worth. Everything that I was worth. And I had to catch it, and eventually, and essentially went down on one knee and caught the game. Mm. Okay? If I hadn't have done that... It would have just tipped and fallen off the trailer and busted the glass, the monitor. I mean, dude, it, I don't know. I mean, because the front of the cabinet was going to land on the railing of my trailer. And let me tell you, the trailer would win, okay? Because Yeah, and then it would just flip over it. It would just flip over it and shatter, and who knows? The cabinet would probably either have holes or dents or whatever. I would have lost the monitor. I know that for a fact. It would have been gone, okay? But all I can say is, Brent, it was probably one of the more impressive feats of strength that I've ever exhibited in my entire life. And the bad part about it is, is you weren't even there to nope. see it. As, as, that's the thing that I'd bummed jump, me the most. I'd have jumped clear because it wasn't my game. <laughs> Well, it didn't have a 12 on it, so I was going to save it, you know? It's <laughs> not Donkey Kong, yeah. so... <laughs> the bad part about it is the only the only person that saw it was my lap, you know? And I turned around and looked at him after I pulled the game back up straight, three inches shorter than it was when I started, uh. okay? And all wobbly and stuff like that. But um, after I pulled the game back up straight, I, you know, I, I kind of stood there for a second. I looked over at Bubby, and I'm like, man, Bubby, what a lot of help you were like that. And he's just looking like at Lassie. me. Lassie. Yeah. Go get... Go get Mommy. Yeah, Go get mommy. He's just looking at me like, where's the animal crackers? I'm supposed to get an animal cracker. You give me animal crackers. And it's like, I got nothing, yeah, I, I I got nothing for you. Yeah, I got nothing for you. Have you ever had a game pushed over on you? Um, I have. No, I had, not I that had I remember. An, no. I had an EM game. I had a Sammy, which, look it up. I mean, it's the, no, that thing's huge. It's a, yes. it's a it's equivalent an em game equivalent to like an upright arcade uh-huh. but those upright em games are wider and deeper and heavier because heavier. of all the mechanics so what did it did it fall on you we were unloading one year at little arcade expo and one of the guys had brought a sammy in and um we put it on well, i can't remember which which of my dollies we put it on i was helping unload and right at the back entrance of arcade expo in Louisville, where the current the current venue, there's uh, a loading. It's not a door, but a, a dock. But it's a door, and it's got not even a lip as much as a little teeny tiny little ramp just poured in the concrete. So you know, it, it might be six or eight inches wide, and in that six or eight inches, you got a rise of maybe two or three inches, just enough to keep the rain and stuff out. You know, and it's it's angled, so you just pull right up in it. Well, um, I get the game tilted back on the dolly, and the guys were trying to help me 
get over that lip, they grab the front leading edge of the game, like to quote unquote lift. Oh my goodness. And what ended up happening was, is it acted like a lever and the pivot point was the wheel of the dolly and it started driving the top of the game down. They thought um, everything they, was they cool. They thought they were helping you. They thought they were helping me. I thought I was losing control of the game. Yeah. So I'm driving the thing they're driving they drove me right into the ground so i mean i didn't have it hit me head on uh-huh. but i had the luxury of being able to use my strength to slow it down yeah but it just they just it just it let like a lever i mean physics is you know physics yeah. wins mother yeah. nature wins every single time and it just it come it, it wasn't a like a straight up just like hit yeah but i had it come right over on top of me and i was under it yeah under it oh man it was it was not I mean, did, fun. did it wind up like lying flat on you and yes. everything? Oh, yeah. So it was completely like, on me. Yeah, so I, like sa- I saved pressed it. pressed like panini. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. Yeah. I saved it. Yeah. Yeah. I was under it. Yeah. I was between the ground and the dolly. Interesting. Wow. So, yeah. Well, it, so I didn't have it. I, fortunately, that didn't go that far for me, but I was just envisioning. Oh, yeah. I just, it scares me to death after yes, that. Yes, 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 yes. I can imagine yeah. what you went through. I, I would love, we're talking like a pucker factor of like nine and a half. Nine and a half, know? dude. Yes, exactly right. I, I, I needed uh, three size. I could have wore uh, underwear that was three sizes smaller. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Because it, it took it took everything I took well, everything I, I had. I don't see pictures of the R type. Is it nice? It is. I just didn't, uh, I just didn't grab any pictures uh, and throw them in the show notes i should have done that uh because i was typing some of this up this morning but uh yes the r type is r types very nice the only thing is i don't know if i'm going to keep it or not you know i mean i bought it because I, I bought it because it was kind of like a throw-in to the deal and it worked out and it was you know it just you know rose the price of the deal and you mm-hmm. know a couple hundred bucks and it's like i'm driving there i might as well it might as well bring two back instead of yeah. one you know and uh i don't know brent you know <sighs> It's one of those games that I know is going to be popular because, you know, people will like to play it just because of what it is. But I just don't know that I want to devote the game room space to it's, it. It's like the big guns. It's yes. like, um, you know, a couple of the arcades that, that, I've, that I've recently sold that, you know, it's a cool game. It's in good shape. It's just... Uh, it's just not my cup of tea, and so yeah. See, and I think what I'm gonna, and, I, and I argued with selling a lot of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, this one, this one will probably be one of those that, for good or bad, winds up at the arcade expo to see if anybody would be interested in it. You know. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, I've got. I've game, got to put a new base on th- it there's, though. There's people that will. That that game is their oh, cup of they'll, tea. They'll eat yeah. it up. Yeah, you they'll know, eat it up. And th- that's a good place to take it and let a lot of a lot of people experience it. And you'll get, you know, uh, hope. You know, if you decide to move it on, there, I'm sure there will be collectors there that love that genre of game. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, it's a popular game. Uh, it's one that has good mind share and everything like that. So, I don't think it'd be too hard to pass. You know, to pass on if that's what I decide to do. Um, I'm thinking that's what I'm going to do with it, though. I mean, I'll play it a little bit just to just to see if it's got the staying power that I think that it probably doesn't have but nonetheless we'll, we'll see it but could, it could surprise you it could it could surprise me but there's people out there going oh my god yeah oh, it's I, this- yeah yeah i'd love to buy it love that's to buy like it. me it's and like, donkey hey, kong no worries you yeah. know and I, i'm probably turning somebody off with the donkey kong stuff i don't donkey kong yeah i did I, I I'm, mean, pi- I'm piling on at this yeah, point because yeah, i can yeah no I, I know i mean it's just you know everybody's got everybody's got their titles but nonetheless so uh just you know kind of i guess kind of real quick you know from a i guess from a a, a, you know a, a restoration or ga- you know game repair standpoint 
Uh, dude, here's the thing, you know, and I, I hate to sound defeated on this because it's not that. It's just that I have I have had so much, I guess, sitting in front of me that uh, I'm a little bummed that I haven't been able to work on the zookeeper, you know, because there's there's a lot that I want to do to the game, but in order to do it in a way that I'm satisfied with, I need more time. You know, I need more contiguous free time, and I just have not had that contiguous free time to work on it in the way that makes me happy. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to do anything when you're doing 10 and 20 minutes That's, or an hour at or a time. An, an hour at a time. Yeah. yeah. So I've you know like I say I've had to acquire a few things for the zookeeper so while I've been okay, well, hang on, hang on. Before I before I, I leave the zookeeper, the one, one thing I will say, okay, is um I'm making up a bench, you know, power brick for the game. I talked to you about this before we, you know, hit the mm-hmm. record button because I've got to pull the monitor out. It's going to get a tube swap. It's got a 4900 in it. And um, I want to just be able to power up the monitor on the bench because, I, you know, before and after the tube swap, I, I just need to be able to run the monitor, um, you know, against a mirror without, you know, without, uh, you know, without it being in the game because I don't want to be pull, putting it in the game and yanking it back out two and three times. Okay. So I need to be able to run this thing on a bench i've been fortunate um i've been fortunate throughout my my travels that i've not really i've not really had got to the point to where a tube swap was mandatory you know i've, I've always been able now to are find you, are you going to tube swap from another like 4900 or that's gonna, that's what i want okay to, so that's what i want to do you're only you're just going to do a straight you don't even have to get into yoke and convergence ideally it, yeah if everything works works out the way that i think it's going to i think i, I think i've got another 4900 that i can just roll okay with, all right okay? Well, so that that makes it that much easier it does yeah. it does but nonetheless um this presents before a pro- you do it yeah and this is this is a good tip for everybody okay you hashtag know, pro tip pro tip uh, that's right check the rings uh-huh. the purity rings on the back of the neck yeah uh, it's not uncommon that the glue they use to lock them in place is just chipped. And when you start handling the tube like that, uh-huh. it's easy to spin them. Yeah. So I always... Re, I, you re-glue them? Yeah, I'll take some hot glue and just yeah. right down it and just lock them back in. Yeah, no, no that's that's a very that's a very good thing to say. So, uh, yeah, I'll make sure that I do that. But what this has done, though, Brent, is working on the zookeeper has shown me where I'm deficient in a couple of areas when it comes to my workbench and just, I guess, kind of like, quote, unquote, my current setup. You mm-hmm. know, so so what this is what this is forcing me to do. Well, I'm not going to say forcing because I could do this restoration or refurbishment or however you want to call. It. I could do it without going down this path, but I know for what I need to do, like with the Satan's Hollow, for what I need to do with a few other games that are going to need tube swaps. I just need to kind of buck up and get my bench my bench scenario sorted. It's so handy yes. to be able to... When you have an ISO mounted on a board with a separate switch and you can yeah. power a multitude of monitors, yeah. it just you're like, it's, why did I never do why, this? Why haven't I done this yeah. sooner? So is it going to slow me down on the Zookeeper? Most definitely. Is it going to allow me to do a better job on the Zookeeper? Most definitely. You know, So that's kind of that's where I'm at. So um, so I've, I've started going down the road of you know just researching everything that I'll need to, you know, to build up a bench, you know, essentially a bench ISO, you kind of set up to where I can, uh, to where I can power up that monitor. Because here's the thing, Brent, I've got to do a cap kit on it anyway. So, you know, it's so nice to be able to turn them on right there. If they smoke, they're going to smoke on the bench. They're going to smoke on the bench and take care of it. it, it, Well, you can take care of it right there and you're not hauling it back and forth in and out of the cabinet and stuff, because it's that kind of stuff where you put it in the cabinet 
and then you know fire it up and and see okay is it good is it or not no okay now I got to yank it back out it's that it's that really laborious uh, repetition you know repetition mm-hmm. that, that becomes very tedious that actually destroys your enthusiasm for what you're yes. doing you know so it's just easier all the way around to measure twice cut once and do this on the bench okay? I'm actually while you're when you move on to the next topic I'm looking through our albums because I know I've posted a picture of mine. You have. I saw I saw it. Yeah. You did just a few days ago. It's in the Burger Time album, Isn't actually. The, I couldn't yeah. remember where it was. Yeah, I thought I had Time just album. a picture of it straight up. Uh, maybe you do, but I remember seeing a picture of it in the Burger Time album. But but anyway, so, I, so I've got to do that, okay? So that's actually what I'm focused on right now so that I can work on the monitor itself, okay? So so there's that. And you know something? I'm, I'm going to be essentially building this from the ground up. I mean, I've got a good, I've got a good candidate that I can work from, but it's all untested and I don't know if any of it works. So I'm pretty much going to start out with the assumption that I'm going to take it from the electrical outlet and then just go forward with that. Okay. So, you know, the nice thing about it is I'll detail it for the show. And if somebody wants to repeat that, then yep. they'll be able to build their own, you know, bench ISO, you know, power supply for a monitor and we'll go through the connectors and, you know, what's needed and everything like that. So there, there's it, a folder. It, it should be nice. I've got a folder. It's, um, it's Brent dash test rig. So maybe okay. you can do a Whitney-test rig. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a look at that. And actually, I look at my JAMA setups in there, and I've modified it since then. Okay. Uh, so it probably wouldn't hurt for an update, but you can see, you know, it's real simple. And, you know, Whitney and I went over it, so he can he can kind of get some pointers to build one. But my my little rig to power monitors in there. Yeah, good, good. Okay, well, then I'll take a look at that as well. But, you know, I've got a couple of ISOs. I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure how good they are, if they work or whatever. So I'm just going to, you know, I'll start out, uh, you know, from, from scratch and then go through a process, I'm sure, of, uh, you know, having some stuff work and some stuff not work. And, you know, you'll trip a couple times, but eventually you'll get where you need to be. So it should it should work out pretty well. So, th- so that's that's kind of near term for the zookeeper, you know, to get the monitor repaired. Um, all the metal is back from powder coating. Okay, so that's that's very very nice. The coin doors back, all the brackets are back, the control panels back. So I've got all that ready to go, Brent, and it's going to make the game look so so nice. You know what you need? So nice. You need a twelve on the control panel. I, like I do. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna you know, thirteen. So, yeah, you're gonna get you a Christmas present. It's, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a big twelve on it, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll have to figure something out. That's that that'll be that'll be a good December joke right there. But uh, nonetheless, you know, at the end of the day, though, Brent, when I sit and I think about where I'm at on the zookeeper, you know, I looked um, I looked at the list that I outlined. And this is this is where, you know, doing some of this stuff on Facebook has actually been kind of helpful. I go back and I look at my order of operations for the zookeeper, the notes that I made at the very beginning of the of the album. And it's like, OK, I've got to I've got to make sure that I, I stay on track with all that. But at the same point, I've also determined that there's so many other things that I need to do alongside of it as well. So it's kind of taken on a little bit of a life of its own. Um, but again, I'm kind of all over the map on it, and I know that I am, but at the same point where I'm going to wind up at is going to be really, really nice. And I'm going to have a couple of very good, uh, you know, stay leave behinds, you know, that I can use for, you know, that I can use for other builds as well. So yeah, is Zookeeper taking some time? It sure has. Am I going to, but I'm going to come out of it with a, uh, just a very nice Zookeeper, and I'm going to come out in, and a couple of other, you know, really nice test rig scenarios to boot. So it's it's all good. It's all good. 
Uh, let's see. I, yeah, I just wish I hadn't let so much time lapse with it, uh, you know, but it's just, again, it's just all about having contiguous time. Now, let me talk a little bit about the Rally X because that's what I've done in between uh, working on the Zookeeper and, and everything because, Brent, I've the Rally X didn't need near as much work, and I thought, okay, that'll be an easy win. It'll, uh, it'll oh, be low-hanging that. fruit. Yeah. That's that's how that's how the burger time has taken so long. Nope, I'm not doing this again. I'm not going to do yep. it again. I I, I got to get through both of these, okay? And then from this point on, it's one game at a time. Because me unraveling, well, I did Project Flip Flop, and that worked out because they were two Nintendo cabinets side by side, okay? But this this working on one, you know, working on a Taito game, okay, and then working on a Bally game is just it, it, simultaneously. I'm not I'm not I'm not happy with it because. The Rally X has needed a lot more than I thought that it was going to need, even though it, it when it's all said and done, it will look very good, too. Now, Brent, that's a game that's all, that's also got some patina to it, okay? So it's got a little bit of planking on the sides, a little bit of planking on the front, but not bad at all. But, the, you know, um, the game itself looks looks really, really nice. I've got a lot of pictures of what I've been doing with the Rally X, but um, honestly, man, I've not had the time to sit down and make a Facebook album and do the Facebook album justice. Yeah, I've, you got, know? To, I've got pictures of the burger time still that need to go up yeah so i, I it's just time I, it's just time and i need to get the rally x pictures up because i think it i think it'll be a good one to refer back to as brand i've had to clean it up um and it looks so much better than i say it that did cabinet's primarily like a cream white isn't it, it? it is yeah. and it shows so much dirt and yep. it, and you know something the bad thing about rally x is it looks halfway dirty even when it's completely yeah, because it's not a white white it, it's like it's a not cream, a cream white. like an it's, off it's, yeah, yeah it's it's kind of like a dirty white kind of color so you really got to work it to make it look good and i've uh, you know i've got it as clean as that cabinet will allow for which is actually pretty clean now the thing about it is, is uh, it's got a Geo Seven in it. Um, very, very minimal burn, Rally X burn, and it did not need a tube swap at all. In fact, the picture looked good. Okay, when I yanked it, but um, Brent, it had a cap kit done to it at some point in the past, but I couldn't time or date it. I couldn't say that it was three years ago or five years ago or twelve years ago. So, what do you do in that scenario? Just go th- shotgun it. You shotgun it, and that's exactly does what it got I've the, done. Does it got the original flyback in it? Uh, it did, but I've got a new fly. Yeah, back in it now. I'd, okay. I'd, I'd really consider getting rid of that yeah, sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't it didn't last long at all. Uh the great thing about it though is I did a total service on the Geo7 to bottom okay and i know in the next segment we're going to talk about the geo7 so I, i've it's it's actually kind of apropos that i've what little time i've had throughout this month i spent working on a geo7 and i promise i did all that before we did the show notes you yeah. know so, <laughs> so, so it it's works, fresh in your it's, mind it's fresh in my mind and uh and you know when we get to talking about the geo7 kind of do i guess a deep dive that we haven't you know done for several mm-hmm. months uh you know it's it's neat because i i was looking through the notes that you'd put together and i was like okay i need to add this and i need to add this and add this uh you know something man the geo7 is actually pretty fun to work on i don't mind it at all it's a pretty simple monitor chassis to work on and um but you have to do so much we'll talk about this yeah, yeah you just yeah, got yeah. so much to do yeah to i it. don't want to put the cart before yeah. the horse but you're right to do a geo7 right
right, you can't just cap it and be done with it. You've got to do. You've got to cap it. Then you've got to do eight other things to it yeah. in order to make it quote unquote solid. Yeah. You know, but it's all simple stuff. It's just all laundry list kind of stuff. But anyway, anyway. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But what I did do um, is I installed uh, Rip Tours, and he's the guy that owns a Twisty Wrist Arcade. I did install his remote pot adjuster board, and Brent, that thing is sweet because, dude, it takes uh, four of the adjust uh, four of the six adjustable pots, and allows you to put them in the front of the cabinet. Okay, like right inside the coin door, you can just reach in there and just take your little screwdriver and just adjust it, and it's handy dandy man i loved it and it also made setting the b plus voltage a snap okay because you don't have to worry about the pots or the um, you know the little adjusters being all crusty or mm-hmm. rusty or anything like that did you eliminate like yeah those geo7 pots are always kind of sketch man yeah, they're, they're, they're rough just... they're rough is yeah. what they are when you turn them they feel they fight you and and it seems like when i'm sitting there watching the meter you know before i started using these remote boards you turn it just a little bit and swing like eight volts yeah. and it's like that's no 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 that doesn't it's like <laughs> that what's the happen? cheapest pot we can get now that's great get us che- a cheaper one yeah get you know? us a cheaper one and let's put let's use a thousand of them you know it's is just kind of kind of that but anyway so the geo7's back in the game it looks beautiful uh curls out you know it's it's running like a top so everything i did to it uh worked out and it worked the first time and i was very happy about that i do have to rebuild the linear power supply man i'm getting a wicked wicked hum through through the uh through the speaker on that game uh, no hum bars on the monitor or anything like that it's just it's just got a, a pretty uh pretty pronounced hum so the, the power supply is 100 uh, percent original and uh, i can tell it has not been touched um let's see got the control panel back from powder coating it looks really good i've got to um i got to do something with the coin door the coin door is like all painted flat black this is why it takes so long because i've done this and you're you're running two games simultaneously simultaneously. and and it's uh, it's terrible no it sucks is what it does if you've got two if you've got two games of this like i've done like two battle zones back to back i've done that's a three space invaders yeah, that's that, one thing that's one thing or but see like i've got to do two centipedes at some point build, one for me and one for my brother you're building it's, a chevrolet uh, and a ford at the same at time at the same time and it's and, and a dude, pain it's a pain because even even getting your mind around what you're doing you know and it's like okay now i've got to work on you know the 9412 power supply and then you get back into the taito game and it's like completely different it, it's by me doing it the way that i'm doing it i've actually cost myself time Okay, but I've done it that way. I will put it this way. I had the best of intentions because I was being held up on some stuff for the zookeeper. I thought, okay, so while I've got some downtime, I'll work on the rally X because man, I can knock it out pretty quick and have, and still, and still have tractable progress and not be all depressed because I'm sitting here looking at the zookeeper that I'm, I'm waiting on four or five things for. See, working back here in my shop, it's a double blessing. It's a blessing that I've got a space to do that. Uh I've got a shop where I can actually have a dedicated space with my specific tools and my high use parts yep and and i can close the door and walk away and forget it and it doesn't bleed into the rest of the house well yes and so that's the blessing and the 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 size of it is the blessing because I can really only effectively work on one of anything at a time in that space so the problem that i've got so i can't I, if if I'd get into what you're doing, mm-hmm. it, it's it's worse because it's underfoot everywhere. So have you seen pictures of my workspace? 
I have, but it's been a while. Yeah. Okay. So my workspace is actually pretty big. The problem is it's big enough to it's big enough to handle two games easily. Yeah. Okay? You're in trouble. The problem is it's big enough to handle two, two games, games easily. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. See, right there, I'm right with a, one upright in there. If I've got the control panel in the corner, I got the bezel in the corner. I got this leaning wherever. I got tools on the floor. I've got just enough room where I can navigate. Yeah. And then walk out. And walk out. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. and I can put a pinball in there. I can. I've got just enough room to take stuff apart, put a little yeah. table on there, put ramps and stuff on it, but I can't do any more than that. But you know something? At the end, at the end of the day, this is all first world yeah. problems. Yeah. So I'm sitting here. So that's I, why I said it's a double blessing. Yeah, I've got yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here belly aching, but I have nothing to belly ache yeah. about. You know, because um, I mean, heck, dude, I'm sitting here working on Rally X and a Zookeeper. Great yeah. games. You know, so it's all good. It's just that um, I think in my in a little bit of haste, knowing that I was going to be short on time, you know, through throughout the summer and the fall, I wanted to make some visible progress because I knew the zookeeper was going to cost me a little bit of time based upon everything I had to do to it. I've, I think now at this point, I've just wound up costing myself more time. So I guess lesson learned. I don't know. But uh, at, for, at this point, I will, you know, yes, I've got two centipedes to do. I, I can handle that if, if it's duplicates of the game, uh, the same uh, title but i will not be doing two independent titles like this again not not like this it's uh it's just it's just been a little frustrating but the progress is good though and the game is going to look great when it's done it's just been a struggle where i should where i feel like it shouldn't have been a struggle does does that make sense yep yeah yeah Yeah. you've 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 made your own problem yes yeah i've kind of dug through through my own problem um the one thing that i that is kind of cool though Dude is um, in doing the control, redoing the control panel, uh, getting that powder coated for the Rally X. Of course, I had to lose the CPO that was on it because it had a twelve on it. <laughs> had two twelves on it, and I hated it really, really bad. <laughs> I double hated yeah, it. Yeah, double hated it, man. Uh, no, so I was running through my closet, and I was like, you know, I think I've got a Rally X CPO in my closet. And I bought it years, and it turns out I bought it years and years ago. And Brent, it's a NOS Rally X CPO. It's oh, that's cool, beautiful. Okay, now the thing is, though, it's not a full wrap. I'm looking at it. Is no, it, no, no, it's, no, it's no, more like a Pac-Man or it's a Galaxian, like a where it's like it's a just, panel. It's just a panel overlay, is yeah, what it is. Okay. And then a lot of the metal of the control panel is left exposed. Okay, and that's yeah. why you want it powder coated so that it look, you know, painted or powder coated so that it looks real good. You know, no rust or anything like that. So I found this. I found my upright CPO. Went digging through my boxes of CPOs, and uh, and it's, so I pulled it out, and I was looking at it, and uh, at some point, I've also picked up a reproduction Rally X CPO, and dude, I got to comparing the two of them, and there's marked differences between the two CPOs. So now, what I have to do, Brent, is I feel like I have a fiduciary responsibility to scan that CPO before I put it on. It almost makes me wonder if there wasn't different runs because, like, it very well could have been. Century was big about that. I know, like, uh, uh, there's different. Uh, what's the running game? What's the sports track game? and field? Track and field. Yeah. yeah, there's like 14 of those. Yeah. So here's the thing: if there was multiple runs, but see, Rally X is such kind of like a low production game. Yeah, you're dude. right. You're right. But maybe there was. But if there was, um, 
the differences between the two CPOs are marked, okay, in detail, in clarity, and just um, sharpness of the graphics on, on the CPO. So uh, I went back and looked up where where I picked the CPO up from. Not going to, you know, not going to get into you know who did it and everything like that. But I feel that in order to do the hobby justice, I got to scan that CPO in high resolution, okay, so that I can turn those art files over. In in the thought that um, whoever did. The, the reproduction maybe they didn't have you know a very highly detailed scans to go from or something like that i, I mean I, I just don't know but now that i've seen the differences between these two cpos brent i can't just put it on i can't just lay it on the control panel and walk away you know because then it's like i, I can't scan opportunity. it i've yeah. got i've got the opportunity so now i gotta scan the thing so it's like okay well crap i wasn't really planning on taking that time to do that but now i have to do it because if i don't i'm not going to be I, i'll be dissatisfied with myself it's just it's just one of those things, but uh, nonetheless. So I'm I'm going to be scanning uh, scanning that Relix CPO. Um, fortunately, I've got a real nice scanner to do it with, and I think I've talked about that of, of three or four episodes back. It's one of the the clear. Uh, it's one of the the HP flatbed scanners that uh, that's just like a you know it's just it's like, like a, a wand, square. It? It's like no, a it's not a deal? wand. It's okay. not a wand, but it's a flat square that it, that is glass, and you can move it around freely over your subject. So it's really good for like scanning something laying on a table gotcha you know so it, but it's not like a flatbed scanner it's you know the scanner itself is, is it's kind of handheld and it's mobile yeah yeah but it's it's like it, it takes two hands to operate it oh, okay. it's, it's actually like a square okay right. so yeah I'm, if um if I haven't put pictures up on the Facebook page or something, I'll do that because once you see it, it makes perfect sense. Okay, but uh, you know it's uh, it's it's just a very very nice scanner for for doing what it does. And uh, picked it up on eBay for a song. I think I paid like seventy five bucks for the thing new in a box. So it's uh, it's it's fantastic. But nonetheless, um, so that's that's it. And when I go back and I look at what I typed up, you know, kind of thinking back on the month, I actually got a little bit accomplished. You know, for the time that I didn't have, but it's the same point. It just you know it kind of just feels like you're treading water to some degree but one thing i did want to mention before we uh get into the next segment here brent is um and this is for the game room okay and i i i encourage you know anybody who uh you know who's got a dedicated game room to give this some consideration because uh this was pointed out to me by uh, first jonathan leung of arcade repair tips okay he tweeted about this clock and then um, all kinds of funny stuff goes on on, on that Twitter thing. He's done it though. And so he posted, uh, he tweeted about this clock being available on Amazon. And within, by the time that I saw it, uh, within a couple of hours taking place, the clock sold out. So what this is, this is a LED Pac-Man clock, Brent. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's pretty cool. It's sweet, dude. And now here's the thing though. This thing's handmade. Okay, by Raw Thrills. I was going to say, I was looking, is this the same Raw Thrills? Yes. Raw Thrills. It's Eugene Jarvis Raw Thrills. Okay. So, yeah, same company and everything. But this is a limited edition clock. And I, I guess what makes it limited edition is because the thing's handmade. Okay. It's not like. Is it handmade? It is handmade. Yes. Okay. And so, um, Amazon will get these things in batches. All right. And then they tend to sell out pretty much as fast as they're listed. Okay. So. Um, John, you know, Jonathan uh, originally turned me on to this, and uh, I, I couldn't buy it because it had sold out by the time I went to go go pick up the clock. So, uh, listener Ty Lori uh, also tweeted about it. He caught it back in stock, and I was able to go back to Amazon and pick one of these up. 
Okay. Now here's it's the, in stock now. Yeah. If I were you, I would get one. Well, I've actually got a, a shopping cart built up. Okay. Good deal. I would throw it in there. Okay. The only bad thing about this, Brent, the the clock cost eighty bucks. Okay. Does it kind of hurt to spend eighty bucks on a clock? Yes, it does. But when but when you see the clock, okay, you love the clock. All right. That's a show title right there. So, so make sure make sure you enunciate. Yes, see the clock, love the clock. Yeah. Okay. This yes. Is, this is a family show. Yes, it is, and we got to keep it that way. But the the clock is awesome. And so to describe it real quick, I, and so I, I, I'm have yeah I'm having a hard time understanding the scale of it. Okay. So here's the thing: uh, the clock itself sits about I'm going to say about six inches high, maybe a little less than that, five to six inches. Do high. you already have it? I do. I have. Okay. One. Yes. And width wise, it's probably about um, 18 inches inches wide. Yeah, 16, 18 inches wide, something like it. Maybe a little shorter, but it's in that neighborhood, okay? Now, that being said, I'll go home and I'll measure it. No, it's completely off, okay? But nonetheless, Sits on the table fine, kind of kick back a little bit. Yeah, you're way off. It's 4.2 inches by 7.8 inches. There you go. There you go. Four, five by eight. Okay? Yeah, it's five thank, by thank eight. Thank you. Five by eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Four by eight. <laughs> Jeez. Did you say 4.7 by what? No, 4.2. 4.2. By 7.8. By 7.8. So it's 4 by 8 is what it yeah. is. Well, that's still a good size. It, I it, mean. Is, it is this good size. Jeez, man, I was way off. But anyway, as Brent shakes his head. But anyway. Never go fishing with you. Exactly, exactly. The stories I will tell. Um, but here's what's cool about the clock. You plug it in, and it is in. The LEDs are organized in the Pac-Man font. Okay. And so the numbers look exactly like those iconic Bally Midway numbers. Score numbers. Score numbers. Yeah. Yeah, Score one up, you know, one up font and the score font. And what's nice is so you've got that going on. And then at periodic intervals, Pac Man will run across the screen superimposed over the numbers and then the ghosts will chase him okay mm-hmm. and then a few minutes later the ghosts have turned blue and they go back the other way and then pac-man chases them back the other way so the clock has got some movement to it you know it's got some animation to it and it's it's actually kind of interesting to watch you know so it's neat i've got mine in my workroom i just sits there i run it 24 hours a day you know i've never i I've never unplugged it since, you know, since putting it in. And with it being LED, I assume it it will go for a good long time. Here's the description part of it. Part of it. Let's see. The colorful, recognizable characters in honor of the, I think it's, yeah, uh, this this is tied to the 35th anniversary of the game. So that's what the, uh, in honor of this, the anniversary, Eugene Jarvis, designer of Defender Roboton Cruisin' and the founder of indie developer Raw Thrills, created a tribute uh, the limited edition handmade clock is made from a matrix of Jumbotron LEDs, high quality optical grade polycarbonate cover, and sits in a sleek, low profile shell. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. It is. It's it's really nice. I mean, spending eighty bucks on a clock kind of hurt, but after I've after I've lived with the clock for you know for a couple weeks, add to cart. I'm very <laughs> yes, I am very satisfied with what eighty dollars bought me because the quality and the fit and finish of it is 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 definitely um is definitely fantastic 
Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we'll ha- we'll have a link to it in the show notes. And uh, yeah, if you catch it in stock, man, you got to pick it up because who knows how long they're going to be building these things? I-, I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe a month, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe as long as people buy them. I, I have no idea. Uh, but it is battery backed. It says so in the instructions. What does that mean, though, Brent? I I don't know how long the battery will hold the time with mm-hmm. the clock not being powered on. It, there's in the instructions. It just mentions that it's battery backed it doesn't put any you know it doesn't put any metrics around it being battery backed or or how long the battery will last but dude i mean it's led and it's just a clock so i I doubt it's i doubt it's really i doubt it's really drawing a whole lot of current to do that so anyway i did pick up the pac-man clock i love it and it is uh, a fantastic add to my office and uh my office slash workroom and i'm almost uh to the point to where i feel compelled to get another one to put in the game room What's this on Amazon? There's a Donkey Kong clock. What? No, just being, just, in the show now. In the show now. I'm just piling on. <laughs> piling on. But that's it, Brent. So I picked up a clock. And I worked on my Rally X. I worked on my uh, stuff to support the Zookeeper. Picked up the Satan's Hollow. <laughs> it's awesome. And uh, the R-Type. And that's it. So, so the R-Type, I'm like I say, I don't know if I'm going to keep it, flip it, sell it, what I'm going to do with it. Here's some stuff I want to interject in here as well. Yeah. Whitney, um, we've talked about this a little bit uh, amongst ourselves and ourselves being Whitney and I and our multiple personalities, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. it's like, where do we, well, we want to cover so this? It's a version of Whitney that goes fishing. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Judges distance. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where do we want to put this in? Cause it doesn't really fit anywhere, but it, it, the what's going on kind of update segment is, is probably the best fit for, you know, kind of the normal you know, process of the show for this. We've often been asked, you know, what else do we listen to? Podcast wise. Yeah, podcast wise. Yeah, yeah. So, what, so what's in our and, podcast? And, you know, no one believes that we just listen to ourselves on an endless loop, but, you know, <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, I thought this is a good, ch- a good place to kind of, sure. you know, a good chance to discuss this. And we'll throw it out just like, hey, you know, here's here's what we listen to i know that a lot of folks have come back to us and said hey i started listening to x y and z because you all mentioned it yeah and vice versa i know a lot of folks have have come to us and said i picked you up because you were mentioned over here yeah exactly so exactly. let's let's run through kind of what our you know our part as you said our podcatcher has yeah on it. yeah what's what's on our phones man so uh we're, we're gonna overlay a lot here i'm sure I, I think so because i was looking at your list as i was making my list and there's like 80 percent there's 80 yeah. percent overlap but uh but again your name starts with a b so you go first man. okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> so first off and my mine are not alphabetized so. okay so is this in order of preference no this is just okay is, uh, just oh, just just they, they come to mind so yeah gotcha first off is spooky pinball mm-hmm. you know we've talked about spooky a lot yes. you know quick side note there's some uh, videos on our facebook page i would just absolutely love to thank um mike pison and, and let me let me go out here and look and make sure i've got these and i've, I've got this just right uh this this is related to spooky spooky actually um they sold uh, AMH, America's Most Haunted, number 150, 
at, this year during Expo. They did it not Pin, at Expo pinball, itself, pinball but Expo. they did it at, the, at Pinball Life. The the kind of the the gathering, the sh- the Expo, not the Expo. That's the, the, sh- the, sh- the, the show, show within the show. They call it the I think they call it the Pinball Life Explosion. So yeah. Pinball Life twenty Explosion twenty fifteen. They auctioned off AMH one fifty. Charlie and Ben said. Uh, everything past cost goes to uh, ju- the Juvenile Diabetes, I think ju- Juvenile Diabetes Foundation. The game sold for sixteen thousand dollars. And Charlie, I know Charlie's beside himself. Um, uh, David David Python captured a little video of Charlie, just like kind of a little personal video to me, and, and not not to leave Whitney out because I'm sure David said, "Hey, uh, say something to Brent." And, and he he is just he's still he's standing in the parking lot and he's still giddy yeah that it brought sixteen thousand dollars and like I said the proceeds go to a wonderful cause I'll do it very much so you know David thank you for sending me the video and David also sent me a, a video of um, the auction and I think David I'd have to go back and look at the timing I think he only got like the last like half the auction the last three minutes and another listener stepped up. And I'm scrolling up here. Another listener stepped up, and he had uh, the full auction, which only ran about six minutes. David Popadick, thank you, David, for offering this up. He was a little closer. The video is a little clearer, and it's the full it's the full six minutes. And the funny thing is, is I don't know this guy. Uh, the the local, I think he's local to Chicago. He's a local personality who's kind of okay. got into the media. Sven Gooley, and I, I think. I think that's his persona, and he does like a horror themed, you know, probably a, a late night show. And, okay. you know, he's kind of got the dark costume and a little bit of face makeup to go with the. I, I know Charlie spoke highly of him. Okay. So I think he kind of. And Charlie's a big, like, horror oh, yeah. and even B movie fan. So I think that's kind of where he fits in. But he came out and auctioned the game. And it's kind of interesting the, the beginning of it where he was kind of trying to come on board with where the auction needed to start because I think he started it at like 50 bucks or something like that, or $500 or something like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know Char- he, he and I need to go fishing one day yeah yeah <laughs> so but yeah thank you David um thank you so very much for the video it, it is it, it I, I just I can't you know we could, Whitney and I couldn't be the, there this year and you know we're just we're really appreciate uh, appreciate that you that you thought of us and, and that you were able to capture that yeah, and send no, it all thank, over thank, for us. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I listened to Spooky. I'm gonna get back to my list here. Uh, da, 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 Spooky Pinball Podcast with Don and Jeff. Definitely catch those guys. Yeah, that's um, the pinball side. On the arcade side, Ten Pence Arcade with uh, Vic Marlin and Sean Hawley. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of got a cool format. You know, arcade isn't arcade. Pinball isn't pinball when it comes to podcasts. We all have our little, our different bend, bend on things. Yeah. And, you know, 10 Pence was a lot like No Quarter in that they reviewed a game, they played it, and they really discussed it. And 10 Pence has, has gone out and branched out from that a little bit. And they, uh, I don't want to say they do like we do. They have different segments. They have completely different segments than we do. Yeah. They talk about art on games. They talk about when games were released. They do show coverage, and they also do a game of a game of the episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it, and they're they're based in in England. Mm-hmm. It's really cool listening to the differences in the hobby. Yeah. You know. They their perception is is different. Yeah, and and it's neat though. Yeah, it's neat. It's yeah, things that we take for granted. It, it's 
it's unbelievably difficult to find those parts or those games yeah. where they're at. Yeah, I know that it, we've got it so much better when yes. it comes to that. Yes. So, and, and I'll, I'm sure they, I'm sure we get it we, not only for our accents but for our uh, our sayings. Yes. But when you when you mix some of the the British vernacular with some of the arcade terms, it is classic and things that things that even crack them up at times. Like at one point in time, Vic was talking about uh, slamming the back, slamming something in the back of his pony, and he meant a a a pony cabinet which is a style of cabinet and he was going to he was going to install a game in it yeah and it was enough to make him giggle because it just once he even even once he thought about what he said this was several episodes ago it was like that that just that didn't sound right you know that was wrong same and that even become a joke yeah uh no quarter yeah uh, they they were here, they were gone, then they were here, and guess what? They are back again. Yes. So Mike McGinnis, and he's got a new a new uh, co-host, Jeff Prescott. Yes, I've not heard of Jeff prior. Neither to, have prior, I prior to this. And, and Vic and Sean mentioned that, and I I had the same thought that Vic and Sean had in their last episode, which is, hey, Mike and Jeff, tell us a little bit about Jeff. Yeah. Because you all. Um, the you know you all, the, the first episode back if you will where Jeff came in you went right in and you all talked about uh, I think it was Metal Slug X and yes, now yes. I want a Metal Slug X card I, for I, my I, Neo I, Geo I know yeah it's a fun game but tell us I a little bit Metal about Slug. Jeff what's Jeff's background and yeah let's let's hear about more Jeff less Mike yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then but then equal Jeff and Mike after that no How no no more that? Jeff less Mike. <laughs> Uh, game, on the arcade side, uh, again, J- Game Room Junkies, Preston Patrick, uh, you know, the part of the the Southern Fried Game Room Expo crew, Pinhead's podcast out of Australia with uh, Rod, Gaz, and Stevie. Uh, I think it was Stevie. I'm glad Stevie came back. He went on... Pintech Stevie, man. He went on holiday. Yeah, he went... Yeah, he I don't went know. to the Outback. I, I, is walkabout a real term? I know it wasn't that... I love that term. I know it wasn't the movie in the... in the What was the Paul Hogan movie? Uh, Crocodile Dundee. I know it was in Crocodile Dundee, but is that like is that like Hollywood, Australia? I don't, I don't know, but I'm, sh- I'm sure. I am sure that Rod could clarify that he'd probably say man you're an idiot you're an idiot you guys are just hurt <laughs> you're complete fools you're, you're, you're just fools yeah <laughs> go, go, take whitney and go fish i said yeah. i sent uh i sent an email into um 10 pence and at the end of it i put i threw in a lot of just you know u.s quote-unquote known british slang and i even put god save the queen and vic was like what does that even mean that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything anymore did it ever mean something no it never meant a, it never meant a thing but it is fun to say yeah, it is fun to, yeah. yeah i'm bringing that back uh pinheads that's another that's another one folks stateside listen to in this first of all it's an unbelievable podcast you know we struggle jeez dude we struggle to put out broken token with high audio quality yeah you know good editing and of course you know it's as i bump the mic yeah yeah good timing yeah thank you we're just hacks man we we really try we've learned and as we've gone along we've improved this uh and, and you know even if the audio is bad from anybody's show mm-hmm. they're putting the show out mm-hmm. it's the content we know that yeah. you know yeah. just if you want to do a podcast 
do a podcast. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's exactly right. We, we we really struggled with it, but we're IT guys, so I mean, we we overthink we it. Overthink and it. We overthink it, and we overthought it for months against each other. You yeah, know? yeah. And we we practiced and worked on it for months yeah, before we did it. Yeah, and and you know the the thing is, it's like yes, you know, would we like uh, would we like some more music? Would we like some more sound effects or some transition? Sure, love it. But we've also got you know fourteen other things that we want to do with the podcast and the website and everything else but rod gaz and stevie this is this is like radio quality oh it's it's every bit of that but did you know that rod he has his own morning show down in australia well that would explain so that i mean he's he's a radio personality so listen this is first we didn't even talk about what stevie did stevie goes oh yeah i'm making air quotes yeah i'm making air quotes the walkabout he goes walkabout yes into the outback yeah to prospect for gold yeah it i love that, i thought that was so cool i'm I like know, i can't do that here and i love listening to pentech stevie talk okay because he's he's kind of quiet he's kind of reserved but you can tell that he's wicked smart in everything he answers what he the he answers the questions he has asked you know and then it's like he waits for another question but every every time that he says something it's just bam spot on yep. bam spot on bam spot on uh, it, you know it's he's great you got he's great. rod is like the ringleader yes. and then you talked about stevie i like gaz because i think gary's just real his name but yeah gaz is obviously uh, as a nickname or maybe that's a some a common nickname short for gaz in australia you know radio like name. walkabout yeah and, it's but a radio name. you go to you go to gaz and it's like he's he's like puts the hammer down <laughs> he's like yes the answer is four yes and that, that's okay we're going on yeah we're, we're good with it i <laughs> mean like th- those three guys are like they're like the perfect combination for podcast hosts yes. because they've all got very distinct personalities but when you plug them all together it works like awesome um it's I, a great show it, it, it is a great great show have we fawned over them enough yeah it's just because the show's just the, that. Show, the show's good the so show is that good for even if you're a, an arcade guy listen to the show because just yeah. like with no quarter it gives you an idea of what it's like to be a collector outside of the u.s yeah and you know in there there was actually an australian pinball manufacturer and i believe that company may have made some games rod you know, Gas Stevie, if you all hear this, correct me. Um, I think it was called Home Pin. They uh-huh. did. And, yeah. And there's a guy that has that, uh, has the company whoa, whoa, whoa. today. Isn't that in, no, is that in Australia or is that over, is that in China? Because I thought Home Pin was, was. I think the deal is, and then guys, if we're wrong on this, correct yeah, me. Yeah, and my apologies too. Home, home Pin existed. And uh, no, no, there's another name. I is this is completely off script. So you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, we're we're just botching it. Yeah, man. I apologize for getting this wrong. Regardless, there was a, there was an Australian company. Someone actually owns the name of the company, and I guess maybe all the the rights for the games and the like. Now he's reproducing games. I think he 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 reproduced a small tabletop game whether it was a small pen or like a video game and i believe that was done in china no, that's what it is and okay. then i he may be the same gentleman that's doing uh what was the australian show with uh thunderbirds yes uh, that used to, it runs from time to time here in the states i believe that's the same gentleman slash company that's doing a thunderbirds pen in yeah. australia because yeah. yeah rod and rod and gaz have talked about that quite a bit yes yes on, on several episodes while stevie was on walkabout so yeah <laughs> so, 
So yeah, they, I mean, but it's true. They, you know, it's true. So yeah. they had they had a company there. There was a few companies in Europe back in the day, but nothing like in the states. Yeah. So they do have some unique games um, in their areas, but it's anything. The majority of the stuff they talk about is stuff that was made, produced in the U.S. Yeah. and shipped. Yes. Yes. So uh, and the it, poor guys, they have to get their games boated down and everything yeah, else. They, I mean, it's a. It, you can tell the struggle is real for them when it comes to getting the games in, getting the new Stern titles in, and everything like that. So yeah, check check out check them out. Spooky yeah. pinball podcast. Don and Jeff, ten pence with Vic and Sean. No quarter. Uh, back in the saddle, and I'm glad they are, guys. I love the show. Yeah, I love the show. Uh, yeah. Preston Patrick, Game Room Junkies, Pinhead Pinheads with a Z. 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 Pinheads with a Z. <laughs> that Z ish thing. Yeah, at, twelve. At the end of the English alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, twelve. And um, then some other stuff kind of on the fringes of, of kind of the core that we deal with here, you know, retro gaming related. Definitely I catch retro gaming roundup. There's a little video and pin in there, but a lot of it, it's it's all re- it's all gaming, all retro. So there's yeah. a lot of console stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I catch retro computing roundtable. Uh, I catch and that's what it sounds like. It's it's old computer talk. Uh, okay. A lot of Apple stuff, Commodore 64, TI, that kind of fun stuff. Okay. Um, you don't know Flack and Sprite Castle, which <laughs> yeah. are it, which are just you know you, Sprite Castle is, is Commodore sixty four related. And it's, yeah. You don't know Flack and Sprite Castle are done by uh, Rod O'Hare, yeah. uh, Rob, Rob O'Hara, Rob O'Hara, yes, and he uh, he kind of is the orchestrator of Throwback Network, which we are on, yes. as well as Retro Computing yep. Roundtable. Yeah, proud members of that network. So thank you, Rob. Yep, I, and you know I, I catch your shows and I, I'm Rob. Uh, Rob, I'm a Commodore 64 guy. <laughs> Rob has a back episode on You Don't Know Flack. I just listened to it, and it's on podcasting. You Don't Know Flack isn't specifically gaming related. It's, as Rob, Rob puts it, I keep wanting to say Rod because yeah. of Pinheads. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rob. Pin, pinheads, yeah. Um, you Don't Know Flack is about things that a lot of folks in in our age group, 30s and 40s, would remember. Yeah. And, and Rob's experiences with them whether yeah. it was you know computer operating systems or a particular game system and mm-hmm. rob was a game collector so he ta- he talks arcade games and he talks about there was a recent episode where he talked about uh paperboy and yeah. 720 720 yeah. yeah 720 i'm sorry 720 yeah. so there is a back episode of you don't know flack having to do with podcasting and it kind of goes back to the comment I said earlier about audio quality. And the biggest takeaway from that is, is if you want to do it, just do it, just, just do it. Don't mm-hmm. worry about all that stuff. Get out there and put out your content, you know, tell your story, talk about your topics. Yeah. But because you know something, you can always get better the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and there will yeah. always be another episode. I mean, listen, Brent, we're 34 episodes in. We're this bad still. <laughs> we're still this bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good, though, man. So, non-gaming related, I catch Twit uh, this the week, this week in tech, mm-hmm. and it's Leo Laporte, one of his shows. Uh, the Amp Hour, which yeah. we've talked about. We had a uh, um, uh, mention of that a few episodes back where they interviewed the gentleman that designed the, uh, I think it was the 6502. Uh-huh. Chuck Pedal, I believe Pettle. it was. That's, that's correct. And I also tried catch the history of personal computing that's quite a list brent how do you how do you work all that in i walk the dog a lot oh yeah i would say yes i would say and probably a real big circle too huh? yeah well and, you know if i'm running on the treadmill i'm usually listening whenever i walk the dog which yeah. you know we try to take a daily walk you know it's about an hour walk 45 minute walk so 
so, sometimes I get behind. You know, unfortunately, it, what's not on the list and it should be is uh, coast to coast. Yeah, and I'm I'm behind on coast to coast. Yeah, and you know things fall off, things come on. I get behind on something and I I, I binge listen. So yeah. that's honestly that's where coast to coast. I did this. I did this off the top of my head, not for my podcatcher catching app of yeah. choice okay so yeah I, like i'm behind on coast to coast right yeah, now yeah well i, I am too Big time. so uh, just, okay so with that i've got mine uh i've got my list here and i've got it separated into pinball arcade retro console and then non-gaming related so it's kind of it's kind of a list and you're right brent there is some overlap but i'll start i'll start with pinball so uh, definitely listen to Spooky Pinball. Uh, first and foremost, I, I will freely admit that uh, with Spooky, I tend to listen to three or four episodes at a time. Okay, like I'll I'll fall I'll fall behind, then I'll catch up, then I'll fall behind, then I'll catch up. But I always I, I am always either just an, an episode or two or three behind, or I am I am you know caught up. But I love the format of that show. I love the personalities. I love the family friendly nature of that show. And uh, what's so cool about it is that uh, Bug cusses like a, a, a cusses like a sailor, and it's so funny. <laughs> but I could let my ten-year-old daughter listen to it, and she would get a kick out of it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's awesome. In the con, in the it, content it, it, is the just show good. is family friendly. He it, that, yeah, it the is. way it's yeah, it is yeah yeah. It's yeah. it's great. It's great. So and plus it's it's topical, um, and it's the story of a family in pinball, and you know their success the high i guess some of the highs and the lows and everything like that I, it's just it, charlie it's just a quality show so it's it's just good good clean fun to listen to man i love it um Number two would definitely be uh, the Pinheads Pinball Podcast. You know, like I say, Rod Gaz and Stevie talked about those guys. I, I just love the production quality. And you know something? You know what I what I really like about that show? The personalities notwithstanding, for sure. But um, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, Rod, I think, does all, all the production on the show. And I appreciate the fact that he he holds a show until he's ready. You know, they don't, they don't produce on a monthly basis, okay? But when I do see it pop in, I know that I'm in for a good two to three hours of probably some of the most high quality podcast audio that I'll ever hear, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where, uh, do I wish it was monthly? Yeah, I wish it was. Um, I, but you understand why it's but not, I, but I understand yeah. why it's not because Brent, you well, Stevie's on the, in the outback yeah exactly but but at the same point in time i know that it takes a long time for them to produce that show because they have so many segments they have so many crossfades they have so many bumpers they have so many you know trailers they you know so many sound effects and everything i mean brent you and i have and it sounds like from that description it sounds like overload it's not it is it the show is produced like a quality radio no it is produced like a quality radio show not not a run of the mill podcast no 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 and brent you and i have shared you know production duties on the show and everything like that over the you know over the couple of years you know you do the you do the line share of the editing right now you know but it, we've we've kind of batted it back and forth it is work dude it is hours of work and uh the simple fact that they produce a show that sounds that good uh, i've just got all the props and, in the and, world for you know and i'll back up to if you're thinking of creating your own podcast don't let us say that scare you no uh-uh. and no not at all not that your next mention is bad uh-huh but 
it's done in a different format completely and it, different format, and it works and it works so the exact opposite of pinheads from a you know from a um production schedule standpoint is nate shivers coast to coast okay i like nate's show because he is he has his thumb on the pinball industry and he's pretty much the de facto standard go-to guy he, he gets fed the news he, re, he he analyzes the news and he he recants it in such a way that it is enjoyable to listen to without being preachy or without being i guess uh completely 100 opinionated okay mm-hmm. so so it, it, nate's format works but nate is like a fast turnaround show you know he'll go he'll he'll go to like pinball expo and then do a show a night uh, he'll do a show a night you know so maybe the show is 45 minutes long uh and and his shows are extremely topical though so you know the the content is as it happens when it happens you know so you just have to kind of keep that in mind whereas like pinheads is is definitely they definitely have topical content but it's also a little more magazine format mm-hmm. you know like ours is you yep, know yep. it's a little more magazine format but uh, i love listening to coast to coast because it's just, it's just great it's just great information and nate gets you know he gets awesome guests on the show so it's good um arcade wise uh, definitely pin, uh, 10 pence. Uh, I, lo- I love their show. I've, uh, you know, I've gone back and listened to their catalog, back catalog and picked it up from show number one forward. So I, I make sure that, uh, that is, that's always one that's, um, that's, that's current and, uh, and, and going. And like you, Brent, I, I appreciated, I appreciate how that show has matured over time as well. And, uh, Victor's fun to listen to. I love the accent and, um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's just a well done show. I, I like it a lot. Uh, have you, have you heard him try to, and I don't know whether he's genuinely trying or he's he's doing <laughs> yeah, it in a comical manner. Yes, but when yeah. he does yes. us slash an American accent, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's classic. It makes me laugh because you know you've got you've got to laugh. You know, Vic, Vic is uh, if plans happen, he's going to be stateside. He's already mentioned this on his show several times. Oh yeah, he's going to be stateside in December. Yes, and we're trying to firm up plans because he's going to be right through our area. He is, and if everything works out, we're going to have a crossover show. Or at least a crossover segment. How yeah, about we'll that? have something. We'll have something. It was so, so, Vic. We're so looking forward to getting you on the show, man. It'll be great. So we'll have an opportunity to have him perform that accent live. Live. It, it'll be awesome. <laughs> the sound bites we'll get from that, man, will be great because we need to do Vic doing before and then Vic doing after. You know, so Vic and then the broken token Vic would be hilarious. So uh, definitely no quarter. I've been a fan of that show since day one with uh, Mike and Carrington and uh, Brent. I'll tell you this. I, I have got every episode of their podcast downloaded. I keep it local because I actually go back and refer to it quite often. Because as I'm thinking about a game or thinking about a game, you know, thinking about a game or researching a game that I'd like to play or maybe a game I'd like to pick up or add to the collection or this or that, I go back and listen to their back catalog uh, more times than than most probably do. You know, because it's good information. It's a uh, it's it's kind of the show's usually an hour or under an hour. It's just it's just very uh it's very nicely done very nicely done um and it's it's also it's not just them playing the game they'll explain the game talk about the history scoring history history of the game yeah Yeah. the the play tactics you know kind of whatever little 
Easter eggs that they found, the hardware that's in the game, things like that. So it's it's just very well done. I I really liked it for the uh, for the time that um, that Rob O'Hare was on it as well. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm glad that it's I'm glad that it's back up and going because I think that format has legs. Yep. And uh, it's, more Jeff and more Jeff and <laughs> more Jeff. And and the thing about it is is that they they've got a very bright and long history ahead of them if if they can if they can sustain it you know so uh i I certainly hope they do because i love it whenever i see a new episode pop in um our friends jonathan and tim down at arcade repair tips yeah i'm behind on that one too yeah and you know something i i systematically stay behind on that but what i'll do is i'll I'll catch like five or six episodes and then i'll binge listen for a day and i'll get myself caught up on that and that's my fault i didn't re-add it to my phone when i moved phones yeah well you know the, the thing about it the thing about their show is that um you know, with the format of the show I, I tend to like to listen to it when i'm in, when i'm in a certain mood i guess for for listening to the question and answer type of format and um and like i say i'll i'll listen to them i'll binge listen to those guys and then catch myself up but it's it's a great show and i, I thoroughly enjoy it and uh, jonathan and, and tim both have extended uh you know very 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 you know open arms to us and you know just great guys and i I do i like their show Uh, and then of course preston and patrick at game room junkies i mean a seminal favorite you know you can't can't leave those guys out so i've been listening to them since episode one as well and it's just uh just a a great great show and let's see the retro category brent i think mine is uh almost like yours uh retro gaming roundup i've i've (laughs) loved that show it's funny it's got good comedy and parts of it and you know just the the sheer uh the sheer um caliber of guests that they have had on that show it's unbelievable it's unbelievable that ted dabney i mean you know it's just it's 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 just all over the place. Not you to know? be confused with Dabney Coleman. No, 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 no. Totally no. different. Totally different. But you know, I, so listening to RGR that got me introduced to Ted to Ted Dabney, and then that sparked my interest enough to start reading the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, I guess, kind of documentary book. You know, business is fun, and where you know where Ted is discussed in length, and it's just it's just great. I mean, I, I think that's that Scott, Mike, uh, and Mike, when when there were two mics on the show. I think that they have done the gaming community a great service by having such a historical look at their topic. And uh, if, if you if you don't listen to their show, um, you definitely owe it to yourself to do so. I mean, there's there's bits in there, you know, uh, kind of slapstick comedy bits and stuff like that, that that are sometimes fun. Sometimes I skip over, but the meat of their show, the meat of their show is very hard to get uh, any other place. So there's as i mentioned they also cover console anything retro gaming yes they do and some you know a lot of the stuff well i hesitate to say a lot Uh, if it's something that i don't collect or didn't didn't have interest in when i'm younger it's still really interesting to listen it's still interesting because a lot of the stuff cross ties yeah and you know like like keith robinson okay so uh i was not i was never a big intelligent guy but the you know the interviews that they did with keith robinson i just thought were some of the best they were so interesting and i and it's caused me to go back and give pause to looking at intellivision as a good retro platform to play some games on where honestly brand i probably would have counted i probably wouldn't have dis i probably would have dis well probably not i probably 
notwithstanding, I definitely did discount the Intellivision because I was always an Atari guy, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, it's it's caused me to to go back and give it some uh, give it some reinspection where I previously would not have done that. So that you know that's a great show. I, I, I love it. Love it. Um, let's see. Uh, you don't know Flack. Uh, Rob O'Hare mentioned that. That's a great show, along with the Retroist. Okay, and that's a that's a fun show. The Retroist is neat because it's a, it's a little quirky, but it's also super super um, informational. And the way that the topics there are covered is is just um, is just second to none. I mean, it, the the amount of research that's done and just the personal inflection that's kind of, and, and I guess kind of introspective that's put on the topics that are covered there is really good but it's it's a lot like you don't know flack in the sense that it's you know an episode a topic an episode and then uh it, then the, the host delves into it and just does a does a great job with it when i first started listening to it though it was um it, it was it was a little um it was a little hard to get into the rhythm of the of that particular show because of i guess because of the way that it's edited you know it's it to me Brent, it kind of feels like it kind of runs together a little bit okay i've but never listened to it it's but but i'll but i'll say this but after you get into the flow of the show it works and i'm i'm a big fan of the retroist i like it i like it a lot um Console wise, uh, Brent, I don't know if you've ever listened to this podcast, but it's called the Twenty Six Hundred Game by Game Podcast. Uh, I love it, and it it does. Um, it, it's a weekly show where the hosts uh, go through two Atari Twenty Six Hundred games uh, per episode, and they do it in much the same format of no quarter in in ten pence. You know, I guess kind of quote unquote kind of classic ten pence. You know, they they dissect the game, they talk about strategy, logic, and some of the history of the game, develop and stuff like that and, and and me brent i'm a huge atari 2600 fan as ever you know long-time listeners of the show would know i i really i really dig this this podcast because i learn a lot about the 2600 and atari that i just did see so that know. actually inspired a um and i know about this from listening to other shows that inspired another gentleman who goes by the no square the no swear gamer i think he has a, a pretty active youtube channel yes he does a 7800 game by game yes podcast. that's exactly right and there's also a 5200 game oh, by game podcast as well yes yeah I, oh, cool. I i don't listen to that i never had a 5200 i did have a 7800 at the very end and i probably need to pick up the no swear gamer podcast and listen to it because i i, I like the 7800 quite a bit but um but yeah from a console perspective that's it i I've, I've been wanting to pick up an nes uh podcast as well because i was also a big nes fan but i've not really found uh, i've not really found one that um that i that i've just latched on to as of yet but uh, you know I, but i also haven't looked all that hard either um non-gaming related uh but still in context i think the last you know part of this here brent definitely uh this week in tech with leo laporte i also listened to um you know, just I guess kind of job related uh, you know the Windows Weekly podcast with Paul Thoreau and Mary Jo Foley I like that a lot too and I just uh, I just picked up the Amp Hour podcast on your recommendation I had not heard of that podcast before and I've started going back and listening to selected episodes mm-hmm. of that I, I, yeah. I haven't started it like episode one and rolled four I, I didn't once I picked it up I can't remember where I picked it up I yeah. just started I started rolling with it yeah and, and, and that's how I've done because I, I've picked like the topics that interest me to see to see if there's going to be enough there for me to latch on to but I, I think there is and at some point i'll go back and pick up the entire back catalog because i do that with every show that 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 
that earns a spot on my podcast mm-hmm. or a permanent spot on my podcast. It, it's an interesting show. Up, we talked about it when we were talking about the episode where they interviewed Chuck Peddle on the yeah. sixty five hundred two, and that it, it's two electric uh, electrical engineers, one here in, uh, in in the U.S. I think he yeah. lives in Cleveland, yes. and another gentleman yes. in Australia. Yeah, and uh, um, they just talked. If they're not interviewing somebody that has a specific technology, they just talk about things they're doing, things they're developing, things in um, what it takes to be an EE, electrical engineer, what it takes yeah. to produce stuff. Yeah. And it really kind of gives you a lot of insight into what it takes to make the thing that's in your hand, yes. the cell phone, the yeah. computer, it's, it, it the, is. It's the product. And it's, it's just... It's a like it's like pulling the curtain back on yeah. a lot of on a lot of products, yeah. consumer products. Well, so. and, and it's educational from a well-rounding perspective because it's not just um, it's not just gaming. It's not just you know what we kind of immerse ourselves in month in month out. It, it's it, it kind of stretches the neurons, man, is what yeah. it does, and it helps you to think about things that are that are not in your you know that are outside your peripheral vision from a knowledge perspective. And I like that. The only thing I'll wrap I'll wrap up this segment by saying this, Brent. You know the the podcast. Well, I got I got one that I have that I haven't I didn't put on the list because I made the list before I picked it up okay. and I mentioned. So okay. I got one thing to add. So after your okay. final thought, the only thing I was going to say is you know this is just what I'm listening to right now or what has kind of stuck with me over the course of the past couple of years. I fully well recognize that there's a lot of other podcasts out there, YouTube channels out there that do you know that cover this. And they're all they're they're all good. If they're purporting and pushing forward the red, you know, the classic arcade and pinball hobby, then then good for them. And you know, we support them all. But at the same point, man, there's only so many hours in a day, yeah. and I can't listen to everything that I want to listen to. So there's there's a lot of the shows that we've mentioned are are fantastic shows, and there's a lot of other there's a lot of other good shows and fantastic shows out there too. So. Here, here's my two ads, and this is one that I've that I've picked up, and I need to go back and add some more now after we've done this segment. Diary of an Arcade Employee. So the the show format here, <laughs> okay. you know, the shows look like the average about fifty minutes. Some are thirty. The one's twenty three. I'm just looking through my podcatcher right now. Uh, Forty five, twenty nine. So basically, this gentleman was an arcade employee, and he'll. In each episode, he'll tell the story of a game. So, like, I'm just I'm scrolling through here. I need to look at that. Warp Warp, Golden Axe, and it's video games. Pac Man Plus, 1942, Ghosts and Goblins, Tron, and the the dialogue is wonderful. It's one gentleman. He's just telling the story, and the productions the productions great. He goes through and he talks about the game, the history of the game, and he talks about it when it came into the arcade. Okay, and it's just it's. It, this is a real cool. I'm walking the dog. I'm going to throw something on, and I want to hear it front to back. Yeah, and in, in, in the trip. Yeah, you know, un- or understood. I'm taking a drive, or un- unlike our show that is measured in commutes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> diary of an arcade employee. You know, that kind of reminds me of the book, The Last Days of the Westfield Arcade. Have you read that? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah. It, I, I'm from Kentucky. I don't read it. it. Fair, fair enough. Well, I'm from Kentucky, and I can't measure fish, so you know how it goes. <laughs> yes. Um, so <laughs> you owe it to yourself to, to at some point pick up uh, and read the last day, last days of the Westfield Arcade. It is in book format. It's a story that sounds much like that podcast. It's neat. So this one, uh, I don't listen to this show, and I should, but I just, I'm sorry. I just, I can't, I can't get into it. No matter how much the the host of the show has 
tried to entice me into getting one of these games. Okay. And he's out there laughing right now. Nick Baldridge and his For Amusement Only EM and Bingo podcast. You know something? Props to him. I just have no interest in the subject. Nick. None. (laughs) And I'm sorry for that. And Nick Nick knows that. Nick is a great guy. I've talked to Nick personally uh, on a couple of occasions um i just recently had a couple of em single ball pinball games come uh kind of across my truck bed if you will yeah yep and uh uh nick nick got some information about the games and you know uh you know i just helped me out with him in general Mm -hmm. and, and i actually moved him on uh real quick and it wasn't a turnover thing. It was kind of more of a save it thing. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, it they, was. Need, they needed to go to somebody yeah, else. You, you yeah, you saw the games. I saw Whitney. the games. Uh, they they were just kind of these real cool kind of you know one ball yeah. bingo ish, but not a bingo type game. So here's the thing: they were a piece of pinball history, exactly, and they did not belong in your hands or mine, exactly. That's yeah, the they best just, way to say it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, Nick. Nick stepped up and I asked some questions and he was just all about, you know, any information, any kind of help and kind of help me fill in the gaps. And I was able to, to basically save them mm-hmm. and get them moved over into the hands of somebody that, that was going to do something with them. Yeah. And he has. Yeah. Okay. Good. So yeah, Nick's for amusement, uh, for amusement only EM and bingo pinball podcast and it goes through and he's like i'm just looking at a couple of show titles here uh, 1953 bally yacht club so i'm assuming he's talking about the specific game 1962 bally the twist uh magic screen misalignment systems you know so now he's talking about a specific system within a bingo and the the bingo if you've ever seen a back glass it looks like a bingo card and you're trying to, I think, fill in, you know, rows or lines or columns or whatever. And the magic and Brent, you're trying to play bingo. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. trying to play bingo. Yeah. And the magic screen games, it wasn't <laughs> fixed. You had a button and you could shift it. It was mechanical, yeah. you yeah. know. So uh magic squares units. So he covers replay register assembly. So he covers the specific and the broad topics. And you know, he's two hundred and thirty one shows in and he's Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's he's wow. He's on it. Yeah. It makes us look kind of like good, good on him for sure. But I mean, I just, yeah, I, it's just one of those things that I, I just don't have any interest in the topic. And I'm sure that if I did, I would, that show would be first on the list. You know, it's not, it's no reflection of the show. It's a reflection of my lack of interest in it. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the games I had there, it was a, they were, they were, one of them was a Bally Tropic Queens, and the other was basically, it was that game, but it had a, a different back glass in it. Um, I think it was a common thing at the time to make the game look different, but it, they were Tropic Queens. So these were ni- these were uh, released, it looks like, February of 1960. You know, and, and I was, you know, like I said, Nick, Nick, Nick was just awesome. So yeah, check out his podcast. If you've got EMs, and honestly, really, man, I probably should because that it, it still kind of fits in the hobby, and um, it's nice to know about that kind of stuff. It's just you're you know, right. It, it's 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 a piece of the history, and thank thankfully, there's folks out there like Nick and his listeners, and hopefully some of our listeners that you know their sphere of the hobby 
is there crosses into that into that area because you know it, it it's it's all for the betterment of the hobby so yeah, yeah. definitely definitely and, and it's it's good that that content is covered because I am sure that there is a there's a legion of people that can that happily consume that content because they're working on those types of games. I mean, you know? people listen to us, so there's got to be at least tw- twice that, if not twelve times that, that would listen to Nick. That's so. and, yeah, very well said, Brent. <laughs> very well said. So with that, yeah, like I say, it's yeah, Brent. We've been talking about doing you know that kind of list for for a bit, and it's kind of good to get get all that out there and you know and run through it. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of podcasts. Check, check though, out dude. the shows if you yeah, all check got out the shows. If you all got any shows that we've missed, yeah, let us let know. Us, let us know. Yeah, you know, I, shows that we should check out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if yeah, if you guys are out there listening, guys or gals are out there listening, you say, but what about this one or what about that one? Man, just uh, yeah, do a contact form on our website or you know Brent uh, Brent at or Whitney at BrokenToken Let us know what you like and and man, you know we'll we'll pick it up and give it a listen and see you know see how it sorts itself out. All right, Whitney. So let's slide over into some tech talk yes and brent it's been a while since we've done a deep dive segment and i think that this this upcoming discussion qualifies as a deep dive segment all right folks so strap yourselves in hold on (laughs) put on your put on your goggles return your trays they're upright locked position yep it's gonna happen it's it's gonna happen man we're gonna learn everything about something Well, Whitney, last month we talked about the Wells Gardner 4600. Yes. The best monitor on the planet. <laughs> the best arcade monitor on the planet. Okay, gotcha. So this month I thought, let's just carry on with the monitor theme and we'll talk a little bit about the GO7. Yes, so, yes, yes. It, all right, and pinball guys out there, don't like, oh my gosh, what yeah. do I... We all know that all the pinball guys in the corner somewhere there's a video gamer that's exactly right so the 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 4600 is out there but not like the geo7 the geo7 is it's it's ubiquitous man yeah yeah you know i'll throw this out a lot of people post newer folks they'll post on clove or wherever hey i've got a such and such what monitor should be in it and the answer is anything who knows anything i mean i've yes Yes, I've seen Pac-Man's, for example. They they put anything in it that if they could have got a toaster to display Pac-Man, they'd have put it in it because yeah. they were building so many of them. I've seen forty-six hundreds, I've seen forty-nine hundreds, I've seen Geo sevens. You know, all of all of the classic monitors of the era with Pac-Man burn or yeah. in Pac-Man's. Yeah. You know, That's so exactly right. There's a, there's a couple monitors that you tend to tend to find in a game pretty much exclusively like the disco that's in food fight food fight, food fight. a lot yeah, well, of your it's, it's in it's one of them that's in food fight okay but you but you know what's in my food fight what a geo7 a geo7 and it's all numbers matching so you know what it came that way it came that well, way it's a lot of the ataris they came with uh 20 ezs in them uh-huh yeah you know, 120 volt versions of the uh-huh. 20 ez uh, yes that's good for for their conversion games yes yeah, exactly. they're, they're licensed conversion games. and, and yeah. if you when you like dig dug or uh, kangaroo, and if you look at the wire harness, it'll actually it wise so that they could put a standard air quotes geo seven or forty nine hundred pinned monitor in it, or one of the one, one of the twenty same, one, one of the Sanyos, Sanyos. So, yeah, which which has a different pinout. So anyway, the moral of the story is is 
chances are if you've got two games of the classic era, one of them's got a Geo 7 in it. Yes. So yes. It, it's worth talking about. It is so popular. And, and I want to say that at some point in time, I had even read some tech information from somebody that had learned how to work on those monitors because they were used in the public info displays in airports. Is that, and, really? I did not and, know and that. This, this, this guy worked maintenance at an airport. They're all LCD now. They're all yeah. flat panel. They have been for a decade. But back in the day, you used to stare at that kind of that fuzzy white on black background where's yeah. my flight you know, a lot of those were apparently geo sevens interesting so, yeah i did not know that so a couple things to be aware of the common one that we all know is the actually the geo seven dash cbo okay i would say it's probably the more popular of the two yeah the other model is the CAO, and I want to say I've only ever had two of those cross my hands. I've not had a single one as of yet. It, the layout from a, from an electri- electrical perspective is quite a bit the same. From a physical perspective, it's different. The The CAO is, is slightly wider, uh-huh. and it looks like it's got this little satellite daughter card on it that they eventually just did away with and they put it all on one PCB. So the cap kits are the same. I've even changed the flybacks back and forth between them. But most most often when someone talks about the Geo 7, they're talking about the venerable CBO. Yes. So yes. a lot of this stuff that I'm going to get into, by the way, I'll go ahead and mention it. You know, don't worry about taking notes on it. When you get to build one, this stuff will come to mind, yeah. and the information is out there. And actually, Whitney, when when the show notes go together, we can I'll, I'll compile all of this into one section. Yeah, you can. Yeah. We can pretty much just take this and just almost copy and paste it right into the show notes. Yes, so that you you get your specifics because yeah. there's some things in here that mention specific cat values and all that. And you know, I might ramble through it, but there's you're not going to remember that. You're not going to no, no, remember no. it 30 seconds from now. No, so. but the thing about it is you still it still needs to be mentioned because if we're going to cover off on the subject and be complete about it you've you've got to go through that because as we had alluded to at the very beginning of the show when i was talking well when i was talking about the rally x and we were talking about you know rebuilding a geo7 you can cap it and walk away from it you know you can quote unquote shotgun it or you can do the other eight things that it needs to be quote unquote i hate to use the term bulletproof because i don't think that's a fair term but it's as modern as it can be and as reliable as it can be and you you've you've kind of updated some of the misgivings of of the chassis as well yeah so from a bulletproof perspective yeah caps and flybacks i'll talk about this a little bit down you know so Here's kind of the process that that I go through, and we're going to link this page. There's a real good overall repair page at, of all places, <laughs> pinrepair.com, WAC Geo 7. Yeah, so we'll, we'll link that out there. Um, <laughs> Very apropos. Uh, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to give the chassis a good visual inspection. All right. You know, and this is kind of funny. I, I see people ask all the time, well, I got a good new game. What do I do? New pinball. What do I do before I plug it in? What what do I do before I plug this video game in? Well, honestly, people talk about bringing them up on a very act. People t- I make sure that there's nothing in, in the game that's, that's any hanging wires. I look and make sure none of the fuses are blown. I look at, look, I give all the boards a good look good visual inspection to see if anything's caught on fire i check out the monitor chassis if it's a video game i just plug it in yeah you know i honestly i do that so if, if i'm working on a monitor specifically one of these and i got sitting on the bench i always look at the flyback 
because they are known to fail. Yes. Okay. And they fail in a very spectacular Ta- fashion. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So if you see any little crack, a little crack that looks like something's erupted out of it. Yeah. Um, it's spewing some goo. Yeah. Dude, don't don't even don't even plug it in. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. And I'm assuming if you're if you're getting to the point of working on a Geo Seven or a monitor, you have a cursory knowledge of what the flyback is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or yeah. what the width coil is. So yeah, I'm going to make some assumptions here. Yeah. Uh, the width coil on a Geo Seven, the, the you you look at them funny and think about doing something with them and they'll shatter. <laughs> they're they're, they're, they're just, so they're so fragile. They just get brittle over time. So width coils are available and they're cheap. Yeah. So just just spot check it if you're rebuilding one don't have a width coil on hand i've had monitors that just had the coil kind of dangling there where all the plastics broken out of it and the cores falling out of it ain't gonna hurt it if you fire it up you're just not gonna be able to adjust the width right right you can replace it after the fact as long as the coil is there even if all the like i said the uh, uh the ferrite center and the in the plastic body is missing it, that's cool but check your fuses make sure the fuses aren't blown and, you know, really at that point, if the fuses look good, the flyback's not cracked, I'll put it on a tube and I'll fire it up just to see what it does. Yeah. So, Whitney, you've made a couple notes in here. Yeah. I, I, if you mentioned the fuse, and I think we have to do a PSA about the fuses. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because here's the thing. When you go to discharge a monitor, a raster monitor, we all we all know the I guess the the typical series of steps. Okay, you know you take a screwdriver with you know with a, a wire attached to it, and you know, you ground that wire to the frame or to a ground, and then you take the screwdriver and then you know insert it underneath the anode cap and allow the allow the essentially the current that's stored you know that's stored in the filter cap on the chassis to bleed off and you know to go to ground so that it doesn't hurt you very it doesn't because if you it'll do it through you if it'll you don't do, do it through, through another method that's yeah. exactly right if so you don't you, provide the path you will provide you, the path you will be the path is yes. what you will be and it'll go across your heart and everything else and you just don't will it kill you i, I don't i mean i kind of doubt it i mean i know it's very high voltage but it should be very low amperage from what i understand and so i don't think it will i don't think it will hurt you per se but i bet it will you'll remember it okay so that all being said the geo 7 is a little different though because if if those fuses are blown then just discharging it at the anode cap is not going to be enough because you're you're only discharging the the big capacitor that is basically the tube that's exactly yep. right that's exactly right in that filter cap keep telling the story i'm gonna get you a visual aid okay thank you yeah and so because the fuse the fuse is blown and brent if i'm not mistaken i think it's it's f901 i'd have to go back and look though but i believe that's the fuse in question uh nonetheless if either one of those fuses are not uh, or i'm sorry if either one of those fuses are blown you have to discharge the filter cap because with a blown fuse when you turn the power off on that chassis it does not have a way to discharge oh thank you brent so brent brings me a geo 7 chassis to look at as we're talking if i was prepped for the show i'd already had this out yeah yeah no that's that's quite that's quite all right what can happen with this thing is is this is the main filter cap in um in the power supply section of the monitor of the chassis so when the chassis is inserted on the frame it's the big monstrous 
usually gray. I think everyone ever seen is gray. Yeah, gray cap on the left side of the of the chassis. Yeah, and the fuse in question is uh, is definitely F nine hundred one. It's the three amp. Uh, it's the three amp fuse is what it is. So if that fuse is blown, yeah. you've you've got a good chance. And even honestly, if you discharge the chassis and you disconnect, you take it out of the frame. Don't touch the solder side. Yeah, don't touch the solder side because uh, chances are that cap is still holding a charge. It's still holding a charge. And then it will then discharge through you is yeah. what it will do. Now... All that being said, you know, if, if, if the if the fuses are good, chances are you're not going to run into a problem because that filter cap has, has bled off through the fuse when you did the discharge and everything is a-okay. But I still discharge that cap, Brent, just to be safe, okay? But if the fuse is blown, then you've definitely got a scenario where you need to discharge that filter cap. The way that I do it, and I, I was not aware of this method until I did some research on cloth, but uh, Ed Lutz and Ken Layton both have uh, have coined uh, essentially the light bulb method. And what I, what I have done is I got an old shop light and I cut the end of the cord off, okay, where the plug end is. And then I soldered on two alligator clips. And then, uh, of course, you know, they the boots on them and everything like that so that you can handle them. And then I clip those two alligator clips onto the bottom of that filter cap. And then the light will light. And then it will uh, light until that charge is bled off. And then you will not hurt yourself by yes. doing that. Definitely keep an eye out for that. Because like yes. Whitney said, if you touch the solder side, you will become... <laughs> You'll get a bite. Yeah, you will become the bridge between the, the positive and the negative side of that cap. And it will, you know, I've heard of people accidentally brushing it with their hand. I've heard of people taking it out of the a chass, a frame rather that was on a bench and yeah. setting it on their lap for a moment while uh-huh. they're doing reaching for something else, and it it discharges through their leg through their leg yeah and the thing about it is you may think well okay well i've worked on sanyos i've worked on you know wells gardner and stuff like that and different monitors i don't have to take this precaution what makes the geo7 specific and it's because of just the way it's laid out electrically yeah, and because and because it's fused in certain spots on the chassis and in this particular scenario a fuse sits ahead of that filter cap so that's just the way that you have to do it yeah, so just just something yeah. to look out for. Yep. So like I said, if if the flyback looks good to me, if um, all the fuses are good, and, and give them a quick visual visual inspection, you know, maybe hit them with uh, the diode test on a meter, see if they beep out. I, I don't trust that when anything is still, you know, mounted to the PCB per se, in case there's another path between point A and point B. But um, you know, honestly, I'll put them on a tube and I'll fire them up and see what they do, just because I'm just kind of interested to see if if it's going to need a straight up cap kit, or if I instantly realize I've got other issues. Yeah. And you know, honestly, the cap kit is your first line of defense because. You can air quotes fix a lot of things that aren't just like well the screen won't align or I've got a hum bar. You know the caps do all kinds of things through all of the circuits, and if yes. you've got one that's completely failed and you don't realize it, it compromises everything else. It, too. Exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, don't sweat maybe a dead chassis. Uh, <laughs> as some archaic problem until you've done the very basic cap kit on it and, and you know it's bad to say but with the geo7 because because of everything that brent and i've talked about thus far and everything that we'll cover you don't 
I don't see any reason to not shotgun the thing. You yeah, know? I do. I do. It's just shotgun it and be done with it. I mean, the cab kit is easy. It's very inexpensive, and chances are it needs it anyway. So I, just I don't even go. know. It's it's almost like self defeating. I don't even know why. I just I plug them up. I just like I wonder if this thing still sure. works. Oh well, and I think that's a valid thing. It, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's. I mean, it's just me. I don't yeah. know. So when you do your cap kits, I've. I've got enough caps on hand where honestly I don't have to compile a kit, but yeah. a lot of times I, I, if I'm getting an order from Bob, I'll throw a couple of kits in there because there's something to be said for, for paying that extra buck or two over the cost of the price of the, the caps themselves to have someone just assemble everyone I need for that monitor in, in a, a bag, bag, in a bag, that's la- right. you know, labeled with, with location numbers. That's exactly right. So I know Bob's kit He'll uh, he'll have the bipolars in it, and he'll note that. And there's a couple bipolar caps in a Geo Seven. There's one at three hundred one, and there's one at five twenty, and they're both the same value, a three point three mic. What a bipolar is, uh, it it does not have a positive or negative de- designation like all of your other caps. So, all you, of, so you cannot put it in back. Correct. Yes. Your your typical electrolytic cap, your general electrolytic cap is polarized. There's a positive side and a negative side, and that actually comes into play on the next point for the GO7. Bipolars, it doesn't matter. There's not a positive or negative. It's important to realize how they're marked, so you know that's the bipolar cap. It'll either have an NP for not polarized or a BP for bipolar, okay? And, you know, you, you can look, if you look at the leads of a, of a capacitor one will be longer one will be shorter and that'll does that into itself designates the positive and the negative side the bipolar caps that i've seen they've still got that same longer shorter lead and i'm sure it has to do with the way they're producing a factory you know the machine's loaded this way so we'll just run the legs the same it's on the body of the cap it's on the plastic so if you see np or bp you know that means non-polar bipolar geo7 is not the only monitor that has that so it's kind of something to keep an eye out for as you're yeah. doing other chassis yeah San Diego's are the same way they, they oh yeah they've, they've, they've got, got some they've don't got they? some as well yep. yes c302 and again don't worry about these numbers We're, we can stick all this in the show notes it's well documented it's just good to hear it all in one place it's good you're right and yeah. as you're starting to do work um it'll come to mind yeah there's a note on i know bob's cap list and, and i can't remember if it's just a note in the general like note section or if it's actually noted on the particular cap but c302 is is has the polarity marked incorrectly on the solder side of the geo7 chassis so if you look at one side negatives on one pin if you look at the other side negatives on the other pin <laughs> i don't trust any of it yeah so honestly I know some people that that do these enough where they can pretty much drop all the caps out and hand stuff all the caps and then solder all in one shot. I do not me. No, no, <laughs> no I, I don't even try. I, I don't, don't, I, no, I'll go through and I'll solder a bunch in one shot. I'll just lay the legs out so they stay in. Well, yeah, I, I'll do that. But I do change caps one, one at, at a time. time. That's exactly right. And what I do is I don't. I pull one and right behind it, it's its replacement goes in so i know yep. that i got the polarity correct and that's exactly right and i'll stick them through and then i'll bend the legs out so so that they so that they hold yeah i'll do all my soldering in one fell swoop but i do my unsoldering and, and replacements and one at a time and replacements one at a time that's right so on the back edge of the chassis so the chassis picture it in the monitor in the frame you're looking toward the neck of the tube from the back mm-hmm. on that edge 
closest to you is a metal shield. It's where the adjustment pots are. Yeah, it's yeah. directly behind the adjustment pots. There's an IC under there that has to do with, uh, if memory serves, I think it's uh, sync and maybe the, the horizontal retrace or something like that. It's been a while. Regardless, there's an IC under there and it's shielding for the IC. There's also caps under it. So if if you don't have a cap map, and what a cap map is is basically a picture of the layout of the board, and it's been noted for the ca- uh, capacitor location so they stand out. If you don't have a cap map and you're doing, you're like, well, where do all these little caps go? Well, there's several under that shield. Yeah, you have to unsolder the shield from the bottom, pop it off, replace the caps, put the shield back on. So, just kind of something to keep in mind. That shield does have to come off to a, a complete kit, yeah. a cap kit. Yep. Now, there's something called the Sync Mod, and kits like Bob Roberts provide instructions for this. They're, they're all over the internet as well. More or less, there's a, a little modification you can do in the Sync section to make the Geo 7 uh, a little happier with modern era games, yeah. stuff like up into the JAMA, you know, the JAMA uh, range of games. Yeah. So, you know, if you're... If you're recapping a cat, uh, recapping a cap, if you're recapping a monitor that's coming out of your pack or your burger time or whatever, and you're gonna put it right back in, you probably don't care because it's, you know, you, you can tell on the by the screen burn it had it had no sync issues for it decades. Was, it was running fine. Yeah. Yes. You might not care. I tend to always do it. I always do it. I always do it. Basically, yes. you're unsoldering. Um, one of the little disc caps out of the section you're moving it someplace you're putting a, a an electrolytic in it's just a, a quick move I honestly i've never even looked at the circuit layout to see what they're trying to change it's one of those just accepted as rule yeah but i mean bob explains it on his site but and you read through it and i've seen it um i've also seen it discussed in very technical terms on clove mm-hmm. but at the same point it's like listen it's such a well-known thing to do and it's common it's like universally accepted mm-hmm. i don't even really know that i need to understand it yeah. i just need to know what to do to achieve it you know and that's and it gets done on everyone that i touch so yeah same here yeah. um i i do it even if like i said even if i took a monitor right out of a game that's always had that monitor in it and i know it works yep and i'm going to put it right back in it i still do it so yeah something to keep in mind uh we'll have links in the show notes to bob's robert's cat map for the geo 7 as well as his notes which will cover that sync mod and that sync mod is also on his cap sheet if you buy a cap kit from him yes yeah yeah fly back and this goes back to what you're talking about whitney about like bulletproofing it yeah the the flybacks on these are (laughs) they're weak they're weak (laughs) i mean weak uh, and and i'm guessing you know i see a lot with an original flyback the original flybacks are kind of like this cream color you know you you can tell because it'll be it'll it'll have some wear and some dirt and some age on it just like the the rest of the chassis all the replacements i want to say are that i've seen are gray Mm -hmm. but the factory ones are this cream color and you know there must be something in them in terms of uh whatever epoxy or whatever was used in that case that just breaks down over time and they get to looking nasty yeah and and i think it's more age than use because you know i've i've had geo7s that come out of packs and the packs you can tell we're on 24 hours forever and ever because of the screen burn yeah and it has the flyback in it 
and it's not uncommon for that flyback if the game is set for a long time a year two three five whatever you know the flyback won't last it'll yeah. just it'll just erupt all over itself well, so the, the thing is, is i mean if you're going to do all the caps on the they chassis, were stable in the day but time isn't been their friend that's, that's what that, i'm trying to say and, yeah. and that's true and the thing about it is if you forego the flyback but you cap the chassis then you have completely changed you know the operating specs from end to end on the chassis and because the the components haven't aged in the same you know at the same rate so now you're running a flyback with 30 years of of use on it and brand new caps it'll cause it'll cause something it'll cause a failure or it'll lead to a failure you know i, I had a a, a geo7 cao mm-hmm. that i did once I just capped it out and I had sat on my bench and it didn't run 10 minutes <laughs> and it, the, it just blew the flyback yeah. it was gone yeah and yeah. you know some people i'm not an ee if you're an electrical engineer maybe you can help me with this some people say well you just brought everything into spec and you're making this old 30 year old flyback work harder and it's done yeah and to that's me, how i've always seen it explained yeah and but you know to me it's not mechanical it's not moving it's not physically wearing i've always looked at it as uh age has not been good to the the materials in it and it has broken down and that's what's caught up with it Uh you know because the chassis i had for all i knew it hadn't been it hadn't been on in 20 years yeah and it sat on a shelf in an old warehouse somewhere yeah and you know it got hot for 10 minutes and you know it had broken down over time and you know boom bob's your uncle in the basement stinks well that's true and and that may and i'm not an e either and so i, I can't i don't even play one on tv uh, the exactly, show got canceled exactly <laughs> exactly the way that i look at it or the way that i i guess kind of justified in my mind it's about like uh replacing one heater hose on your car or replacing one headlight on your car yeah chances are if you just replace one heater hose then uh the problem will migrate to the weakest part of the the, the link you know the weakest link in the chain and another heater hose will go out a radiator hose will go out same same with your light with your headlights man if you have one go out and you just replace that one it seems like the other one that was not replaced is very is is due to be soon replaced behind. very soon behind it, it the, the entire chassis has to work as a system okay and it just feels like if if you're refreshing part of the chassis and leaving another part of the system especially the one that deals with such high voltage it just seems like it it just increases the propensity for failure yeah so it definitely you know just replace the flyback yeah, just I mean, just yeah just don't don't even i think tend about to it. get the it. whole the whole kit from yeah. bob i know i'm a bob roberts fan i bought a lot of stuff from him a lot of the vendors offer the same thing yeah you know the flybacks i'm sure they all come from the same place they're all wound in china yep um, i'm sure that's the case but you know like i said i i'll the the, the geo7 is very common and it's easy to work on but it tends to be the most expensive to rebuild because it needs a twenty dollar flyback, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and four dollars worth of caps yes. versus four dollars worth of caps. Exactly. Uh, the hot, the hor- um, horizontal output transistor. Yes. So generally, the thought is is to replace it if the flybacks failed. The flyback's gone. It's you know over uh, it's overdrawn the hot the hot shorts the fuse blows and you know you're doing a whole deal honestly i have never found on a geo7 a bad hot a bad hot yeah and I, I, people are probably going to be cringing out there but 
I've gotten to the point where I don't replace it anymore unless it's shorted. Well, I mean, here's the thing: it comes in the kit, and yeah. I replace it because it's in the kit, you know, and because you're replace you're replacing a known, a, a, essentially a known wear item, uh, electrically a known wear item that's thirty years old. Yeah. So I, I mean, I you say, can argue say, both ways. Why not? I, I got to the point where I was like. Am I just wasting a new, a good new part? Well, there, and, and there it was is like a test. Thought. It was like a test, and I, I haven't had any problems. But that's me. And as soon as I say this, you know, I'll, I'll turn on the arcade, and one of them will blow. Well, the thing that I do is I realize that the ones that I'm pulling out are probably not bad. I save them. Yeah, and I've, I've got put, some old. I've, I've got them labeled, and I put them in a small peanut butter jar without the peanut butter and uh <laughs> and uh and then i just label it and keep that's it no fun <laughs> yeah it's no fun of fishing it out why does your monitor smell like peanuts <laughs> smells like a pb and j man <laughs> is that is it uh smells like i'm at the ballpark is yeah it? yeah is it hot, hot nuts yeah hot peanuts. Are, are, are you a jiffy or a peter pan guy yeah. but you know think about it is jiffy all day long but the thing about it is is um it's it's just one of those things. It's like, listen, if if one of them fails, then I've got a nice little ample backup supply yeah. to go to without going and buying even more of them. But I replace it because it's in the kit. So that's where we'll split. You yeah. know, my, right now I'm not. If they're not shorted, yeah, I, I put the new one in the box and I just I roll with it. Yeah. But I, I see Whitney's side of it because I've done that. Yeah, yeah. With coil, I already mentioned the with coil. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, um, I find them broken more often than not. The one that's on here is the only thing that's left is the coil, the plastic inner body, and everything is gone. They're inexpensive. Uh, they're common. They're yeah. easy to get. All the vendors have them. Four or five bucks, man. I think is does. Yeah, you're, you're there in a pinch. When I've not had one, and the body's been, you know, the plastic body has been there and hanging on by a thread. Uh, or the coil itself has been hit, the whole thing's been hit and the coils kind of opened up. Yeah, I have pushed them back together and hot glued them in uh-huh. a pinch until I could get apart. And then, like I said, if the body, the the plastic inner body, the sleeve with the the slug that you move up and down the ferrite, so if that's missing and just the coil is there, you can power the monitor up just for testing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah, fine. It, it ain't gonna hurt nothing. Hey, I mean, for what little adjustment you get out of it, it's not. It just won't be that. It just won't be adjustable there. You know. So, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't let that stop you if you're trying to get a little further along and tuning something and waiting for that part. Yeah. Uh, reflow headers on it. You know, you've got a handful of headers. You've got the headers for the video, uh, uh, the video input. You know, and the sync input. So, I, you know, I touch them up. Typically, that cable is just dangling in the monitor, and you know, it's the, the game gets moved around. That it gets jarred. The cable swings. You know, you add thirty years to it, and it's it's likely you could the solder joints could crack. Yeah. You've also got the the pin connectors for the uh, uh, the yoke connection. So you know, anywhere there's generally, and this is a good rule of thumb, generally anywhere where you've got one of those a connector for some satellite connection, some satellite a ca- part, a cable pull. Yeah. How about that exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like to go through, and I, I like to reef. Uh, to reflow all those definitely it's well worth it well worth it so here's some interesting things to look out for and and i I went back and i actually tried to find other places this was documented online because this is one like one of like the little dirty little secrets of the of the geo7 yes but there's a couple resistors that are incorrectly loaded from the factory it's very very common yeah okay yeah and uh I, I couldn't find a lot on it. I had to go back to an original note that I had that was actually given to me by someone else. And the, 
the like I said, this is going to be in the notes, but it's uh, three fourteen and three seventeen, and we'll see some. See some came from the factory with incorrect resistors. I'm reading my notes here. Should be three hundred ninety ohm quarter watts. So here's the thing to do: yeah. just make a Mouser order, get yeah, throw them, throw them in your next order with Mouser or DigiKey or something like that. And just have them there and just swap them out. You know, I, I look at it, Brent, on every chassis that I, on every Geo Seven that I've done, I've I found more times than not, I found them to be incorrect, and yep. I just main, I just maintain a little inventory of those two resistors, and I just swap them out and just be done with it. Exactly. And yeah. where I came across it was, I'm sure, was trying to use a Geo Seven on a little newer game than than you typically found them back in the quote-unquote classic era you know yep. pack and galaxian and galaga and berserk and you know games newer than that like a jamma game yeah. or something later pre just you know post classic pre jamma something yeah that's i think that's where i came across it and then one of my one of my buddies was like well did you know about and i'm like no i didn't <laughs> so you know i knew about the sync mod and all this so you know just, just something to keep in mind if you're fighting if you're trying to build a game from basically component parts and it's a semi-modern game and you're having sync issues definitely you know hopefully this will spring to mind you know where to come back and look and you can check out 314 and 317 and see what's in them. Yeah. Another very common thing that I run into is vertical collapse. Okay? <laughs> yes. So Google yep, yep. this. I, I'm not going to link it, <clears throat> but Google, if you haven't come across the phenomenon that is monitor flow charts. And the reason I'm not going to link it is, as I understand it, the origin of the monitor flow charts was Randy Fromm. Yeah. And you've probably heard us talk about Randy. Uh, Randy has had in the past just just tons of documentation and, and books, and he actually had classes and the like having to do with game repair, mm -hmm. whether it was video, uh, he did a lot of slot machine stuff. So he would come up with a flow chart to diagnose the most common issues with the more common monitors. And, you know, this this is actually documented in the flow chart, but for the longest time, rightfully so, Randy was very protective of his IP. And I think we've gotten to the point now where Randy himself actually has all of his old videos out on YouTube, that said, I'm, you know, it, it's Randy's IP. It's Randy's intellectual property. If you Google it and you find somebody else, someone out there that's hosting it, good on you. Yeah. But if you follow his flow chart, you basically come to two options. You come to vertical output transistors, and then you come to this, this phenomenon, I'm keep using that word, in the in the vertical circuit called a fusible resistor <laughs> and they're odd they're odd looking uh beings as well aren't they yeah actually yeah. pull that pull that neck board off there you can see it no 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 that's not it nope it's uh right i'm gonna it's right here as i move away from the mic people can't see this see that little resistor right there it's a little oh. it's a two watt oh that's the one you're talking about yeah. see i was thinking of this one and then this one right here no no yeah. it's okay so it, it's a different one so right in the so right smack in the middle of the chassis is a <laughs> is a point to stuff that as people, can't, people see. can't see yeah there are a couple um uh heat sinks that stand up just little pieces of metal kind of one's l-shaped and one's kind of 
like a straight S kind of a shape. And the vertical output transistors are mounted right on those heat sinks. So actually tilt that toward me, Whitney. So on the one toward the front of the chassis, you'll see a small white sand block resistor, okay? And that's, that is the aforementioned fusible resistor, and it's at location FR401. You know what's good about this, though? What? You can find this fusible resistor in a TV chassis as well that that aren't just like a G07 chassis. Oh, you can? Yeah, because on several TVs that I've taken apart, I have found that exact resistor on those chassis. Oh, you and I'll, have? And I'll desolder them and put them in my little parts inventory. Oh, that's cool. Yes, I nice have. to know. Yes. See, well, basically what that is, is it's a flame-proof resistor. And, and long ago, I read the tech on it, and I can't remember what what has to, what it's trying to protect, but the idea is, is if it pulls more than the two watts it's rated at, it just burns up. It goes open. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you don't want to just shove in a 68-ohm 60, sand block resistor like a 5-water because you're... No. You're defeating fire, fire hazard. You're defeating the purpose of why it's there, the the quote unquote sa- safety that it provides. And it wasn't important for this discussion to try to re research what it was trying to protect. No. The key thing there is is that any Geo Seven that I've had that's gone into straight vertical collapse, that resistor is open. Okay. And it's not that it's it's done its job and protected something, because every one I've found open, I desolder a leg and just check it, and it will it will be open. It'll be infinite resistance. I just replace it, and it fires up. Yeah. So whether it's an age thing, it's um, it's an expansion and contraction thing, and the legs break internally, which I think is more the case because wiggle that resistor, Whitney. It's not on solid no. solid legs. No, it's not. It's almost like it has. Uh, two wires coming out either side uh-huh. and then it, it it's it, actually it, suspended up off the board it wiggles it feels fragile yeah it feels fragile yes it does so so my guess is is that over time expansion and contraction a lot of heat cycles that wire probably breaks somewhere yeah. in there and you know it you get in, you get into vertical collapse yeah yeah, for sure. Now, I've actually just gone through and had to find these on, on Mauser, and you know I'll get the link out in the show notes. There's a modern replacement for it, and basically all that you need is a 68-ohm, 2-watt, flame-proof resistor. Okay, and flame-proof is important because if it ever has to do its job, a normal resistor will flame. Yeah. You know, if you've ever seen an Atari AR2 where, you know, it's gotten into like an overdraw situation and then that feedback circuit burns the resistor up and burns a hole in the board. Yeah, that's why you don't want to put a standard resistor in here. Yeah. Anyway, moral of the story, vertical collapse. Everyone I've ever had, and I'm speaking, like I said, from my experience, everyone I've ever had has been that resistor. FR401, that little sand block resistor. Um, actually, I was just helping a gentleman on one of the Facebook groups. He was in vertical collapse, and he was getting a lot of good suggestions. And I said, hey, before you do it, unsolder a leg. Sure enough, it was open. So, you know, pretty common in these things. I'm sure it's only going to get more and more common as, as they get older. As they get older, yeah. That's exactly right. You're probably better off just to replace it, you know, and just just you get know, a new one and swap it. I, I thought I had a bag of of, of 
quote unquote modern replacements and I didn't. Yeah. So that's why I just hunted hunted the part number back up and I threw it into my project for next orders yeah. and, and I'm probably gonna get to the point where I do that. Yeah. I just replace them yeah. as I go. Just yeah. the standard fare. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've done. I've just ordered them from Mauser and just have them on hand. So um the B plus setting. So what what is Oh the B plus. Yes. Yeah, so what what is B plus? B plus is basically you're setting the the power supply section of the monitor so that when it takes the AC current and converts it to DC, you're setting the DC level, uh, the DC rail, if you will, will that drives the rest of the monitor, okay? And, and it, you want it at a specific place. And on the Geo 7, you want it at 120 volts. I'm going to provide a link to Bob's site with a picture of where to test it. And you can test it a couple different places on the chassis. The e, where do you test it? Do you know right off? Yeah, yeah Whitney's going to point to the chassis that no one can see. That's that's exactly right. So where I test it is at this test point right back here, and it is I have to have a light, Brent. So if you're looking, I'm sorry, but if you're looking at the left side of the chassis, right where the uh, the power cord cable goes into it, mm-hmm. it's just behind that. Just behind that, but that that there is a test point that feeds right off right off of the b plus line and you can just clip an alligator clip right there and test the b plus voltage. so where i test it you is can also test it right on that, that on that lug right on there. that lug right there so yes. on the left side of the chassis there's like a piece of black <laughs> that no metal one can, that no one can yeah, see that no one can see so as you're looking at the back <laughs> yeah, of the chassis Brent, we're, we're so good at this it's, it's unreal and, and, and again that's why i said I, i'm don't try to memorize this. We're going to provide the links. Yes. The link for this, Bob has a picture. Yes. On the left side of the chassis, there's a piece of metal, like a metal frame. Attached to that metal frame is a big white sandblock resistor. It's a yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. A, it's you a can't huge miss resistor. it. You can, you won't miss it. The lug farthest away from the back, you can you can put a probe on and test yeah. it for 120 volts. And yes. there's a pot on the chassis. The moral of the story here is, is yeah, this is a very visual thing. The moral of the story is, is realize that you should do it. Oh, <laughs> yes, you should do it, especially after you've capped the chassis. Yeah, because yeah, if, yes. if, if the monitor was acting kind of funky back in the day as, as parts started to drift, some tech in a bowling alley may have stuck a meter on it and dialed the, the uh the uh, b plus up a bit so the monitor would behave and it and left it yeah and now here you are all these years later correcting correcting it and you've got to dial it back down yeah so the, the only thing that i'll add to that is as you said it should be set at 120 volts okay that's uh, that's i guess quote unquote by the book what i have found though is even after doing a total chassis service Sometimes I've had to dial it up to like right around 121 in order to get the curl to uh, in order for in order for the horizontal sink adjustment to take all of the very last bit of the curl out of the picture. Okay, I didn't yes. realize that. Yes, yes. So now, are you talking about, do you get a curl like on the upper left-hand on side? On the upper left-hand side, just at the very, very top, Brent. And if it, when the B-plus is set at, let's say, 119 or 120... I have to keep this in no, mind. No matter, what, no matter how much I twist on the horizontal sink, that curl, it wants to straighten up, and then it just goes right back. But I have... And, and my Rally X is... My Rally X is is why this is fresh in my mind in order for me to get 100 percent of the curl out of that picture and that's after i did the curl mod or the sync mod yeah okay we talked about earlier that's after okay i had to set the b plus at 121 
and then I could adjust the horizontal sink, and the curl came right out of it, and it's been rock solid. So, and let me explain real quick the curl to make sure people understand this because yes. this that curl, and I, and I, I do want to say something about the curl mod here in just a minute, but go okay. ahead. That curl yeah. seems to be the the like the final thing that is always the 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 one thing it's, you're trying to adjust the, out of the, a GL7. It's the unicorn that you just cannot catch. Right. Yes. So if you're imagine imagine a horizontal game, not a vertical game like Pac-Man. Imagine a game where your axis, your long axis oh, is left like, or right. Like, like Rally like X. Like Rally X. Yeah, like, like Rally X. Yeah. The curl is going to be at the top of the screen uh-huh. and you're going to see it most often on the left so imagine that left hand side of the screen from the bottom of the bottom left hand corner you're going to shoot up straight as an arrow and then in that last inch or so all of a sudden it's going to hook over and curl hook over and curl to the left yeah Yeah. exactly and that's where you're constantly kind of squirreling with pots and everything trying to get that it's frustrating it's frustrating it's very frustrating because you no matter what you do you're always so so close and even if you just back the screwdriver off or i'm sorry the plastic adjustment tool off and just let it sit there and climatize you'll watch the curl just ever so slowly just creep back into it just work its way back in it's frustrating that's a note that's a good note right there you said climatize when you're when you're trying to do your final adjustments i'll you need to let the monitor warm up a good 15 minutes yeah it's in 15 minutes for sure i'll hit the b plus right off just to make sure (laughs) it didn't run burn itself make sure it didn't run at like 130 yeah because it's you know it's trying to run the monitor based on that 130 volt dc rail yeah i'll check it right off and then i just let it sit and do whatever that's a that's a very good call and then 15 20 minutes later i'll I'll re-hit the b plus and i'll start adjusting my colors and all my everything else and then i generally hit the b plus one time real quick on the way out so to speak yeah Yeah, because you know let's say the b plus is sitting at like 108 or 112 will the monitor run chances are it'll run but it's not going to but it's not running within spec per se so mm-hmm. so yeah you want to set, set it there the, the only thing that i wanted to say about the sync mod or the curl mod brent is that bob includes in his kit okay at c303 he includes a uh, a 10 mic 50 volt cap okay to um to replace that to go in that spot as part of the quote the sync the sync mod okay mm-hmm. what I, and and I only found this by doing some research on Clove okay but uh, the general consensus is is that ten microfarad cap is not enough and Bob says you can replace it with ten to twenty two and most everything that I've read on Clove says don't do 10 don't do 15 do 22 right out of the gate and so um for the last couple geo7s i worked on i as part of my uh digikey or digikey mouse or it doesn't matter where you get them but as part of your order i did order a small quantity of 22 microfarad 50 volt caps and that's what i've been using and and i it seems it seems like the the chassis responds to that very well because like i say the last couple i've been able to adjust all of the curl out and it has stayed out See, you almost wonder, you know, I said earlier, the if you're going to pull a, a chassis, a Geo 7 out of a game that you know it's always had it because you're looking at it and there's screen burn on it for that game, mm-hmm. whether it came out of that cabinet or another cabinet of the same game, you're like, well, this thing worked for decades. 
or yeah. however long it took to burn it. Whatever. You, you got to wonder if back in the day it worked, but it had a curl exactly. or it had a whatever. Well, see, and, and that's just it. And people just didn't care because yeah. because it was Pac-Man. And so a little curl, a little curl at the bottom of that screen, you might notice it in the first fruit, but otherwise you're not going to notice it at all, you know? Um, so maybe you would never see the curl, even though the, the curl is there. It's just black, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I, again, I, I go through and do these mods to every Geo 7, regardless of whether the mods are halfway done uh, or whether the, the game needs it or not. It, this is just a good thing to do to the Geo 7. But once you've gone through this process and done all of these, quote-unquote, uh, housekeeping items to the Geo 7, I mean, Brent, I, I know the 4600 produces a very beautiful picture, but, dude, you got to give the Geo 7 props. Oh, no, it, it does. It produces a beautiful I, picture. I can't figure out. You know, th- This is a perfect example of you give two people the same task and let them work on that task on on their own yeah and you know the inputs and the outputs may be the same they may both accomplish the task but the the process they use to accomplish which they do is is completely different different. yeah and when you look at how the geo 7 does what it does and it basically does the exact same thing a 4600 does and the layout is much simpler the uh, um uh, it's it's just it's just much simpler overall. Yeah, it's like it why would you why would you put all these vertical cards in here and why would you have all these points of failure and why would you do this when you can accomplish the same thing in the same footprint <laughs> as the main G- board with a Geo Seven? Yeah, and I know the Geo Seven doesn't get a lot of respect, and I think it's because a lot of people view it as just you know uh, maybe unreliable, maybe unsophisticated, maybe worrisome or troublesome or whatever. But honestly, Brent, I think we've covered off on about everything yeah. to do to the Geo 7. I'd, I'd be interested in the history of it, yeah. if anybody knows it. Because like the 4600 we were talking about, if you look at the, the main chassis on a 4600, you can see where all the things that aren't there go. Yeah. Basically, it's a depopulated television chassis. Yeah. I almost wonder, I know, and we always say that about these monitors, I almost wonder if... Look at the Geo Seven. The C- CBO. Uh-huh. There is no extra space for a tuner or anything. A no. sound section. No. Uh, well, a lot of those might have been satellite on a television. You know, a separate PCB. Yeah. I wonder if that's the genesis of the Geo Seven. Hey, look, I'm just going to take a signal and display it. So that's why yeah. everything's done in a much simpler format. Yeah, you need an arcade monitor. Here's your arcade yeah. monitor. You, you've got yeah. this signal, and you need it to display. Yeah, I got the thing that goes in the middle. <laughs> this is this is how it happens. Yeah, this is the glue. Yeah, I, they're imminently um, they're imminently reliable, and I, like I say, I, I think I think they're a good chassis. I, I do. It, but does it get all the respect that it deserves? Probably not. You know, I, you, if you read on Clav, the consensus is like split 50-50. Dude, a lot of people do not like the Geo 7 at all. I The only th- the only monitor I truly I don't like is uh, um, of the mainstream monitors, and it's not because there's a problem with it. It's just because it's a pain in the backside to work on is a Sanyo. Yeah. I mean, it's just a pain to take apart. It is a pain to take apart. You're but exactly I, right. Other, you know, but I mean, it produces a great picture when it's all said and done, oh, a too. Be- a beautiful yeah. picture. Yeah, beautiful picture. So, okay, so that covers the Geo Seven and how to take a monitor that you know save you some money. Take a monitor that a lot of people think is dead. Uh, you know, I might have to send the chassis and have someone to fix it. it hopefully, that kind of kickstarts you 
and repairing it or maybe you've picked up a few things uh and you're already repairing yeah you know save you a few dollars because maybe you know like i said bring some stuff in house instead of farming it out exactly now that is completely opposite of what we're about to do which which is is, spin burns money exactly yeah (laughs) so brent we're at the part of the show that uh well i know i'm not gonna be spending my money on this first thing that's exactly right but it is worth mentioning yeah we're at the part of the show that uh that is always one of my favorites because we get like like I say, we get to look at what's going on out in the arcade and pinball community as far as new parts and stuff, and new parts, new art, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, let's kind of talk through these. The first one is, uh, Brent, <laughs> I, I never thought I would see one of these actually become available, but there is uh, now a pre-order running for a new Journey cassette interface board. And... You know, it's one of those things. I mean, you either have to have a journey or be building a journey, I suppose, in order to really have a lot of use for this. But uh, Dan Reed Photo on Clove is working with Paradise Arcade Shop, and they're going to uh, they're they're going to uh, do these boards, and it allows you know for uh, an integrated MP3 player, which uh, by their count says provides higher quality audio than previously possible with the original equipment. So it's uh, <laughs> I mean, it's neat. If I had a journey. Any interest in a journey or was building a journey? Uh, I mean, I'd have to get one of these. I have to get one of these. I mean, I think you can. I think you could use a series of cassette players. I, I, I want to say that at some point in time, I remember reading that a lot of the cassette players of the day had a standard infa- interface for remote control. And you know, I see cassette players all, honestly even to this day all the time at, at thrift stores. Oh yeah. They're, they were made by the bajillions, so I'm sure you can get them off eBay for almost nothing. The Journey board is an MCR2 board, so if you if you pull a board from, if you get a board off eBay or from a, a fellow collector for any Tron, of those games, Tron, Tron we talked about Saint, Saint Hollow, Do, my yeah. Domino Man, yeah. uh, Two Tigers, um, any, I mean. Tapper. Tapper. Yeah. Uh, timber. Yeah, Timber. You, you're a ROM swap away from Journey. Yeah. And then if you, you that mythological interface board is what you need. Then, you need here, it. It, then yeah. here it is. You know, you're good to go. Uh, speaking of Tapper, though, the next thing I wanted to cover off on Brent was um, this is a Clove user, Mark L. He's in Chicago, and I've, I've talked to Mark quite a bit, and just, you know, and, and just doing a little bit of research on this and uh, some items for uh, some items for, for 720 as well. And uh, Mark is the gentleman who uh, who does the reproduction uh, 720 cabinets, too, and just does a just a fan, fantastic job on these uh, or on those. But uh, he has produced color Budweiser and root beer tapper side art. And in talking with him, he is also cutting reproduction tapper uh, cabinets as well. And he's um, he, he's got some pictures uh, in the cloth thread and just kind of looking through this i mean it looks be- it just looks beautiful 199 dollars plus 12 to ship and you can have your tapper looking uh i hate to say this brent but mighty dapper <laughs> man isn't that horrible Gosh. i just i can't believe i went there but mighty dapper yeah. tapper this, oh boy! This yes. is the next one you've got is pretty cool. This is it looks oh no! Like, I'm buying some of these, man. Yeah, this looks like you said it's from back in 2014, and you missed this somehow. Yeah, and and you know something, man. Here's the thing: I went back and looked at this thread, and it's like, oh, I remember reading this, but for whatever reason, it never made it into the show notes. Okay, and we never talked about this, but yeah, dude. It, it, 
read through this. This is un- this this is great. So it's a battery eliminator module replaces commonly used RAM chips such as the 5101 60 you know series of RAM chips. These modules eliminate the need for a battery and prevent corrosion due to electrochemical migration caused by having a constant voltage on the PCB battery. Yes. So, you know, if you've got a game that I'm looking at this because 5101 is used in Defender. I think it's 5101. It is. Yeah, I, that, I know that would be Defender. I know it's used in several pinballs, and actually here's some notes here, like the Bally-17, Bally-35 CPUs, Williams Systems 3466A7. Um, Look at the 6514. It's using Stargate, Sinistar, Robotron, Joust, Joust 2. So these are, these are basically the RAM chips that, store like your high score save tables and your settings yeah yeah all your housekeeping settings exactly so this this one little module replaces the ram chip and and the the batteries and the batteries right so so here's the thing um when i first saw this back in 2014 these had just come out and there wasn't a lot of feedback on them but looking through the thread now there has been feedback even as of this month in october 2015 and the overwhelming consensus on these brent is that these uh these modules are the real deal they work and they work really really well that's nice yes yes and now here's the only thing though they're 16 bucks a module. Now, the the gentleman who is um, who has I guess well kind if you, if you of came got up a, with this if, you, if you're a pin guy because yeah, I know I, we haven't done a lot of pin talk this yeah if you've you got need, a, you need these if you've got a dash 17 or dash 35 CPU which there's a ton yeah you need or these. a Williams three through seven system and you got a leaky battery and you're you, gonna you, have you to, need these yeah and you're gonna have to replace the holder <laughs> because you got lucky and it didn't get into any components so the quick fix is the batteries yeah. and 16 bucks just, I'll, I'll just say, get rid I'll of all it, it. I'll say it again yeah. you, need, you these. need these yeah, yeah. exactly and I'm looking at my Williams game uh, games probably some Bally games that these will work in as well I know that uh, there was uh, there was a, a few other uh, games mentioned uh, like Gyrus and some of the Centuri games what this is going to make me do now though Brent is go back and look at uh, look at the boards inside my games and see where I can make this fit because um, the seller and he goes by Denikar D E n-i-k-a-r on cloth he does offer he says he offers a bulk discount okay so i'm sure that if i'm going to be ordering eight nine ten whatever of these then i'm sure that the number can be worked down a little bit but hey man this is a great way to get rid of the aa batteries that you find sitting everywhere the holders uh the button cell mods for like all the williams boards and everything like that just do away with all that and, be, and do away with it permanently mm-hmm. and, and just prevent the corrosion and uh, save your boards. I mean, that to me, that's huge. Yeah, uh, Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I've replaced my a uh, handful of of these chips in various form and, forms and fashion, you know, over the years. And it would be it would be nice just to do away with <laughs> all of it. Just do away with all that. You're remote, you know, that's like a housekeeping thing, especially on a pen. You're going to remote mount the battery. Yes. You know, you're going to yeah. do this. You're gonna do, uh, just, let's just get rid of just it. Just get rid of it. And like I say, it, it's worth it. We'll have a link to the thread in the show notes. It's worth reading that thread because people are talking about, you know, over the past year, what's worked, what what these chips have worked in and what hasn't worked but the, like i say i said it earlier i'll say it again the overwhelming consensus is that these work very very well in most everything so that's that's good um, the next up brent is 
something that uh, that will probably only appeal to a certain cross segment of the listener population, but with Major Havoc being so popular of a game, um, you know there there may definitely be some uh, some interest here and wanted to make sure we brought it up. And I, I want I do want to thank Mike Martin uh, at WebDoc90 on Twitter for the heads up for this because he tweeted us and uh, and said, hey you know, guys, if, did you know that this was happening? And at, at that point, I did not. But this is a reproduction Major Havoc. Uh, wiring harness for the upright cabinets and Brent um, if I don't know if you remember but gosh I'd have to look back at our episode wasn't there where, replace wasn't there a, a reproduction there's metal re, work there's reproduction metal work that is true but I'm going back and looking through our episode list where uh, which episode we interviewed um, Luke Dyson who was the gentleman that uh, reproduced the quantum uh, PCBs okay and in talking with, through that interview View, he was also talking about uh, eventually uh, getting the uh, the um, major havoc PCB ready for reproduction okay. as well. Right. So at some point, okay, and I'm I'm going back through and looking through the one note. I brand, mean, you're I, just shy of a cabinet at this point, honestly. That's yes, that's exactly right. So let's see, when was that? Um, ah, crap, uh, this is a more podcast fail right here, and I, <laughs> I apologize, but. Um, I'm sorry. It was episode nine. I'm it, just going to let him flounder. You know, instead of looking, Brent, I should have just done a search because when I did a search, it told me where it was. It was episode nine. So, um, <laughs> my, one, my, my one note foo is not is not as good imagine this late at night. That, but imagine the search actually actually getting you what you need. But nonetheless, uh, yes, you know, you're you said it, Brent. We're really just a cabinet away, for, uh, or close to being a cabinet away from being able to reproduce that entire game. Yeah, so that's 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 neat. So yeah, so that's available from um, let's see, that goes as uh, Golden Age Arcade Parts. They're running the pre-order, uh, and you don't even have to pay up front. Just register for the pre-order, and they'll send you a PayPal invoice, and uh, in a way you go. So I think it's coming out at one hundred and forty dollars, twenty dollars shipping. So I mean, one hundred sixty bucks. That's kind of pricey for a bundle of wire, but it's if it's, you if you want to build one of those games, you got to have that. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta have it for the for what I just went through, and uh, on a less complicated wiring job, I'm sure, with burger time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I, I I'm assuming these are color matched and all. I mean, they're it says reproduction, so I'm assuming they'll have all the right pins, all the right color wire, all the right connectors, you know, all the sub harnesses, everything. Well, he's got, he, close. He's got the main wiring harness and the control panel harness. He does. Ken Falta, uh, the, the proprietor on this, does say the only difference between this reproduction wiring harness and the original is the way that the wire color codes are done. These old harnesses had many different colored striped wires, which nowadays are getting very hard and or expensive to source. Our solution is if you need a black wire with an orange stripe on it, we run a black wire with the same gauge wire as the original and attach orange uh, heat shrink tubing to each end of the wire. So, so still, though, so, I mean, yeah, so you can troubleshoot they, it. You yeah. can troubleshoot it because they've reproduced the scheme they, without without sourcing all of the original color-coded mm-hmm. wire. So, so the long answer to your question is yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, next up, Brent, is Pinball Magazine number three. And uh, I don't know if you have uh, have read or seen Pinball Magazine number one or number two, but this thing is, Brent, this isn't a magazine. This is a book. I mean, it's 260, uh, as listed, 260 glossy pages of pinball Jeez. goodness. Yeah, this That's epi- not a magazine. That's a coffee uh, table yeah, book. Are you looking at the picture in yep. the one note? That's crazy, isn't it? I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite the production. Um, but I have seen these... Uh, I've seen these for sale at Expo uh, last year at Expo. Thumb through it, and it it looks like a coffee table book, not a magazine. So, yeah, that is, so Pinball Magazine number three is uh, is now out for sale, and uh, we'll have a link to the Pinside thread where you can pick that up. Uh, you can also get it at just pinball dash magazine dot com slash shop, and and you can pick that up. Uh, these next two parts, Brent, are uh, are definitely pinball related as well. I figured you might be interested in these just based upon some of the vintage of the machines that you've. Or worked on or had exposure yeah, to. This is a pretty cool. A Bally Stern, and this is this is from the era where I think Bally created the system, and I, I honestly I can't remember how it all fell out, but Stern basically copied it. Okay. So uh, if memory serves, you can take you know a driver board from a Bally and just swap it right into the Stern, and vice versa. Well, that's you know. handy. Isn't yeah, it? I mean they're yeah. they 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 they're even laid out almost identically, you know, but they they pin <laughs> okay. out equi- the pinouts equivalent. So Bally Stern solenoid driver board output tester. Yeah. And I, I saw this and it just it screamed you you know for <laughs> for some of the games that I know that you've worked on over the years. See, I, I'd have to go in here and pull it, but actually back in the day, I don't know how this works because I, honestly I have not read this. This is the first look at it, but it, there's a little there's a, a a little connector over on the corner of of the solenoid driver board that it looks like this plugs into. Then you drop a couple clips on it, maybe for power or whatever. This looks like it's a reproduction of a little test tool that was made and offered by Bally back in the day. Okay, which there's gotcha. nothing wrong with that. I mean, a lot no, of those, I'm sure that's hard to come yeah, at those, this point. Those tools were made for a reason yeah. since you could take a solenoid driver board and you can basically test it within itself and not have to go through and try to find, okay, well, I'm trying to test this driver where does that equate to on this game yeah you just yeah. you plug the driver board in and you can <laughs> and basically rattle through everything yeah you know yeah. It, it, to me it looks like a time and a step saver yeah. is what it, uh, a modernized version of of a of what was you know envisioned to be a, a time saver yeah so, absolutely yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and if you scroll down a little bit further, Brent, and take a look at take a look at that Playfield Switch interface board. So this says checking interest. Did, it, did they go ahead and produce it? No, not yet. So the same uh, the same gentleman who uh, who did that um, who did that uh, solenoid driver board uh, output tester, he is checking interest for this Playfield Switch interface board. Which in reading through this, um, it, he, he kind of notes this as you know, see if anyone would be interested uh, in in this item. It's based a pass-through board to allow you to connect a playfield switch harness from various manufacturers and convert it to the pinout of other manufacturers. So he's got the pinouts here for for Bally, for Williams, uh, Stern, so on down the line. And I mean, to me, it Gottlieb System One, so on. I, I mean, I don't have use for this, Brent, but it seemed like a novel uh, thing to have in your toolbox. So you convert it to something else. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of so, it's kind of wild. Isn't I it? see inputs for Gottlieb System Eighty, and I'm just looking at the silk screen here. Williams System Three through Seven, uh, Williams Systems Nine and Eleven. Uh, a stern white star williams wpc gottlob system one and you know is this a te- is this a, does this convert or do you plug it in and then use this other header set over here to basically 
make your switches. Now, it looks, te- you know it, what I mean? It looks like it converts because, and I'm just going by what he what he has listed here. Uh, connect a playfield switch harness from various manufacturers and convert it to the pinout of other manufacturers. Now, I, to me, I think it would be uh, somewhat of a specialized use case for that but it's those interesting type of tools though that i think are are worth calling out because it's it's almost to me i look at it and it's like well it's a solution for a problem that i just haven't had but it's still it's still interesting to know that it's kind of like the swiss army knife of of doing those harness conversions i built this for assisting in testing the 64 switch matrix testers not 64 different, but a 64 switch matrix testers I'm building. Uh, rather than have to install them in each machine to test, but th- uh, but theoretically, I think this would allow for you to connect play fields from other manufacturers to a board set, thinking the aftermarket custom pinball dev boards. Okay. This yeah. might be a little bit of a product in search of a of a need. In search of a solution. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, a, it's solution. a solution in search of a need. Uh, it's a solution in search of a problem or in search of a need. Yeah. Yes. But that's not to say that someone would be like, "Oh my gosh, that's the glue I need to to put my widget on my, you know, whatever." Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at it and like I say it's interesting. It's good to know that it's there. I just wanted to bring attention to it because, you know, it, it is it is new for this month, and it's one of those things that it's like, man, if you were doing any type of custom pinball development or game restoration or something like that, um, you know, maybe it's you know, may, maybe it's maybe there's value there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Whitney. All right, so now that you've spent quite a bit of my money, yes, we need to cue that uh, cash register yes. sound there, Brent. And uh, uh, I am uh, my my wallet you're bro- is you're bare. Broke. I am broken. So we might as well I'm broken just, and I'm broke. Yeah, so we might as well uh, while while you're just playing out, busted and laid out, we might as well just talk about some feedback and news because. I thought it was interesting, Brent, when I was looking through the notes, you've you've had a fair amount of feedback on uh, on your segment from, you know, the last episode, last month's episode. And I, I think it'd be good to run, for you to run through that because it was definitely, definitely interesting. And a lot of people seem to identify with it and respond as well. Yeah, they did. So, yeah. All right, Whitney, let us transition into that and All feedback. Right. All right. Sounds All right. good. Whitney, I had quite a bit of feedback from the story I told at the start of last month's episode relating to the multi-game that I had built for my family. Yes, yes. Hopefully all good feedback. It, it was. It yeah, was. Good. It, it, if you haven't listened to that, that segment, if you're new to the show, check back episode 33 and I get into it in the first show segment where Whitney and I are discussing, you know, our our you know our current events and yeah. just kind of happenings in, in life and I, the short of it is is i spoke about this multi-game that i had built for my my family primarily for my mother it was going to go to my mom's house and i kind of talked about as i decided as my sister and i decided what to do with this game is we were removing things from my mom's house as the house was sold my mother had passed away and it it sat here for a while and when the decision was made to go ahead and move the game on it struck me how much this game 
meant to me is one way to put it, but how much, what this game had brought to me, all the people that it had touched, uh, the people that it had brought into my life and, you know, just kind of the changes that, that come, that come with life, the, the changes that come with the passing of a, of a, of a very close family member. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it, I didn't realize it until I got to this magic moment where I, I took the marquee out of it that was personalized for my family. And it, it hit me all the ties that were all the lives, all the, the relationships that, that crossed because of this this game cabinet. So anyway, I, I retold the story and it, it you know, anyone that's listened to it knows that it was a little difficult for me to get through. But it was good though. And, and Whitney didn't know I was going to tell the story. Mm, no, what, no, it completely caught me. It caught me by surprise. And it, it was, well, I, if I didn't say it that that during during the during the show, I looked over the mic and Whitney. I don't know if you knew you were doing this. You were riveted. You were just staring wide eyed, listening oh, yeah, to. Yeah, because you want to see. You're invested. You want yeah, to see oh, where, yeah. where it goes. I, I really argued with myself. I I don't know Whitney that, that honestly that segment was a little bit of a blur I kind of just kind of let it go and I don't know if I said this or not I really argued with myself as to how how deeply I was going to get into the story or if I was even going to tell the story at all and when it was all said and done I pretty much went all in on it yeah oh yeah 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 dude I mean you're I mean God bless you your eyes were your eyes were you know red and puffy <laughs> and I could tell that you had uh you had spoken from the heart so that's good yeah. yeah and I approached it I do remember saying this I approached it as everyone out there we we it's like a family with within the show sure oh yes we see these people and i remember saying this we see people our listeners our friends our family out at other at real physical shows sfge mm-hmm. uh little arcade expo you know anywhere we may go expo pinball mm-hmm. expo and the the bad side of it is is that we don't know you all like you know us yeah because exactly. unfortunately this is primarily a one way medium yeah so people ask us about stuff that honestly sometimes after after a couple years of doing this we get a little lost in some of the details did we talk about it did we not talk about it yeah it's true and and sometimes it takes a second for things to click and then it 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 means so much to us when when this when things come back up and it's like you remembered that yeah yeah it's, you know it's, it's it's very complimentary to find the personal investment because it it helps us to understand what means something to everybody else and it, it helps us to understand that what we're doing is worth doing yeah yeah you know um i, I could not make a living as a fisherman so bill dance would not have me so you know how that goes as a related aside sometimes i look at the show and i'm like you know i could be doing this i could be doing that i and not as much personal stuff yeah. i could be involved in other places in the community other things i would do i'd want to do but i come back to whitney and i get to create something exactly and that's what's sweet about it yeah and, yeah. and i really feel from the feedback that we get that in in understanding what our downloads are like i know we don't talk about that and you know that's something for the show and for whitney and i 
there are people that, that listen to us and I hope enjoy what we do. And, and I hope that some of me being silly and some of the de- self-deprecating stuff and all that, it, I hope that really, I hope we're giving good information and we're also given a little bit of a laugh and people yeah. enjoy it. And I think they do. Yeah. And, I mean, you got to put yourself out there, man. Yeah. So yeah. Have, have, being in the position to create something from nothing which is basically think about it Whitney that's what we do we create something from what's between my ears nothing <laughs> not a thing well it, it you know the, the whole every yeah I'm just going to stop there yeah we're, we're word, fortunate word yeah, exactly we are if you're new to the show go back and check out 33 episode 33 it's a prior episode of this and and just give it a listen you'll know you'll know what all this is about and you'll hear the whole story so i I did have a lot of feedback Uh, a lot of people reaching out to me and a couple folks communicated some stories that they just wanted to share with me yes uh you know similar experiences and uh and we want to respect that absolutely exactly um a couple folks i'll go ahead and pay mention to and, and and I've gotten the back of my head too that there was a couple other comments from some other other show listeners that I, I just I couldn't find. Yeah, and if if you've got something out there and and I missed it, I apologize. Um, but I did. I tried to go back and capture a couple, and there, a couple I can comment on because I've been given permission that I could. Yeah. So I know we talked about uh, the four amusement only M and Bingo podcast. Uh, that's hosted by Nicholas Baldridge. Yeah. And we'll have links to his show out there. I highly recommend you check him out. He uh, uh, he got back with me, and here's a little bit of what he wrote. And, um, hope, you know, see if I can get through this. Hope you're doing well. I was touched by your story on the Multicade. Uh, I'd seen the photos out of context on the Facebook page, but the story really hit home. Um, here I go, Whitney. I you, lost, can do it. you can do it, man. You can do it. <laughs> I lost my brother a few years ago, uh, a few years ago now, and we used to play arcade games all the time growing up. Long story short, that story caused some reminiscence on my part. And thank you for bringing the good memories back, taking turns on pack, pole position, centipede, dig dug, etc., etc., etc. So yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Nicholas. Nicholas man, that's that's, uh, that's, um, that's great. Yeah, and again, you know, we're really fortunate to be able to just create yeah. something. Yes. And um I we it's yeah, it's it's a bad thing in that this is related to a passing, but in the big picture I, I at least in a few cases I guess I'm trying to say is is that, that we're bringing back those good memories. Yeah, and and, and, and there's value in that. And it's it's good it's a good thing to do so um peter and peter i know i'm probably going to just destroy your name i apologize he goes by k-man sweden and based on his last name i i I think he is uh from sweden and it's peter koskamaki maybe Koskamaki. Yeah. And this this was to this was to our Facebook page. And he just said, "Well, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I'm glad I I'm glad I wasn't still on the subway when the podcast hit halfway. We all love our moms, right?" Yeah. Uh, how brave of you to tell that story like that. Love it. Came in Sweden. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, uh, yes, uh, I hope we all do love our moms. 
If we don't, we should. Because yeah. <laughs> mom has a long stick and she's yeah. not afraid to use yeah. it. Yeah. So that's exactly right. Um. Anyway, I appreciate all the good words and i appreciate all the folks that have uh, that have reached out and uh, um you know i like i said i really i really thought hard on it at the end of the day i was like I, it's a story i, I want to tell uh, whitney i don't you might remember if, if i mentioned this or not because again like i said the, the whole thing was a blur i know you and i have talked multiple times about the podcast not just being for the gaming community but something somewhere down the road our relatives can turn around and say hey uncle brent daddy whitney you know my brother my you know my um grandfather hey he did this back in the day and listening to it you know brent it's interesting that you bring that up because uh you know i've often thought that uh, the podcast serves several, several, several reasons. Uh, you know, it brings us all closer together as a community and as hobbyists and as friends. Think about all the friends that we have made through this show and the good people. Friends. That, that's exactly right. Good, good people. Brand Some that, I wouldn't lend money to. <laughs> <laughs> But good friends. <laughs> but good friends nonetheless. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, you know, <laughs> most of them, though, Brent, we would lend money to. Well, you know, most of them we yeah, would. We, we'll have to compare lists. There, there you go. Peter, so, I would. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly. And at the exchange rate, he actually comes out on top, okay. I'm sure. All right. I, do, I think I've, I've, I've added a little levity back to it. Okay. There, there all right. You go. So we've made good friends. I'm we've sorry. made good friends. We've made just fantastic friends through the show. But at the same point, Brent, you're right. It does serve a bit of a self-serving purpose because, you know, I have a daughter. She's 10 years old right now. There's going to be a day when I'm not here. And she'll probably want to hear daddy's voice. Mm-hmm. And so she may have to work through episode 34 to get to this. But part of this is for her. And part of this is so that she can remember me, you know, later on down the line. So, yeah, it's it, yes, uh, it, definitely. I already know that at some point in time, um, you know, right now, niece and nephew. Yeah, that's that's. That's where I'm working from. And I know they really dig Uncle Brent's arcade stuff. Yeah. And they they love coming to, you know, a little arcade expo because they're, they're here in town. And they love playing the games. And they think that uh, what you and I do is so cool. Yeah. You know. It is cool. It is, I think it is. Yeah, it is cool. And, and We're I, preserving history, man. I, I see the day when... I will refer them to that episode. Yes. And say, hey, because they, they were there. They they will remember it. And, you know, you need to hear the backstory on it. Yeah. And here it is. Yeah. And, it, and I put put it out there for the world to hear. So, yeah. so everybody, in, in all seriousness, for, for those that uh, I mentioned and those that I didn't, um, I really, really, really appreciate the feedback. Yes. It was it was all great and it was all welcome. And, and you know, uh, thank what, you. And I'll say this, Brent, what I saw and I didn't see hardly any uh, naturally, you know, compared to compared to what you saw, but everything that I saw was very complimentary and very uh, very receptive and it seemed like it seemed like a lot of people identified with it and 
that's you know that's the power of the community so yeah it's it's all it's all very good stuff when it comes to that so uh, something on um uh, that's all good and yeah. i was gonna say something on a happier front but to me to me it's it's happy it is you know, it is happy if you listen to the episode you know i'm in a good place with it and i think you know uh like even from nick's comments it there's something good come from it he he it brought brought back memories and yeah. you know peter's comments and some of the other comments that that, that so it's it's i i don't want to insinuate that it wasn't it wasn't good overall yeah. so yeah. but anyway um let's talk a little about a little bit about some facebook groups yeah so so let, let's do this so uh just to kind of switch gears here for just a minute uh jeff Waldron, a listener and friend of the show jeff waldron and mike martin uh both reached out to me over the course of the past month and brought up a couple different topics and i wanted to bring i, I wanted to bring note of this brand because in in this does tie in and, and this is how so you know we talk about the the personal connection that we have to the games uh in in what you know what the hobby means to us and you know how it shapes our interaction with other people and things like that you know what we do and what we spend our time on and, and things like that um this is this is two good examples of people in the hobby doing what doing what I consider good that outlasts any one individual act. So Jeff is member Jeff is one of the founding members of uh, one of the one of the Facebook groups. Uh, that is uh, is of the regional nature, and this is in Indiana, the state of Indiana group, uh, and it's called Hacks, and it's the the Hoosier Arcade Collector Society, and and Jeff, if I've botched that a little bit, I I apologize, because I don't have the, I I don't have the the page right up in front of me, but you know what, I need to bring that up just to to look. I'm I'm heading that way right now. Okay, thank you. It's Um, the... Uh, is the Hoosier area or the Hoosier Arcade Collector Society, Coin Op Collector Society, something along yeah, those lines. Unfortunately, uh, the logo is where that's spelled out uh-huh. is uh, uh, cut off by the buttons that Facebook interjects oh, into the banner. Fantastic. But it, when, I, when I search for it, since I'm in the group, Hoosier Arcade and Coin Op Collectors with thank, a K, yeah, Society. Society. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. H-A-C-K-S. And, and I know Jeff and others were kind of screaming through the He's the, over there the crying. It's like, Those listen, idiots. dude, you botched it twice. It's like completely unintentional. I apologize. But where I'm going with this is, is, is that Jeff and several other um, Indiana-based collectors have started this this group, and they're using it for uh, social aspects, Brent, and for doing meetups across the state, for doing high score events, and for doing like you know retro box swaps where you know they they send each other you know boxes of swag and stuff like that. A little maybe a little bit of local selling, you know. Yeah, exactly. Local buy sell trade and uh, just you know local guys helping local guys out okay within within that geographic area and jeff made uh made a mention of this to me uh, he and i talk on facebook quite a bit and he had said you know whitney this has just really brought a whole nother a whole additional level you know to the hobby for him and for the other people that are in that group because you know he said you know i've got my collection to a certain point i've got the games that i want um 
now I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for ways that I can share, the ways that I can contribute, ways that we can make the hobby better for everybody that's involved. Well, he can and, give me any of his excess stuff. <laughs> that'd, make, that'd make it better for well, me. It'd make it better for you, yes, but... Well, I can post about it and tell stories about it on tell the Tell stories on the podcast. about it. That's exactly right. And... You know, you're I, glossing I, right over that, aren't you? Exactly. I have to, man. I have to. I have to stay on task here, dude. Um, so th- this is where the professionalism has to kick in, even though there's none to be had. But, but really, though, Brent, I, I think what's good about this is that this is just a, a great example of. Uh, you know, a group of guys and gals, you know, using Facebook, using social media and making the hobby better for everybody involved. Um, so I'm sure that, you know, th- these, you know, these little uh, these little groups that are located within states or, you know, areas within a specific state, they seem like they're growing like wildfire. I mean, I see lots of Facebook groups and, you know, if there's not one in your area, potentially think about creating one or joining one because I think it'll add a lot. Uh, I think it'll add a, add a lot to the add a lot to the hobby you know from that regard uh, uh so whitney are you going to put a link to that uh, group in oh yeah. The, yeah in the show notes well I, I don't think i can i think it's a secret group and i think you have to be invited oh, okay. i, th- I think All they right. keep it closed you know around geographic area not not to limit anybody per se but just to just to keep the membership within within their area so i i don't think i can hack uh, I okay i wasn't I sure if it. you could uh, i knew that yeah, the idea is, is not to exclude a state. No, but, no, no. It's not meant to do that. It's it's a local group. That's right. It's meant it's so, meant to stay inclusive of just the people within that area. So, uh, so yeah. I, I mean, and, and for that reason, I think I think it being the way that it is actually works out really well. So I guess the question is, if you were an Indiana collector, how do you get into the group? Reach out to Jeff. Reach out to Jeff and uh, Jeff Waldron, and um, you know he'll verify you and, and then invite you in. So yeah. So if you're listening and and want to take advantage of that, yeah, definitely get in touch with Jeff, and because that that'll help grow the group in the way that they intend for the group to be grown, which which is really good. The second thing that I wanted to mention was um, listener Mike Martin, friend of the show, reached out and showed me where Facebook, uh, the face the local Facebook groups for his area, is being used to help some of the the South Carolina flood victims, and uh, they one gentleman in in particular, I won't mention his name, but he is a member of the group. Uh, lost his house in the South Carolina in the South Carolina floods over the past what three three weeks or so, Brent. And so uh, the people within that group, uh, Mike included, have rallied around this uh, this individual. Have helped donations, uh, you know, flood relief activities, things like that, to help him get back him and his family get back on his feet. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, this gentleman had, was posting some pictures to the group mike showed them to me and were you know he had water in his house going up his you know up the side of his arcade games the, the water was that deep okay wow and he lost a lot of games in his collection uh but the group raised some money to help him rebuy some of those games Okay, you know, after he gets himself back on his feet, so you know, it's it's another good example of social media, Facebook in particular, being used in this geographic, you know, in these geographic fences, so to speak, to create good for the people in the hobby. And so, I just wanted to make a you know a special shout out and, and make mention of Jeff and Mike because they've they've uh, really kind of opened my eyes to how you know to how Facebook is being used 
to to help this hobby, which can tend to be a little bit inward, you know, drawn inward at times, but can but are using this hobby to do good for other people out there. You know, whether it just be the social aspect or like Mike had pointed out, I mean, real intangible, um, you know, real intangible uh, good, like you know, for flood relief. I mean, I'm, that, that's that's wild, I'm, but I'm, it's great. I'm happy to see all these. This what's the how am I going to get this word right? Philanthropic philanthropy. Uh, There you go. Or I was just say or philanthropic uses on the hobby. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's it. Twists on the however you want to. I'm trying to think how you know what's what's the correct conjugation of this word. you know, you always hear the story of this person got taken, this per- that person got taken, this person, you know, yeah. bu- the uh, Ram effect. The, uh. yeah, the, yeah, the game showed up <laughs> and it wasn't the same game or the game showed up and it had whatever in it. And you always hear yeah. of all these horror stories. And it's just there's been a flood of these uh, that we've talked about lately. Uh, the the positive side of the hobby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that's and that's good. And I, you know, Brent, if if at all possible, I want to keep that going. I mean, I and it's gotten me to the point now where I'm looking for for this on on a, a little more a little more of a regular basis so i'll even you know I'll, I'll even put the plea out to the listeners if you all know of stories and want us to feature them on the podcast for other people to spread the word about you know the good things that are being done in the hobby uh and in how you know arcade gaming and pinballing is is being used to make a difference in other people's life man send us the story we'll look it over we'll talk with you and then we'll get it on the air because i think that is part of the public service that uh, you know that our show can do Brent. it can that, help it can help spread that word that, that is one of the things that if you start talking about the positive things the good things other people are doing kind of like we were talking about podcasting earlier and we were being you know hey if you want to do a podcast do a podcast you know jump in do it you know contribute same thing here somebody out there may have an opportunity to run a tournament to help uh, a local charity of some type yeah and hey why can't I can do this? Yes. I got a need over here. I never thought of putting A with B and yeah. do it. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. And and all it takes is just a, you know a little bit of a snowflake just rolling downhill, and then that causes something else to be done. So Whitney, so. you were you were asking for some some listener feedback. Um, we have had a ton of feedback brought to us on the Facebook page from our listeners videos posts things they've had oh, yeah. going on I yeah mean, it's, it, it's, it's great it, you know it started we we'll get the occasional post to the page and to me it really started kind of ramping up in september yeah and you know there was a couple posts where uh um we uh let's see here it is right here uh uh, Jake Danzig yeah. was sh- was posting pictures of his cartoon theater booth. Yeah, you know, and th- you know, we've had some posts from you know Eddie Cox was showing us some games that he just recently picked up, and it, it's really ramped up here for October. It, it has, yeah. So, so you know, friend of the show and listener Chris Payne posted a couple videos. I mean, he is uh, he's looks like Chris is out and about quite a bit, and that's that's good because man, he finds some really cool stuff. He posted two videos to. Our 
our page. One was, uh, the first one was of his friend Nate, who had rebuilt a monster bash from the ground up. And Brent, I'm talking new reproduction cabinet, automotive clear coat on the play field, chromed, you know, ramps and, you know, armor and everything else. I mean, essentially what you just have to classify as the works on this mm-hmm. machine. Nothing was left untouched. And yeah, Chris posted this video where he was there. He, you know, he was there during the 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 unveiling, I guess, of of this new machine. I mean, it, was, it was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful machine. And uh, yeah, Chris, so thank you for doing that. I mean, it's neat to see that kind of stuff. And the second one, Brent, uh, for for let you talk talk about Eddie here real quick, is he also? Oh, posted, I talk about Eddie all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, in, in very good light as well. Uh, he all Chris also posted a video walkthrough of the Starfighters Arcade in Mesa, Arizona, and Chris visited that. And uh, like I say, it looks like he he gets to you know he's fortunate he gets to visit you know quite a few venues and everything. And he kind of posted um, or this video is posted of the the owner of the the Starfighter Arcade talking about the arcade and it being open and kind of what their charter is and everything. And then Chris uh, does a bit of a walkthrough with it. Fifty plus arcade games and, and over ten pins i mean it was just it's neat to see i I sat down and and watched both of those videos start to finish and was really kind of mesmerized by both of them because you know to see a brand new monster bash yeah that's one that's that's great i mean it's neat it's it's one thing to see that and to see all these you know i guess kind of local arcades just kind of popping back up and with such a huge selection i mean uh, brent it's it's kind of I mean, it's to, amazing. It, to me, it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And if folks don't know where we're talking about these posts, go to the Facebook page, Broken Token, or Facebook.com slash Broken Token. Over on the left side of the page, so right in the middle of the page is going to be our main feed, uh, where things that show up that Whitney and I post and do. And then on the left, in that left column, is where you're going to see visitor posts. Yeah. On occasion, uh, we'll have some of those picked up and moved over to the main feed. And, and you know, please don't feel discouraged or like we didn't see it uh, if we don't do it. Whitney and I are kind of have generally an idea of what we're going to try to put out. And we try to meter it out so that, let's be honest, we're, we're actually trying to... Ex- extend the reach of the podcast so we're trying to kind of meter that exposure a little bit so generally we've got a couple things kind of plotted but you know um, you know, you'll often see us pick stuff up that that listeners post, yeah. and we'll feature it right there in the main uh, the main timeline, so that it gets pushed out with with all of our stuff. So yeah, yeah. keep that stuff coming. Yeah, we absolutely love it. Love it, love it, love it. Speaking of Eddie Cox, yes. posted a picture of a Fast and Furious that he fixed for his wife Kim. It was our anniversary present. Yeah, I, she, I think she made out. I, I think she did. And, yes. And uh, uh, it's just cool to see. You know, it, and it sounds like uh, uh, Kim and Eddie can get in and can enjoy the hobby together. And the best part is, is as part of the repair to get the, the game up and running, <laughs> he's the best discharger tool ever. <laughs> he used a uh, a broken token certified uh, uh, safe flyback discharger. That's exactly right. But, you know, no liability covered with that. No, just wanted, no, just no, make no, sure that no. That's, that's that's no, known no, up no, front. No, no absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, I think the disclaimer about no liability is actually larger than the logo on the side of it. So. That may very well be the case. Yes, yeah, may very well be the case. But uh, I need to make up some more of those, Brent, and uh, take them with us to SFG or something. You know, it, it, I've got about. Uh, Got it between an hour and a half and two hours. 
in, in on making each one of those. What it's, we need it's, to do, it's a slow and laborious process. Before we do a show, what we need to do, is, this, this is something we should be talking about off, yeah. <laughs> off air. Uh, we, you know, we probably should just get together, you and I, and just a little assembly line and just and just knock out several. Yeah, knock out 10 or 12 yeah. or whatever. Because they're take, great They're great little giveaways. Oh, man. And they're, they're so they're fantastic. They're fantastic. You're going to get so. more use out of a tool than you are a sticker. That's exactly right. So. And so why not give why not give out something that, that matters, you know, is relevant to the hobby. So, yeah. So circling back to Mr. Waldron. Oh, yeah. Of uh, Indiana and the Hacks fame, Jeff Waldron. He posted up a picture of his progress on a DK Jr. restore. And uh, somewhere in the comments, he, he, he basically said, I'd love it because it wasn't Donkey Kong. <laughs> Ju- you yeah. know, it was Junior. It wasn't actual Donkey Kong. So, and I think that's where we where we got into the I'm just piling on comment. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it, but it's a beautiful cabinet. I mean, he has bonded he has bonded that cabinet, sanded that cabinet, and just you know patched and no stone and, unturned. No stone unturned. It looks beautiful. So uh, yeah, Jeff has done a fantastic job. I, on I've that. seen some later pictures of this, and uh, um, he's you know the monitors kind of come up, come to life. He's got it lined out, and it just gets better and yeah. better yeah it's it's a nice looking game i mean from twitter brent i, I kind of switch over there and uh and, i put twitter on my cell phone by the way oh did you i've what? actually got it on i've got it on my mobile sweet dude well you need you need to follow broken token and you can see some of that stuff happen you know <laughs> it's a, baby steps baby steps that's exactly right this is neat high score pinball okay and uh these guys are down in australia and laying down under uh and, and he, uh, he is that a real thing is that like walking about that's I, guess, I okay. guess it is man i guess it is uh, we are so gonna get skewered yeah, on the next I, I, I know i know dude it's just <laughs> pop references everywhere but um yeah so so they're at high score pinball and they tweeted and they said thanks guys for all the pinball chatter on my drive to and from work uh and he also mentioned uh you know coast to coast and pinball podcast and us and uh rod and gaz and the guys spooky at, uh, yeah plus spooky as well and uh, there wasn't an ad because i don't think they're on twitter but yeah they were they made the mention as well and I thanked him for that, and he said, you know, you guys can do a Land Down Under tour, and I was like, man, I, if we could ever make it, we'll do it, and he said, the game room will be ready for you That'd guys. That'd be so sweet. And wouldn't I'm, wouldn't I'm, that be sweet? I, if I go, I'm going with Stevie, we're going gold prospecting. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I could, yeah, after you guys come back broke, then we'll, we'll play some pinball and drink some beer and have a good time. Well, for so. the pin guys, uh, get ready, because yeah. as I've already said, the next game up on my agenda is Back to the Future, so... Yeah. Um, we'll have we'll that'd we'll be, have pen talk. Fine. Yeah, December fine. we'll have pen talk. Uh, Andrew or November uh, November, November yes. we'll have pen talk. Yep. Yes, yeah, like and three, December probably like anyway. three days from now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andrew uh, Haney and uh, tweeted us and said, "Hey guys, I love the podcast. Thought you might like uh, a look at my homemade pong watch. I looked at that. It was it was it was neat. And He's so, got it up on Instructables too. He, he does. So you can remake it if you oh, want it. It's, oh. it's neat. It's really neat. Um, oh, I'm thinking. I'm so thinking Christmas presents. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's one of those things that you see it and it's like, oh wow, I never would have thought about that. But then when you see it done, it's like, man, that's actually really ingenious. And you're the mad. Way that and you're done. mad that you don't have it already. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's like this. I should have had that thing ten years ago. So supersonic brewing. I know we hear from the guys over at supersonic. Or I assume guys. Uh, we hear from the people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Their people talks to our people. Jeez. How about that? What What does the world come to? <laughs> we hear from uh, uh, Supersonic Brewing quite often, and, man, we love it. 
uh, fun and interesting top 10 lists. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Looks like Brent's and mine would be amazingly similar. <laughs> now on to our three. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, he was just starting on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, he was just getting warmed <laughs> up. He does say CFLs are evil, and so we'll definitely uh-uh. agree with that. Yeah, so. go, you go back and check out um, the prior episode. What, uh, what are we on, Whitney? 30? We're 30. This is 34. Oh, so yeah, 33. Go back and yeah. check out 33. You'll, you'll be in on the inside joke. Yeah, on the ran on cfls no doubt uh listener sean o'shea uh said he i've goes, heard of that man yeah exactly and he he would be one of the ones that would get money lent to him so sean sean's up and up he says i think i started the episode monday night from class traffic so horrendous this week finishes i pulled into work this morning and i'm sure he means thursday morning okay so i'm, I'm gonna go ahead he doesn't say but i'm sure it's thursday morning uh he did correct us uh and, and lent some information on the uh, the movie trailer voiceover guy remember you and i oh, were going yeah. back and forth on and we could not figure that guy out but he uh, he sent us a link a youtube link to the most hilarious movie trailer that that guy hal douglas ever did and so uh, i watched it it was classic and it, it, hal is essentially just spoofing on himself and it's i mean it's it's fantastic yeah but if you hear the voice is hal passed away i think yes he, i think he has yes, yes if you hear the voice it's the most heard but probably least recognized voice in the world because yes. it's the voiceover for for everything everything in a world where you know yeah, like that, that. Guy. it's the movie that guy. guy yeah, yeah it's the movie trailer guy it's just great uh, and Sean wraps it up and he tweeted us as well and he said uh, hey guys great picks he's talking about the top 10 list recent appreciation for Rally X plus Black Widow fond memories of Moon Patrol and Time Pilot gyres forever far par <laughs> so yes sir buddy Mike Martin tweeted us he got it apparently he got his OCD on last night one hour sleep <laughs> at Broken Token, at Game Room Junkies. And uh, he's apparently been up all uh, all of that evening organizing p- lamps. Yes, LEDs. <laughs> LEDs. Actually. LEDs, yeah. So, well, there's I an mean, Ico. Uh, there's a, uh, how do you pronounce that? I, Ico. Ico? I, yeah, I think, oh, yeah. There's an Ico box in there, so he's got some incandescent. He's got some but, 44s or 47s yeah. in there, you know, that are incandescent. And, you know, you got to have them. But by and large, I see a bunch of LEDs in there. So, money, money, money. So, <laughs> I've got a bunch of LEDs sitting around, too. So, you know, yeah, it's just money everywhere. Um, this is really cool. Uh, friend of the show, Joel Reeves uh, from down in Atlanta, uh, he and I were talking talking about uh, a few things on Pinside, and uh, he sent a separate message and said, uh, you know, I really enjoyed your SFG episode. You guys went so in-depth. I found out stuff about the show I didn't even know happened. Dana, referring to his wife, Dana and I really enjoyed listening to it. Thanks for the great podcast. And so, Joel, thank you for the kind words, man. Uh, we uh, we certainly do appreciate it. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Joel and Dana are two-fifths and there there's probably more folks and and I apologize for not not knowing everybody but the of SFGE Joel and Dana uh, and Shannon and Preston and Patrick and absolutely. I'm sure and, and then a cast I'm sure a cast a casting crew behind them as well absolutely yeah uh, Joel and Dana we see them uh, they they've handled the game room and it it is unbelievable the work that is put in between physically moving the games organizing the games tr- 
tracking keys, <laughs> finding people that yeah, own games, making it all work, making it all work, and they pull it off. Yeah, they do. A, they do a fantastic job. So, yeah. So, Brent. So, rounding out here real quick uh, on the road, uh, we've got nothing for this month. So, thank the good Lord for that. I am so happy to uh, to be home for, for November for, for a bit. That's exactly right. Uh, we. Well, we, this is a new segment. Yeah, new sh- shows here. we didn't go to. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, we didn't get to go to Pinball Expo in October, and I was bummed by that. But uh, just with work schedule and, and travel and everything, it just didn't work out. Um, and you know, for for everybody, uh, for everybody, and you know, heavy into the into the pin side of the hobby, I mean, that's like an annual pilgrimage right there. You know, as far as the expos and the shows go. So, uh, hopefully, Brent, we can make that one next year. Um, this other one, though, uh, just kind of snuck up on me, and I, I did want to make note of it because at some point, I'd love to get out there. Uh, out to uh, Portland, Oregon, and see it, but uh, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, or PRGE. So that that always seems like a really um, well attended show. Uh, it seems like it, it has good mind share, you know, across uh, you know across uh, I guess kind of the the social media outlets and everything like that, and you know, much like. Um, the uh, the arcade expo in Banning out in California yeah, that, and everything that actually has just has just gone off. And yeah, I heard that was a pretty good, yeah, successful yeah. show. Exactly. So it seems like over on the left coast, there's there's a lot there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good shows. I mean, I know there's the Northwest show, uh, you know, and uh, and you know, of course, there's CAX and everything. Else. Rocky Mountain, and Rocky Mountain. Yeah, thank you. So it, yeah. So I, I think Portland uh, PRG, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, is a, is a good one to mention, and hopefully at some point we'll be able to make it. If you know of a show or an event that's coming up, because the shows are, and this is a great thing, shows are starting to appear. You know, I know there's some Florida shows. I think there's Ape down in Florida if they're still doing that. As far uh, as I know, they are. I, so if you if you know of a show, if you want us to talk about the show, if you want us to try to get the word out on a show, if you're participating in a show, hit us up, you know, hit hit brokentoken.com and, you know, hit the feedback button, email Brent. Uh, at brokentoken.com, Whitney at brokentoken.com. Let us know. Put it, you know, message us on Facebook. We'll get the word out there. Uh, you, you're talking about shows you'd like to get to. I know you and I have talked a little bit about Texas. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. TPF, the Texas Pinball Festival. Yeah. yeah. We need to, do, need to go to that. Yeah. We'll have to work out 2016 and, and see what we can make happen. Yeah. We, we've got a couple that we know that we're already doing and hopefully more to come on that but i'll say the 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 desire is there it's just the credit card supporting the the plane tickets and the hotel and everything like that just becomes you know becomes more so the limiting factor yeah we we can create the show out of nothing yeah we can't create that part of (laughs) it we can't fly we can't fly for nothing though but unfortunately but we'd love to we'd love to love to go to six or seven shows a year but uh, nonetheless you know it's it's good to see the show circuit alive and well whitney where can we be found well brent we can be found uh at the throw just all over the internet man we're like a rash yeah we're like a rash we've got ourselves plastered everywhere for good or bad if you're itching it's broken token (laughs) that or something that's exactly (laughs) right uh yeah we're available on on the throwback network and we'd mentioned rob o'hare a little bit earlier in the show and that's at throwbacknetwork.net and rob uh and his crew just you know so uh so gracious to have us uh, you know hosted on on the network there uh we can also be found 
found at iTunes, we'd ask you to please leave a review and rate the podcast. It does help us to get noticed, and, and it does increase our reach. I mean, every every piece of feedback on iTunes helps to kind of you know uh, ratchet the show up one more notch and, and helps in search ratings and uh, you know and just genre ratings and things like that. So, uh, like I say, every piece of feedback on iTunes definitely definitely helps us out. We're also available at Stitcher Radio and on Xbox Music as well. And of course, the social media outlets that we all know and love facebook facebook.com slash broken token if we talk we talked about it quite a bit during the show we do quite a bit on facebook yeah uh whitney and i um it's probably safe to say we we try to split the duties so we can cover everything a lot of times if if you see something on facebook you're tending to find me Whitney is out on the Twitter side yeah. and we're out there, we're putting stuff out. I'm going to make a concerted effort. Not that Whitney doesn't make a concerted effort on the Facebook side. If anything, he is carrying my water on Twitter <laughs> because I am failing miserably. Oh, it's, it's, it's all good. I mean, on the Facebook side though, my, my time tends to be somewhat limited uh, just around my personal schedule. Yes. Yes. Th- that's the, that's yeah. the limiting factor for me, which is, but, which is great. Well, this is why this works out so well yeah. to have two hosts. Yeah. Yeah. And, in Twitter's like just so it's, it's just so, um, um, it's just highly, you know, just in and out. You're just there, yeah, yeah. you post, and then you roll on. But uh, hopefully as my work schedule eases up a little bit, or I'm sorry, uh, that never eases up. The travel schedule eases up a little bit. Then, uh, you know, I can get back to a little more of the, the regular Facebook stuff because, you know, they're, they're for, you know, a good while. You know, Brent, we were kind of pretty much batting at 50-50. But, yep. yeah, you've definitely been carrying the water on the Facebook the past couple of months. So, sure. you know, my intention here is to grow that a little bit yeah. and actually maybe pick up some of the Facebook stuff and, and start getting it out on, on Twitter yeah. or uh, the Twitter. <laughs> Find us on the. Facebook, the Twitter. Yeah. Find us on Facebook, you know, facebook.com slash broken token. Come over, check out what goes on. Uh, we talked about a lot of the stuff that you can find over there that you're not going to f- necessarily find on the show, at least due to the you know release schedules. Real cool stuff, very topical, very timely stuff that makes its way over into Twitter. And I, I'm going to try to work toward actually increasing that crossover. Yeah. So you know, check us out on Facebook. Give us a like. Just as Whitney mentioned with the iTunes reviews, that helps help helps us to get out there. Helps us to get a little more attention helps bring the show to more folks yeah and, and of course our website brokentoken.com uh it hopefully hopefully this year we'll be able to get to the <laughs> to get to a bit of a revamp on the site and uh get facebook a little more integrated with the website and vice versa because uh it'd be nice to you know it'd be nice for the site to push some content and facebook to push some content back to the site you know photo share and stuff like that so you know those those plans are in the works as well but and, uh, oh, yeah that's it and of course the twitter uh yeah. the twitter is yeah at broken token yep yep forgot to mention that so thank you but with that brent uh, i think we've uh, we can put a cap on another very uh, fun and successful episode and we want to thank everybody for listening and uh you know sticking with uh, st- sticking with us sticking with us throughout the throughout the show and we thank everybody for listening uh, we hope you've had a good time and we just say look forward to to uh, hearing from you next month and game on Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But 
I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com. For articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hayseed Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. You got any ideas? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, I've already started. You want to put your headphones on and we'll do it to it? I don't know where they're at. They're not on your head. Your sunglasses are on your head, but it's 9 o'clock at night. Wearing a hat, sunglasses, and your and your headphones. That's exactly right. We're That's in it now. We're serious. <laughs> yeah, we're totally serious, man. I'm just I'm just in a, in awe. <laughs> you should be. You should be. <laughs>